welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm the 1994 Legion of Superheroes, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 448. 448? Why did I Feeling put 449? Was last week 448? That was Patreon only. Am I, am I oh, mistaken you are there? correct. It is 449. I never think about the Patreon only stuff for some reason. It's, it's over there. It's not on the iTunes. And I'm like, I'm going to go check the iTunes. What number are we on? Oh, 447 was the last one. Weird. It, wasn't that with Jack Hay? 447? We end up here, and, and that's a good segue into this, where, yes, this is 449. Yes. Now I'm messed up. Which I just changed and, my notes, and it doesn't matter to me anymore. Yes. and <laughs> Yeah, really. Uh, and so next week, we end up having what they would call an anniversary at any comic book company. But with all of that, if you want to listen to 448, <laughs> if, yeah, if you uh, didn't know, we had a Patreon-only show last week because it was a fifth week of the month of August. That's Man, an annual week. week. And every time those pop up, we have a Patreon-only show that you can go and listen to for as little as a dollar a month on our Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience. And so when I had this, I put my notes just to let everybody know what we did talk about on that show, which was almost three hours long. We did Superman War World Apocalypse, number one, that ended kind of the War World story. We're going to okay. end up continuing some of the things in the backup when we go into Action Comics well, Jim, at the end of this month. you just can't leave a world after that. You have to well, do a few things you? there. I mean, here's the deal. What's when you have Genesis fragments around, how, how could you leave those? <laughs> you got Genesis gonna... fragments, but it might lead people to the fire of Olgrim, which isn't there anymore, or maybe Exactly. It is. My favorite Genesis fragment is actually probably Land of Confusion, Eric. And we also did Flash 2022 annual. I know you like that. You like the <laughs> cover, I think, a little more. That was pretty rocking. Flash 2022 annual. Number one, which is a nice little annual. You ended up having a little bit of fiction going on, a little bit of a uh, book. Stranger than fiction, Jim. Yes, it was. Uh, we had Harley Quinn annual. Number one that ended that story. Task Force Double XL. Not even XL, just Double X is done now. We are done with the Element X. It's been mutated by the dark multiverse on the moon and then brought back to Earth. But we're over that now. We're not dealing with that. We have aliens in Las Vegas instead. Yeah, we have that. And actually, too, I saw uh, this month as well, we have a anniversary issue. We have one of those, you know, 60th anniversaries, uh, Harley Quinn issues. So we can all look forward to that. And then we also talked about Wonder Girl 2022 annual. Number one, as me and you tried to figure out what the heck was going on with the Yara floor and all her things and her sexy bus driver boyfriend slash who knows all that stuff. But we had a good time, and it was no limitations, as they say on there, the Eric. Man. So Who's again, they? If you, you mean us? Yeah, me. <laughs> I mean, mean store. Uh, but yeah, so if you wanted to listen to that, go over to the Patreon. Like I said, patreon.com slash weird science. But before we go on to other things as well, go over to the Twitters and follow us at Weird Science DC. We'll follow you back 100% and then go to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, to read reviews for most, if not all, of the books that we're talking about here tonight but with all of that said and done eric we also have what we like to call the badass patreon spotlight patreon only podcast episode oh, god and that is where the badasses so they pick two books and we talk about those exclusive on the patreon obviously well obviously to most we didn't have that last week because everything was on that patreon only show that's how it works. But this week we will end up having that. And I do believe by the end of the podcast, we will be talking about the books that will be popping up next week. And there's going to be a big one 
that I can almost guarantee will be Batman on versus Robin? the Patreon spotlight. Yes, Batman versus <laughs> Robin. There's not a lot of books coming out. I think that will be there. There's another reason to join up. Also, it's kind of my first way to give a little segue into the badass roll caller. Because mm. if you join up and you're a badass, you get to hear me fumble your name. And maybe what you everybody know, wants. hear cool music behind us. I love the one time I had wrong turn to it. Now that was special. Here we go. Yes. Jeffrey Green, Stephen Bat, <laughs> Mitchell, The Annihilator, Ted Probst, I Love Punchline, Stork, Michael S., Forrest Polly Cam, Matt Razor, D-Man 3000, Lady Abby Red, Matches Alone, Niels Keyword, David Fink, Joey Bear Costco, Stephen Baum, Jason C., that's 42 to you and me. Also, he's in some beer fest getting drunk this week. Nice. I don't know what he's up to. I Michael don't. G., Ken Halleck, Comic Boom Arake, Mike Hunt. Oh, Jesus, Eric. You had to do it, didn't you? <laughs> then Seller Dweller ended up changing his name to something very offensive. What? Mark no. Jager, Aldrin Stoja, Nick Adams, Ruben, Carlos, no Wolf Marv. Wolf the Marv. Oh, my goodness. Luke Hollywood, Simon, Luis, Man Ship, Andrew and Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, my man, Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond, Mark. Our man Rob Lewis, who was in the hospital earlier this week, and I hope he's Sorry okay. I haven't heard from him in the last couple of days. Brandy Murray, who's flying high on those Buffalo Bills. The music's and still beer. going, right? And, and beer and maybe other things. I don't know what he's up to. Eric, he's in Buffalo. You get a deal. And double A run up in Minnesota. All-time great Reggie. Uh-uh. And yeah, we end up having a plethora of plus one books this week. We have seven books on this regular show. If you are playing at home, you'll realize that we didn't have a thank God it's Friday. Jim says to hell with you jerks. When we're coming back to the regular deal after the Patreon only, we'll wait. We'll stack it all in the regular show. So I'm sure this one will be a little bit more lengthy than before, though I was talking to somebody today that asked when we're going to have another 12 to 13 hour podcast. Did you tell them to go to hell? (laughs) I said never. Uh, And they ended up saying, Oh, man, I used to love hearing how tired and depressed you guys were. <laughs> You're a monster. You're so bad. I love hearing you guys die inside. Yeah, exactly. And the thing, though, is when we would hear comments, we used to really, and this is true, we used to really like the idea where people would say, man, I'm working overtime now. And the craziest thing is I clocked in, put your podcast on, and didn't finish it by the end of it's my crazy. 12-hour shift. He's still at, and it, it kind of... You know, we had a little smile on our face when when that was, but we didn't have a smile when we were doing it. It was tough. It was very tough. But yeah, I told him that those days are kind of over. Like, what did we talk about for those 12 hours? I know we had more books, but come on. What did we talk about? I, I ended up and I looked at like a random one that was like 12 and a half hours. And I'll tell you this. Number one, Brandon had an image comics section that I forgot all about. Okay. I don't even know Brandon remembers that. He also then came back. In that same podcast with the Marvel Madness, you had that. You had Josh Vermillion with the Vermillion Vision. There was a lot of stuff going on. Then why was I recording all night? <laughs> Jeremy ended up having a section in some of these. We had Rant and Raves from Dancing Mike, and we had four male sections, each of which were an hour long. I ended up going and God. I looked, and I said to you at one point, I was listening to some old school stuff, and I, I expected I'd go and, oh, man, we talked about this book for four and a half hours. No, just standard. We haven't really changed that much with those. It was all the other stuff. But that seemed to be the stuff that people did like. So, 
<laughs> is nobody listening now? What's happening? You can send in the emails. I, I think that once we ended up having our Slack chat where you go uh, when you do join the Patreon, you're invited to the Slack chat. I think that that cut down a lot of the mail because now people just, you know, bug you right in the Slack chat. Eric. They don't have to email you because all the mail was to you, right? That yeah. is what I think. The rant and raves took a while. There was, and there's like stuff like Brett that one time with an hour long mail only at the end to insult me. And then I flipped Look, down. It didn't have to be. You decided to make it that. Well, you bailed. I Remember did. at one point. I'm he, not stupid. He, well, I, I don't want to say who is or isn't, but you, you know, Brett, you. Brett didn't realize at one point we had at 3XL, the robot, do the mail and he still mailed in. We had a robot doing the mail. Should have done it that time. And 3XL would have blown a gasket. It, it would have been the end of him, Eric. He would have shit out nuts and bolts. He said you blew a gasket. Yeah, I did. I was very angry. I was very, Tanya chastised me, said that I shouldn't be so mean. I agree. Like, oh, my goodness gracious. Maybe not. Maybe I shouldn't be. But I think that this week I didn't fight with anybody on Twitter. We always have this at the beginning. Time to go on Twitter to see if this is true. I was a force for positivity. And I believe I'm now, and I was even going to say, when you said your intro, I was going to say that I'm the goodwill ambassador, Jim Werner, but it didn't feel right. It didn't feel right because, you know, I don't know. It just didn't feel like, no, I'm not. I, I end up, people were upset about, oh, all these reboots and all oh, DC doing this. And I spelled it out. I'll tell everybody. My whole theory here is if you've had enough, just step back for a little. You can come back when things get better. Eric Shea did that. Most comic readers at one point have backed off from things, you know, and then when something, oh, that's interesting, you come back. There's no shame in that. This this isn't like if I ended up where I was, you know, I'm an Eagles fan. But if I found out that some guy ended up not liking him until the year they liked the, the Super Bowl, like like he took five, then I'd be pissed. But that's not, Why? this isn't that. Leave it alone, Jim. It doesn't concern you. No, I get mad. Like, you can't. Not like it, like you love a Stop team. Gatekeeping, Jim. You love a team, and then you end up not liking them for five years, and then all of a sudden when they win the Super Bowl, man, that's my team. No, yes. you're not allowed. But here you're allowed. I'm not <laughs> gatekeeping here. You're allowed to do that with that the DC like comics or any comics. But really, like I said, a lot of these maybe newer readers, even like me, you're not used to that point where you've had enough and you back it. But this happens to a lot of comic readers over the time. You said there's a bunch of times. Well, you've done that, but that makes it fun to come well, back. Then also, when I didn't have any money to buy comics when I was a kid. That happens, too. And some people, it's and, a combo. A young adult. <laughs> yeah, some people, it's like and a an combo. Adult. <laughs> yeah, last week. Uh, the deal of, hey, listen, I don't like what's going on now, and it's too expensive. Yeah, I mean, really, overall, you can just keep listening to us. We do talk about the books and talk about them, you know, pretty intricately, so you can end up knowing what's going on with that. And that's a little commercial, Eric. But yeah, a lot of people were getting all upset this week about things like Flashpoint Beyond, things like the Dark Crisis. And I said, just just chill. Just chill out, dudes. Just relax and see how it goes. If it's not for you, back off for a little. You know, go outside. Get the sunshine. Don't sit in your basement like me. But with all that, we're going to go off now. We have a bunch of books. Like I said, we have seven books here. We're going to start off with maybe on paper one of the biggest sections we've ever had of important books i think that it is a banger eric we're gonna see eric shade told me that one of these books he really really likes he told me really likes like i could send a note to it and say eric shade really really likes you and, and stuff say, like that business it, why are you trying to ruin this for me it would end up the teacher would then get and read it and think that you passed it to me and then uh, who cares there you go but with all that uh we will go off to the books right now 
give up forever for something That's not bullshit, I'm bullshit somehow This is the closest to quitting that I've ever been And I wanna punch Eric right now Shit's really got bad at this moment But all I see are those ten out of tens They say that it's never been better They all need to just stop kissing ass And I want this dark crisis to free me Cause I don't think that they understand When all of this shit is just broken I just hope a reboot is at hand Force of positivity, Eric, as I said. I'm I'm, I'm talking about. (laughs) I'm like, you're completely going against everything you just said in the beginning of this series. It was a little bit of a setup, I'd say, Eric. I had two choices. I almost, I was going to give dealer's choice to you. I have a somewhat positive song I could have played and then a dismal one. And I forgot to ask you, so I just said, I'll do this one. Uh, And because force of positive change, Eric. But I did that song a couple weeks ago. I've I've grown a little more positive as we go. And I really like these books in this section. After seven years. I am. I'm turning the other cheeks, as they say. Uh, But I do like the books in this section. Maybe when we get to the second section of books, I don't know, Eric, since we haven't talked about them yet. Force of positivity you are. Maybe I won't be so positive then. But in all of this, I said we have a really big section of books, and one of them being this crisis. Merry crisis. I'm trying to have a merry crisis myself. And, you know, everybody getting upset and wondering what's happening. Everybody hears rumors as well. And I've heard some, but everybody has different rumors and stuff. I am. I'm going <laughs> to whisper. They call me Jimmy Whisper down the lane. I am. And I've heard some people say that. There'll be a reboot. I heard people say there'll I've be a heard, soft reset I've with new number ones. For four years. I've heard no, I I beg for one. I just end up arguing with people. And it was a trigger. Oh man, DC rebooted six times last week. I'm like, no, no, they didn't. And I think that the continuous soft reset that ends up eroding everything down. I think that at some point you do have to eroding. make things better. But we <laughs> we will see how it goes. Really, it comes down to a couple factors. A reboot is not good if you come back with shitty books, obviously. Portal. So I hope that what we get are good creative teams, and I think they need a stronger editorial and maybe a focus, Eric, and, and something going forward. Hopefully we'll get those, but that's not for us to decide right now. We're just here to bitch about it, Eric. But are we? we're going to go into this, and before we end up going into these books, please, again, Go over Merry Crisis. Crisis. Go over to WeirdScienceDCComics.com where you can see written reviews of these books, including this first one, a stellar review by one Eric Shea. What is it, Eric? I want to know what you think stellar means, but it is Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths, number four, where it's we're on the new title now. It's right there on the cover. No longer the Dark Crisis. Now it is the Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths. But this is number four, and it's written by Joshua Williamson with art by Daniel Sampierre, Alejandro Sanchez, and Tom Napolitano. We start this series off with, or this issue off, with the idea that the search for Barry Allen was a success in the Flash book, and now Barry is off trying to free his friends from the Just League by going super fast and entering their dream world because, you know, Flash stuff. Yeah, and, and with this, we've been saying all along, we're enjoying the story for the little moments and things like that. Still doesn't feel as big as a crisis should feel no, in my mind. But Not until the end. 
Yeah, it's not bad. At the end, then it starts to pick up. But with that, this issue, and I'm not going to say that it was confusing, but it felt like a little bit of the connective tissue was missing at, a, you know, in this stuff where some of the things I get what they're doing. But once you then go and you show some things like the, you know, the other dream worlds of, of say, a Wonder Woman, right. then actually go into the Batman one, that seems like, okay, the timing's off a little. And then when you end up having things just scene to scene, things where they're talking about just seem to not jive as much. All right, Jim, what confused you? I'll explain it to you. What's happening? No, it's not anything just in particular. It's just the idea of, you know, everything going on. And it seems like things have progressed a little further than I thought they would have. But it's really not much has the, happened. The thing really, that you really issues. have to understand, like the idea of the confusion, the thing that's always going to get you in this, because this story, well, it's OK. Again, we're gonna, always going to say it doesn't okay. have to like the event. It should be. But what you're always going to get out of this because it just smacks you right in the face of this issue with the idea of. You don't know why things are going to happen, and this book wants to do everything it can to make sure it doesn't tell you why things are happening. But guess what? Things are happening. Things are progressing. <laughs> and it's like, well, why did that happen? And Priya's like, shut your mouth. I don't have to explain myself to you, and let's I move on. I think that's on. probably what. And and again, you put me on the spot of what confused you, and you and it's actually just like well, you that was just, just a said. joke. You said it wasn't confusing. It's more of a overall feeling. It, it is like an overall, like almost like they when don't you, know that they're making my dream machine go to the next level. And what we do, I'm like, what are you doing? And how is this happening? You know how I can explain it in a funny way. When I go and do some, a lot of things on the Patreon where we go back and do events, we have an event podcast. So we go back and do things. This feels like there were maybe two or three issues that were like tie-ins that gave you one little sliver of information. We didn't have those yet. And, and then you had that, but no. And so in that, that's how it feels. But you can still go forward. You can get there. But it does feel like maybe that's why I don't have that feeling of like well, even when you steel. start this off, Barry Allen, the Flash, one of the greatest heroes there is in the DC universe. He comes running in to save his best bud, Hal Jordan, from John Stewart's dream world. And right off the bat, if you've been following Dark Crisis and all its tie-ins, what we have right now, you will mm-hmm. see that this this world that Hal Jordan has entered the John Stewart dream world is nothing like we saw in the tie-in issue that showed us the John Stewart dream world. Here you have the, like the freaking world of Owen. Everything is a green construct. And the, even the idea, you will not pass parallax. I'm like, look, I, I read the last issue and I didn't care for it either, but I have no idea how this correlates to that at all. Two bros. They're two bros, Eric, and they go in there and the, the brave and the bold. And it's just for that wow moment. You know what? It succeeds it is, in that wow moment of the brave want. and the bold. But like, what are you really doing overall? No, you're not doing much, but you get that feel. You're like, oh, oh boy, right, we gotta this get is out great. of here. Let's go to Batman's world. What? Even though I was there already and it kind of sucked. Yeah, it sucked. I kind of need you. But even then, like when Do I you? go online, when I go on Twitter, Al Jordan is not the guy you need to freaking know. you know convince Batman I don't know. of anything. He just needs some there, a little two bros going around there. You know two how it is. Bros. But when I go, when I end up on Twitter, this is the thing again where I want people to be more positive. And really, overall, me and you want to love all these books. And yeah, there might be a little bit of a greediness to it because if more people like the books going on, more people may listen to us. But we also just want people to like the DC comics. And so when I get on Twitter, I see a lot of people bitching and moaning, but then I see one person positive about this issue. You know what they said? Oh, man. What did you say, Jim? Barry and Hal (laughs) together, Brave and the Bold. That's the things that people seem to want at this point. They want those wow moments. We've seen it. I'm sitting there and I'm going for the wow moments as well as I'm, you know, reviewing the book. And like, you get the Brave and the Bold, you get get Barry and Hal together. You don't get a lot of that 
in DC Comics anymore. So when it does happen, people do get excited. And when you go through, it's like, oh my God, look at this. You have the JSA working in tandem with the other Justice League heroes and or just other heroes in the DC universe. It's a little snippet. It's not much at all, but hey, you get it. And at the end, you have the Legion of Doom coming together because Black Adam needs them to band together once again, like Forever Evil style, because they need to get to put a stop to the Great Darkness and the Secret Society of Supervillains because the Justice League have their heads up their asses and Black Adam doesn't trust them to do it. And then you just have the Legion of Doom, and something that I didn't even think I needed, but it's right there on Front Street. Like, if you think about the villains of the DC Universe, the Legion of Doom versus the Secret Society of Supervillains. That's right for Eric Shea. I need that. And we oh, get there it. You're and getting the it. thing is, it could have been a lot cooler. It could have been an entire issue for all I care. And not even involve Great Darkness bullshit. But this the idea is now out there. And I'm like, I need me some more of that. It's a wow moment. I'm going to have to follow what I've been doing recently, where when you get Barry and Hal, they do the Predator handshake. So it goes up 0.5. <laughs> that is a rule from now on. Predator handshake plus 0.5. But. When you go into this and all that going down, the problem is, is you start out. And like you said, you're in this construct world of Earth, New Earth Sector, John Stewart. We left that the last issue of Dark Crisis, then to go into a tie in that did nothing with it. And so that threw us off right there. Then we go back to it from here. You're like, you've done messed up twice now. In the way that it's like two speed bumps. Why to get is there this. nobody communicating with what these worlds are so both of these issues can t- like look alike? Yeah. And really, I'm looking at this construct world of Sector John Stewart. I'm kind of liking it a little more than maybe what we got in that time. But, but you just got John on his rabbit farm. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't need that. I'd rather see this. But yeah, Barry comes in, like you said, it's, it's a weird player. Yeah, he knows all about the different worlds. He explains his too. Hal, which is kind of funny. He's like, your world, it was the leave it to beaver world. He's like, yeah, I just wanted I like to settle things. down. Whatnot. I do like that idea, though, that he says in it. I don't know. I guess that's what I need. And that plays out well. It was the idea of what Pariah thought or could kind of glean out of it to make those worlds. I so hate it's kind what of a everybody cool in these tie-ins, though, thinks they need to stay in the world. As for what we saw with Superman, I just want to see my son grow up. But also... There needs to be a space-wide genocide from planet to planet because of Darkseid and Orion. I'm like, do you really need that, Superman? John Stewart's like, I need to be the lone guardian where this one, like, you know, alien race goes and murders all the guardians and leaves it up to me. I'm like, why do you need that, John Stewart? Yeah, what's what's so great about that? I need my mama to tell me I'm great, too. I'm thinking in the back of my mind the idea of things that you hate. And we'll end up having some. And in, in the Batman book we'll be talking about next, the idea that it's heavy Grant Morrison. So I keep thinking of Grant Morrison. And yeah, some of the things which we'll see in the Batman, you actually like the way it's playing out. Maybe even love. All I can think of is the idea of that miracle machine being the dream machine and that you end up pariah is getting a machine. He says that's being fueled by the dreams. I'm thinking at the end, it's like a pariah dream machine again, and they're going to have to end up stopping that switch it around whatnot but we're gonna we're definitely I don't know gonna what get it is that because right? even the idea it's like oh my god these guys putting together a freaking you know a dream miracle machine that can reinvent the multiverse or something along those lines it's a ridiculous concept for some reason and even in final crisis where he put together a wishing machine because shit's gone so fucking far south we need a goddamn wishing machine to win a crisis but in this whole, like when you go back to like infinite crisis where you have alexander luther jr like you know what i'm gonna do I want to get those individual heroes who I know were from other worlds before all the worlds collided in on themselves and became one world. I'm going to then stick them in the dead body of the Antimonder. Oh, that seems yes. fine to me. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's okay with you. And then we're going to reinvent the multiverse. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I get you, Alexander. Superman, his wish was 
He wanted everybody to be happy. No it's more like mutants. one of those things where I end up, I'll make cookies and I'm at the bake sale. Man, these taste different. What's your secret? Hope. That's all I say. And Love. then, you know, cocaine. Yeah, uh, that but makes yeah, sense. that works. Uh, very expensive cookies, though. You end up, though, when they're all together and they are trying to figure it out, like you said, the JSA. And a lot of this did feel a bit like recap, a bit like you said, like things are happening, but we're going to talk about other things to kind of set that well, up. We've whatnot. had this whole thing that you've wanted to see, the background of this whole thing where you have the Great Darkness Saga and the Legion of Superheroes and the idea that you have the first kind of oh, pseudo evil being, but it's not evil. It's just what it is. The, the opposite of light, the great darkness that was dispelled by when light first came around. And now it's, you know, amassing on the edges of the multiverse and coming in through the bleed and stuff like that. We can see it moving. And then it also has put together an army that has taken over in the forms of all the Just League's biggest bads that have ever been. And also Priya being the voice of this, the mouthpiece of this great darkness. You're talking about some great things. And then you get the issue four. We have, you know, four of seven. And we come in, Barry Allen safe. What do you tell, what do you got for me, Mr. Terrific? Well, um, we're not really sure what's going on. Um, it's coming around the edges, but it seems different. And Swamp Thing comes up. Yeah, I don't put that uh, Great Darkness to sleep in that first crisis. This is something completely different. I'm like, well, it's not even the Great Darkness anymore. Yeah, like, what does that mean? And what are you doing here? Because, and I... The Swamp Thing, Levi and Alec. There are Swamp Things. You end up, I want it to be Swamp's Things. The Swamp has to be plural as well. But even then, you end up having, you know, there's... Mr. Terrific. Hey, we fought the the Perpetua, the Batman. Yeah, we get this. We're also going to get it later in this issue as well. But when they're doing all this and then saying it's not really the great darkness, I think that they're just saying again, there's a lot of things that are being mentioned that we already know that they're just becoming aware of, like the idea. I think that the Deathstroke is being controlled here. Yes, we know that. Let's get on with it. But I think the great darkness, this idea is. Okay, Pariah is doing his thing. He's kind of using it, whatnot. And I do like when Swamp Thing does say, and it's Alec Holland says, "Yeah, the, the darkness. He doesn't really care about anything. It's He's not, not going to control thing, yeah. anybody. He just does what he does." So that does make sense. But I don't know why you're throwing that out in issue four of seven. I, I just don't understand the curveball being the great darkness isn't the great darkness, especially for what you have set up with the idea. What else can control? The biggest bads in the DC universe, except for the first thing of darkness in the entire Mont Omniverse. I'm like, it's just such a weird swerve out of nowhere to say on like, you know, over halfway through your, you know, your big event. And we're not even like, you know, we haven't even felt like we've done anything yet, which is like, hey, there's a threat coming. It's coming through the multiverse, the blade and also Deathstroke might be controlled. And he's doing secret society, supervillain stuff and stopping us from being superheroes. The gull on the sky. <laughs> and you end up where Pariah points on these issues has said. Oh, the the great darkness thinks that it's controlling me. It's the opposite here. He's doing the things. And one of the big plays here, I'm starting to wonder when we're going to see that dark army again. The thing that we were really wowed by. Don't you know, Jim? It was displayed by the lightning of the Black Adams. They keep going. Like every time we hear about that, Black Adam is the biggest, baddest motherfucker that gets elevated every time they mention it. The next thing they're going to say, oh, the Justice League, they didn't die. There was nothing wrong. Black Adam saved the day. They're just hanging out because they keep elevating. The idea that everything wasn't as bad as we thought. That's the thing is you had this thing that you and I joked about for months now, even the lead up to it, but you know, like the DC universe is fucked. There's nothing you can possibly do against this horde of monsters. That one of them alone has killed Superman. Just the idea of all that you cannot fight against this, no matter who you are, especially because your heavy hitters are now on their dreamlike worlds and everybody thinks they're dead. But when you have this going on where in the dead world that Pariah is occupying with his weird dream machine and controlling, you know, Deathstroke and stuff like that. You have Joe Mullen and Kyle Rayner fighting off the shadow demons that are coming down, even though the sky isn't red. 
it's it's such a weird idea just using the shadow demons because it is a crisis, but it's not anti-monitor related. But you have this going on. It's like, how's going to kick your ass? He's like, I don't think he will. How Jordan's invasion coupled with the fastest man alive crossing over from world to world. Well, you know what, Kyle Rayner? It's <laughs> speeding up the process of my machines. That was my plan all along. It was just like that. And I'm like, all right, well, let's see what's going on here. Hey, what is the process of your machines? I know you're trying to create a new multiverse because your dumbass thinks that your fucking little world is going to be in there, even though it's a pocket dimension now. It's just, how is this speeding up your machine? And why is the Just League dream, like, you know, little worlds, why is that fueling the machine while also the idea of being, controlling Deathstroke on Earth and spewing chaos throughout? Why is that also fueling your machine? I, I just, I'm getting the, at the, the end hope where you and the do, lack thereof. The hope. I, I end up where I think that what you have Pariah doing is saying, okay, these 52 worlds that we had in the old, you know, multiverse deal, that's not enough because mine's not in there. So, I'm just going to make a trillion and just hope that mine's in there. And it's the omniverse. Everything matters. Yeah, the odds are with you. Yeah, the odds are with them. I mean, basically, he may get that and maybe everybody will get whatever they want. Just figure out the odds of like of you getting your world back and then make that many worlds. Exactly. That's what he's doing, it seems. But in that, it does get lost in the shuffle when you do have things like Barry breaks out of his world to advance the story. But then when you think... Wait a minute, what's going to happen then? You seem to need all of the Just League in these. Oh, no, nope. no, no. Him running around cool. and going world to world, it makes it even better. Yeah, oh. It's starting to fudge things. It is, and I, I don't want that. I do still like the individual scenes. I like when they go to Batman's dream world. I like, but when you get to these places, the world of you Batman don't really that does, get has that nothing much. to do with the Clockwork Killer, the Flashpoint no, Beyond. It doesn't seem, or does it? I have a new theory. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, with that, though, did I ever tell you about the Gear Wars? Constantly. But even then, you're like, they're quick. And the play is, we're going to get that, you know, tie-in. But does that, it feels out of time. You know, the idea we should have had that tie-in first. Or when we get to that, are we actually going to see Barry and Hal? And about, I don't know. No, you're not. I mean, maybe you'll see Barry. Because even the idea when they get there and Barry's like, here we go again. And Hal's like, again? So we might see Barry in it, but ultimately, I really do feel that the tie-ins are just cash grabs, and they won't mean shit to anybody well, for this whole event. One, maybe that one will mean something. So you're telling me next week's know. Wonder Woman doesn't mean dick, but maybe Batman's does. And you know what? That's the way DC does things. <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't you? I think Cy Spurrier is doing that Batman one, and if that is the case, if I'm right, I already have a headache, Eric. That's what I say, and it's not going to make any lick of sense. But when you have these things, I do like, you know, you have the fun little things. Where, how, oh, you're going to have to carry me here. It looks like it, buddy. And they go off as two bros. But overall, before we get two to bros. the, you know, Legion of Doom and the, the society. There's a, there's a lot of weird filler here because I, I'm all for the idea of finding out more about Pariah and these dream worlds because that's what we're dealing with. And then back on Earth Zero, when you have the Deathstroke versus the, like, you know, the Legion of Superhero, I mean, the Legion of Doom versus the Secret Society. I'm all for that because that's, that's an amazing stuff. But. You have Mopey Nightwing, who needs to have a little pep, pep talk by Alan Scott about how, you know what, I, you can't be sitting here with Beast Boy. I know he's on the verge of death. He thinks he died because of the shot that he took from Deathstroke. You blame yourself, but we need you to stand up because you are the leader that we need. You, and, everybody, and the thing is, not even the idea like, you know, you're the leader that we all need. He's talking to the readers as well. Everybody wants Nightwing to step up and be the guy that we all know him to be as Nightwing, as the first heir to Batman and stuff like that. He is the next generation. He is the forefront of the DC universe after our regular Justice League members. And we're all waiting for that. And it's a nice little moment, but it's extended to the point where we have to go down and find out about what's going on in the Justice League dark basement of the Hall of Justice. But we just talk about the idea, like, is it an idea that things have to be fudged and talk about now? Because like, 
hey, yeah, Zatanna didn't have a statue out front. Well, she has a painting down here as a tribute because, you know, a statue for the magic person, that's just bad, bad mojo. I'm like, did we really just spend time to show freaking Detective Chimp being drunk and pissed off at a portrait of Zatanna in the basement of the Hall of Justice? Like, what are we doing here? And then we eventually get it. There's freaking swamp things going around like, oh, yeah, this ain't the great darkness. That when they go down and they see that picture and they're like, hey, you're among friends. A tribute building a statue of a magic user as well. Bad mojo. Dangerous. I really thought that this is the part that actually threw me a little transition problem where I went. And in my mind. They were, they were looking at this big painting, thinking it was a statue. I'm like, you guys are dumb. But yeah, no, I'm dumb. But yeah, you end up having Bobo come out. He's drunk. Hey, everybody's dying. I'm going to go out there. But it's Every a problem. lot of filler. Bobo's just pissed off and drunk. And when you have seven issues, there's not a ton of times. I'm talking about some of these events have like 900 you issues, You're here right? to recruit another of my friends so they can just die? It's like, shut up, monkey. Yeah, there should be nothing. And and again, I don't mind the scene with Alan Scott and Nightwing. That's fine because, and I think there's a play here that you could really spend, you know, some time with, with the idea that Dan DiDio kept Nightwing and all the Titans. He kept them down a little. You're actually having this event, no Dan DiDio around. Let's show that this new way of doing things is different, but it's Mopey Nightwing being taught by Alan Scott, who you have to get the old guy because he's got to say, I sold your parents those trippies artists were great, and it's more filler than it needs to be. It is, in but this having those two is okay within this because you have the first generation, the light, the hope of the first generation in Alan Scott, and then you have like you know the the, the next big leader and the like the next generation. Even though we now have a, like two generations after that, <laughs> I like the scene because when have we seen Alan Scott talking to Nightwing in the past? Not a long time. I like it, but in a crisis. Where, again, you have this dark army somewhere in the background. You end up having Pariah making machines. You have the Just League Trap where it then feels like it's filler of, man, we need you to lead. Hey, you know, Gar would like that. And he's like, no, he's afraid because he thought he died. So now he's in a coma like he died because he thought he died. And I'm like, come on, let's get going. She died from a broken heart. Playing here. Yeah, let, let's get things rolling. Again, a nice scene, which we said. These issues of Dark Crisis are nice. I like a lot of them and I like the moments, but these are the type of things that are making it not feel as big because they're kind of standing around, sitting around talking. And we're waiting for something to happen. And the Legion of Doom is out there trying to get shit done. It's almost like they're, they, they actually in the book, they are stalling because they know the Justice League will be back at some point. They're like, and we just kind of stall a little. They'll be back, right? And that's the worst part about this, because I want to see these heroes that were forced to step up in their absence be the heroes of this event. But if, like the way it feels right now, oh, don't worry. The Justice will come back and fix everything. Like, I don't want them to come back at the 11th hour and freaking say, don't worry, we'll take care of this now. I want the newly reformed JSA to kick ass. And I you bring the Legion of Superheroes back and you do some different stuff there. Breaking time left and right. Uh, on the bad boy side of things. The bad boy. Adam, who shows up and says, it's our turn again. We got to stop this. Just League is hey, nonsense. Hey, remember how cool we were in Forever Evil? Let's do hey, that shit that again. wasn't that awesome? And there is some funny little plays back to that. They give a little wink-wink to Forever Evil, if you know. And even then they say, and it's kind of a shame, I think, even though we knew, and it, it is kind of a diss on Bendis, the idea, hey, wasn't he in the Justice League? Yeah, that was a flirtation. He didn't really stick with them. And I'm like, okay, so I don't know if Black Adam's playing both sides here or if he is fully evil, but I love where Lex ends up talking and Vandal Savage opens his mouth and Lex is like, you remember the time, you know, in Scott Snyder's Justice League number one when I bashed the shit out of your skull? I'll do it again, you asshole. And I thought that was great. I thought was. that was really funny. It kind of neuters Vandal Savage a little bit, though. <laughs> it's 
funny there. Uh, but even in that, the whole play is the omniverse is false. Like we're going with the idea that the heroes, even Pariah, they're going with the omniverse. Everything matters. This is great. And Lex, nope, it's it's not real. It's false. It is causing a lot of problems. We need to get rid of this. We need to step up right now. And again, the bad guys aren't going to get along. They're going to argue. You have Grotto just keeps yelling shit. Until he gets his head stomped in by Deathstroke. Yeah, and it's funny because they end up thinking that it's Flash and it's Deathstroke. It was a nice little reveal. I thought that was That cool. was such a great situation there. And I, I don't even remember if it was within this, you know, the uh, the Dark Crisis, you know, event or if it was actually in the Flashbook because I can't remember. But the idea that they do have an intruder alert and like, oh, my God, why were the alarms? And like, goddamn Flash got in here again because we saw him previously when he was looking for something. He's like, I like to come over here every now and again and be like, screw with their alarm system. So yeah, mess up with call. their alarm system. I don't system. even remember if it was a part of this event, but that's such a great callback because now you just have the Secret Society showing up and like, you know, taking the fight to the Legion of Doom before the Legion of Doom can take the fight to them. Yeah, and the fun play here is that you end up at this explosion. You end up, oh man, a Flash again, and Grodd's down. And you think that the Flash ended up pretty much destroying that pretty face of Grodd. And then you realize, oh no, it was Deathstroke who's there saying, you know, I'm going to take care of things. I'm taking you down. Here we go. The darkness knows all. And there is that point of, Man, those chains, the Dark Army had them as well. I kind of forgot about the chains Me too. and that sort of thing. But it was nice that you have those. It, it is a good way to show that and, who else is infected. Oh, yeah, so who's I, all I infected? Like I usually at this point in time, like, you know, if you look at Deathstroke, if they got the black eyes and spewing black go out their mouth, they're infected. But you know what? They also got the black chains. The chains are fine, though, so you know that who's infected. I don't mind that. This fight is so great, though, because you always want to have those little playground moments of, like, who would win in a fight against this person and this person? And when Lex Luthor decides, you know, when that decides, but figures out what's going on where, like, that darkness, the edge of the multiverse, is actually connected to Deathstroke. Deathstroke is the key. And you have Lex Luthor versus Deathstroke, the Terminator. And you actually see with the power suit and stuff like that, and maybe it's just because Deathstroke is not himself at the moment. Lex is able to get the upper hand on him and is about to blow the back of his head off like he's Lenny and Lex is George here, you know, what he's bending over. And before he can just end the darkness's avatar here on Earth, everybody in this goddamn secret society goes and starts spewing the freaking darkness oh everywhere. God, so now yeah. the entire Legion of Doom is infected besides for Black Adam. It's such a crazy way because they come in. It's almost like a suicide bombing type of situation where they come in. They're going to fight. All they have to do is get close to everybody. And they're just going to spew this nonsense all over everyone. And it's big trouble. So you end up with that where, like you said, you want to see this fight. Now they're kind of how many I, I, more things can go wrong. I'm going to call bullshit on Black Adam, though, because this is, I feel like his costume is airtight. I'm not black. I'm not, not black. I'm sorry. Black Manta. Black Manta. <laughs> Maybe I was going to say, maybe there was something I thought you were going to say he could burn it off or something, but... Well, he is the most powerful person in the DC Universe. He can fight... He fought them all he the lightning the before. Dog. I'm sure that. he could do it right now. Next issue, we're going to start off with him yelling Shazam, getting a lightning bolt, and everybody's going to be fine. Yeah, well, in that, the the one play that it, it gets a little worrisome is with Scott Snyder, and we just mentioned it. You had that little callback to that Just League number one when he jumped on the book to lead to metal, death metal, all that stuff, where... He was big, darkest before the dawn. Everything had to go wrong for the, the heroes before all of a sudden it wasn't. And it's starting to get like that because you end up having that dark army. Now you end up having Destro come in. Now it's all of these against our heroes who are having like a Nightwing who should be leading. And he's moping. He's moping there at these voices. They, they have to step up. They have to do something here and get things going. 
it's not just enough for Barry and Hal to run around in these different worlds. You need more than that. They have to get on the offensive or at least get ready for this, and they're not really doing it. That's why I like the idea where Lex said, you know, he's a doer, that guy, and a thinker. But he ends up, we got to do something here. We're going to get going. And even when you have our heroes go and, you know, try to get Constantine, go with this Just League Dark type deal, and talk to Swamp Thing, even there where you spell out like, Yep, all the magic users have heard about this shit. They either started drinking or they started a prey. And, and so you're like, okay, let's go. You got to get something going here. And I want it. That's when it'll feel big in my mind when they do step up. Because at the beginning, everybody was trying to make a team. John's throwing people well, in there in the, the team. Idea, now, where I'm happy that the JSA here is to lend a hand and like, you know, show the new like generation how, how it's done and stuff like that. Because we have real problems. The Just League is dead. People need to step up here. And that's why Alan has to go to Nightwing. But when you see the idea, like, I love this idea of old school and new school coming together to get the jobs done because we have a lot of things going on here with the Secret Society of Supervillains. But when you see what they're doing, you have Wildcat, Stephanie Brown, like, you know, Dr. Light and Cassandra Kane. They're visiting a sick kid in the hospital. You have Arsenal, Raven, and Tempest giving pizza to EMTs and freaking medical workers and stuff like that. I'm like, There's bigger things out there right now. Yeah, you got bigger things. That's my biggest problem here is when, and we said this at the beginning, you end up having an event where the Just League was already dead. And then when you jump into the event, oh, they'll be back. Oh, it's not a big deal. And that's not a crisis. It feels like everybody knows it's a crisis, but the heroes, and now they're delivering pizza. And it's, it's there for the nice moment. Well, there's Supergirl power than that. Making sure that a plane doesn't crash. I would love to see that, but I also like to see them do stuff for the event. Not a small little panel showing you that, yep, heroes are still working. I'm like, yes, but let's all work on the things that are like really going to affect the entire multiverse. Just not this little section. I know you, this goes back to the idea. You can't save everybody, but we have bigger fish to fry. Yeah, we have a lot bigger fish to fry. And you can assume that they're still going to help people that are in need, but we have a bigger thing going on and they just seem to be just sitting around twiddling their thumbs possibly like i said waiting for the chess league to return but it it should be not even that that shouldn't even come into their mind they should be ready for the fight they should be getting ready they should be not even you know just doing anything but that they should have all this set up and they aren't i also want to know who deemed the team that you know mr terrific would explain this all to because inside the hall of justice where mr terrific is telling everybody what is actually happening out there in the multiverse and the great darkness the people that are standing around and listening like, are they just, like, tired and don't want to go and, like, give pizza to the EMT workers? Because you have Cyborg, Donna Troy, Wildcat, the original Wildcat, Oracle, and John Kent Superman, but also Damian Wayne Robin. I'm like, Damian Wayne, he can just, like, pose it off looking at this freaking hologram. Look at Damian when he's looking. I love that he's just staring at like, Donna Troy. Like, what is this team that's put together to find out what's actually going on? Yeah, I don't know. And, and again, that seems like something that's a little bit lost when we get to here where that's a cool thing. We like to see teams being put together and we're going to do this, that, and the other thing. But yeah, you have the other heroes just going around delivering pizzas and things. Again, it is a, it's a fan service moment, but that's not what we're here for. We're not here for fan service. Not always. We're here for There's an event. <laughs> no, and you can, no, you throw it that in. Brave in the not bold, delivering huh? pizza. That, that I don't <laughs> mind. That is just them saying something as they're going to do shit. You know what, Hal Jordan was pretty brave of you to come here without a power. <laughs> and he's also bold. You tell him, Flash. That is fan service, but it's a little bit Give more me. on the num, money num, than delivering pizzas in a Agreed. side panel or, you know, the Bat family going off and seeing a sick kid. The, the sick kid uh, is not going to have a planet to live on soon. The Batgirls are like, you know, Dr. Light. I'm like, it's so weird. Yeah, you know. And it's weird, too, because they're supposedly coming up as some big secret with Dr. Light. 
that's going to reveal something crazy. I coming had that up back in the, in the book. day with Identity Crisis, but that was a different Doctor Light. Exactly, I know. So we're going to have to wait for that. But in it that, it's funny that she's just there and she's you know visiting the hospitals and stuff like that. Uh, but with all of that, it looks great. Well, that's the thing is the idea we have Daniel Sampier on art here and the entire art team. It makes it look like a book that is a proper event that a lot of care went behind the way this looks because it looks amazing through and through, through the pencils, inks, and all that color. And it's like, I love the way this book looks. I love all the characters involved. And when the big moments, hey, hit, they hit hard, but it's just not enough going on. We're issue number four of seven of the Dark Crisis on Infinite Earth. I'm like, I don't think adding on Infinite Earth is going to solve all your problems when there's actually filler inside your main book event thing. But I ended up giving it a 7.3 out of 10 because I still like it. I just want it to hit a bit harder. I'm going 7.5. I want it to hit harder, too. And at the end, you end up having, oh, my God, look, new worlds are being created. Oh, it's a chain reaction. It's all of the dream worlds of the Just League to just then get. Is it the dream worlds of the Just League? A new multiverse. They say <laughs> oh, that, that at the I'm one sorry. Point. I, thought you, I thought you meant the new multiverse within Pariah's hands. That idea of I need them on the planets to fuel this deal. And then when you get it, you're like, it, was that what you were doing? Is that because it, it, it just kind of gets thrown at you. The idea, oh, my God, I'm charging up them planets now. Also, Barry's running around. You didn't know that that charged it up too, Eric. And now, all right, it, a new multiverse is born. The final, the final page of this is a really good, big moment in my mind, just because you have the idea. A new multiverse is born. You have all of these Earths around this, you know, Kirby crackle of light. And within that, you have a portal, like, opened up where Pariah's hand is, like, you know, at the bottom, where Pariah's hand has now become the hand of creation that you have. Yeah. It's and, the empty and the, hand. In the regular, you know, universe and multiverse. It's like cool. That. With that, though, for some reason, it didn't really feel as big to me when I was reading it. I thought it was cool. I got the symbolism, that sort of thing. But when it happened, I, I just I don't know why. Maybe it was the page before setting it up or what led to it. But it didn't feel like it had the oomph that I thought it would. But even so, maybe it's just because I'm like. When are these heroes going to do something? At least, the, you know, the bad guys, the bad boys, they got together. The they were doing boys. stuff, right? The bad boys, they were going. And then it didn't lead to anything great for Lex and the crew. They ended up getting infected, but at least they're doing things. Black Adam just got their back. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. Lightning smacked that shit right out of them. That's then I get, and I'll do the Lightning Strikes parody by Live, and or as you like to call them, Live. It's Live, and, Jim. And uh, everything will be fine, and then we'll, I don't know where we'll just do Dolphins Cry later, which I hate that song, Eric. It's a great song. You're a fucking I'm going to go 7-5. I, I still like it. Like you said, in the idea, if this was just a story, I think it's Can you it's hear good. them? Yeah, I know. It, it, it's a good story. It's just not a big crisis story at least doesn't feel that even so and we keep saying it i'm waiting for that moment you almost got there it's getting i'll give them credit i'll give josh williams the credit he's edging towards that with that cliffhanger and also Ooh, the fight so we'll see I, you know who needs to be edged on all that time but we're gonna move on to the next book which is a banger according to eric shea Batman number 127. One? No, everybody thinks it is. I, I, I like it as well. Maybe not as much as you. It seems like you want to make sweet love to it. But written by Chip Zdarsky, art by Jorge Jimenez, Tomei Moray, and Clayton Howells. And we start with more of the Zuren R stuff. And I did mention, I hope somebody remembers, because Eric didn't. At one point I, I said, I think that Zuren R was the one who set up this failsafe as a failsafe to the failsafe. And we kind of laughed about it. And that's what it ends up being. I, I kind of thought that it was going to be that anyway. And that's why Batman ends up calling Zornar out. And it, it ends up being a pretty cool way of getting Zornar, which, again, is fan service, but fun. 
And also you start off, though, with some Tower Babel stuff, some contingency stuff, and it, it's nice. Oh, when you start this off with the idea, when you actually have the way it looked and played out in Tower of Babel, where they're like, they voted Batman out of the Just League because Rachel Ghoul got the contingency plans of the rest of the Just League, and you have Bruce and Batman, I mean, Bruce and Superman talking about, like, what's your contingency plan? It's you, Clark. It's the Justice League. And you have that great moment that leads into the thing now that we have with Zura and R is out and about. And Tim's like, who are you? What's going on? I'm like, old chum, I'm the Batman of Zura and R. Bruce brought me out here because fun. apparently the failsafe has been activated. And he, he he chose wisely to think that I, being the failsafe for his mind, is the, are the, is the one that came out here when I was previously out here and created the failsafe in case Batman ever crossed the line. And they do explain. I mean, Chip Zdarsky does a good job of explaining things without getting too heavy in the explanation to go forward with it. Now, is it funny? Did you think at all? Because when he says, what's the plan to take you down, Batman? And then Bruce, because in a way, and I wanted Bruce to take off the cow himself. You know, that always gets me in the heart there. Take it off, Bruce. But when he says, it's you, Clark, it's just like, I'm like, oh, it's like Man of Steel. I am your father. It makes me cry every time. And I'm like, oh, my God, they did it. And so with that, he seems with that. I like the way it's played. Chip Zdarsky plays this out as not a Batman who's going to say I messed up, but a Batman is a little embarrassed and maybe like, yeah, you know, that's how I am. I, I don't like wrong, to be though. the way I am, but he'll never say he's wrong in that, though. You end up having this, you know, kind of a transition from Zoran R. Back to Bruce, but a Bruce that realizes that he needs help, a Bruce that realizes that family is something important. And I think that that's a really subtle, cool thing to do in an issue where you have Terminator after him. Where you have a great thing where the Batman of Zernar, the most purest Batman there is, a Batman without a Bruce Wayne to hold him back. You know, pure mission. He went and created a failsafe to take himself down in case it ever, ever went bad because if he ever went against the mission of the Batman, because that's what he is. So when you have the situations like, okay, I'm Bruce Wayne. I have a failsafe that's coming at me because the penguin, you know, freaking makes everybody think that I'm a murderer and actually killed him. So now the failsafe is activated. It's Terminator robot is coming from my ass. Who could have built it? How do we stop it? You know what? It was probably that Batman and Zeranar. You know, that psychosis inside my mind that I created. So I'm going to go into this back cave system, Tim. You stay there for a second. I'm going to go and talk to my mind a little bit. I'm going to bring the Batman and Zeranar out so he can get to the bottom of what's going on and hopefully shut down this failsafe. And then when you have the idea later on when it's like, you know what? He's able to fight you because you are the pure Batman. And you want to build, you know what he really needs? He needs the Batman who is Bruce Wayne because Bruce Wayne cares about his family. Look, I really love what you're doing here. The freaking the way to bring Zuranar back, you actually did it. You tied it in the Tower of Babel, one of the best Justice League stories in the last fucking 40 years, as far as I'm concerned. It's one of the like the top and 10. And one definitely. that people reference with Batman constantly. Exactly, that, because it was a great moment. Exactly. And it's the one where when you talk about Batman's prepared for everything, you think of the contingencies right away. Exactly. That's one of the things you think like of Jeff right John's away. Jeff even tried to play it up again in this Justice League run in the uh, New 52. Like the idea, like Wonder Woman doesn't have a contingency like because nothing can stop her. We're going to all have to work together on that one. And like I liked all of that. And to tie that into Zuranar, because usually... I'm not a fan of Grant Morrison stuff because no, when Grant Morrison not. goes Grant Morrison, he goes full Grant Morrison. And usually people try to jump in and half-ass it. It never works out. But with the stuff we're tying in here with Zura and R, Tower of Babel, you're doing it right because you're sprinkling in and you're making it make sense for the situation that you have created wholly. And the reason I like it is because I don't ever feel here that Chip Zdarsky is trying himself to be Grant Morrison. No. He's just using something from the past. And what I and that's what Grant Morrison does. He try, he goes full imagination with stuff from the past to try to make it work in a, a new contextual sense. He's doing a Grant sense. Morrison on Grant Morrison, but he's doing the Chip Zdarsky. Oh, my goodness. And it's it, working it because it it's not work. Morrison. And what I want to point out to people where normally – 
a writer would think. A Batman without Bruce Wayne. Oh, my God. That's without. They would think that that's a Batman who kills. That's not the case. It's still Batman. This is pure mission Batman. The Zoran R is not going it's out. It's not the Grim Knight. And that's where I think a lot of writers would go surface level. Even Zoran R calling Tim Chum. Oh, my God. And that's uh, what I mwah. like it, where you have <laughs> Zoran R, who actually is there. So it makes sense where this contingency he sets up is because he is a maybe even fearing I'm the Batman without Bruce Wayne. If somebody is going to go over the board, I need a contingency program because I may do that myself because I don't have that. But he didn't. And even then, you're waiting for this to just have on the news. I'm telling you, I'm waiting for news report. Penguin alive. (laughs) I am shutting down. It might be it. it. It may. But I do really like this deal where you're getting these moments that are actually really good character moments and actually have some feels. Even the idea of chum. It made me happy. Even the Batman of Zuranar having a secret Batcave within the Batcave. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that makes that's great. I mean, you end up where we talk about Batman. He's got plans on top of contingencies on top of plans. So you have end up and you do that. And that's the fun part. Even when you go with that idea. So you know how to take down the failsafe, right, Zuranar? Well, unfortunately, I erased that part of my mind because I thought the Batman might try to like take it from me if ever. So I made sure nobody knows how to take them. Like, you son of a bitch. That's the problem is that's where you get. And I think it's kind of a little bit of a wink, wink joke. And the deal is Batman prepares too much. Like there's Zoranar who says, OK, if, if Bruce Batman kills... He would have wanted to deactivate that. So I'm going to deactivate and I'm going to do that. It's all Even around. Even when Zoranar I- is fighting, you know, the failsafe, he's like, okay, did I make it like this? Of course I did. I'm too damn good. He's trying to do everything he can think of to take down a, what he believes is a, a robot, an android, whatever it is. Everything he knows, but he is also planned against that. If it's in case somebody else would know that as well. So there's nothing that they can do. And I do love Chip Starsky. He's one of my favorite writers. And so what he does I've here. I've been and, wary up until this issue. Yeah, I know. And and I, again, you were on the Marvel podcast for a while and you ended up where we were talking about the Daredevil, where it was still building up. You didn't get to the part where, holy crap, this is the best book in comics right now. You didn't quite get that far. So I was really excited about it. But the, the buildup in this, it, it took a bit. It took a couple issues, as, as we're saying here. I'm really liking this. But what I get here, and I hope that DC is doing this on purpose or somebody's paying attention, because when you end up throwing in Zornar, you, you have Tower of Babel, you have these things. These are what Mwah. fans want. <laughs> they want new stories that recognize the stuff and have the fun and have the importance of the older stuff still going on, which it's like world's finest. That's yeah. World's finest. And even to a point, Nightwing, though, I'd like the pacing to be better. But when you have Nightwing show up and uh, hey, I was a cop at one point. It's nice stuff that people are like, oh, man, I know that. That's the everything matters that I want. I don't want it to just be eight million stories and you throw it out story over continuity. I want that when they go and do things. The things that were big in the past, like a Tower of Babel, means something still and end up being used in a way that's new and sets up a story where Batman kind of realizes, I think at one point, like, now I know what Superman thought. Like, these contingency programs suck. Well, that's one of the things that's even good about this, because in the background in the previous issue, though, you had the rest of the Bat family coming to freaking back Batman up and try to take down this robot. But the robot being, you know, built by Batman and the greatest thing ever fucking made, apparently, was able to take down the Bat family, no problem. They're still licking their wounds on the streets of Gotham and trying to talk to Renee Montoya about what to do next, what they're trying to do, because there's a bunch of wreckage from all this. And since Batman is out of the picture right now, nobody can get a hold of him or Tim. Nightwing's pretty much in charge of the rest of the Bat family and what to do next, where to proceed. And he does what Batman never would. 
He calls for backup. And you know who he calls? He calls Superman because that's what Nightwing would do. And that's what you need in this situation because they just got their asses handed to them by one single robot. And it's not even yeah, amazing exactly. though, with a shaggy man. I, I wanted to see because he's like, yeah, get a hold of somebody barbers typing away. And I, I want to see the exchange. Hey, Superman, we need you in Gotham. I don't know. Is Batman there to say that? You know, he doesn't <laughs> like this. He gets a little pissed off. Last time I did it, you know, I went and he was fighting Clayface and I froze him in a second and made him look real bad. He was pissed off at me. So really, you know, and then you end up where you, you got to get here. He's going to die. Oh, really? I really need to talk to him now. You got to get here. And I like the idea where he shows up at the end and you don't know, you know, you figure he's going to be able to stop it. I don't know. I'm waiting for that chest plate to open up like it's metal and grip and I start radiation. Starts I'm waiting for him. things where now you find out that the contingency program would have had that idea that maybe the Justice League would protect him. So it ends up it could be round and round with this stuff going on. And if you do play that and you end up having this deal, I hope maybe they will reference this stuff like a Scott Snyder or actually Jeff Johns, like you said. The idea that Wonder Woman has to show up and Wonder Woman will have to stop because there's nobody that can really stop Wonder Woman with that. And uh, I, I think that that would be great. Also, I just it makes me smile that idea that we always play up that idea of, oh, Batman's a human among gods. Look at that guy. He's on the Justice League. Oh. And it really is the idea where he has a contingency program to take everyone down. But his contingency is the whole Justice League has to take him down. I always like that. It always I, I think he might be a little pompous, Eric. He might be thinking so, but he can think of whatever he wants because when you have the Zura and R going and fighting the failsafe, the idea where he's not worried about what happens to Tim because he's since he's pure mission, these aren't my family. These are my soldiers. That's all they are is the way for me to succeed in the mission. And within the Zura and R's head, you have Bruce Wayne screaming to him like, No, this is not the way. You need a Bruce Wayne to be here because what the failsafe is looking for is a Batman. You need me because the thing is, you don't realize he's not my soldier. He's my son. And when you say that, this is what I'm talking about in the Christ on Infinite Earths, the Dark Christ on Infinite Earths, where you have the wow moments, the fan factor. That's this the is wow what moment. you need in this. When you have Tim Drake and like in the book, which I my favorite Robin of all time, so I'm happy that he's here. I love the fact that Chip Stadarski brought him back to be Bruce Wayne's Robin once again. But when you have Batman screaming out for the first time in what feels like a long time, He's not my soldier. He's my son. I'm like, you done did it, kid. You done did it. And that, again, is fan service, but it's also a great story bit. It's more than that. You know what I mean? And it's great because then you're going and twisting around where, oh, my God, the Batman without Bruce Wayne. That's the ultimate Batman. That's the bad guy. That No, no, no. Bruce and his feelings and his sons and everybody else that's involved make him better. Whether the Joker wants to say that isn't the case or whatnot, they do. And the way that this goes once he ends up kind of popping in and you get him back. And I like even how Failsafe goes, I am now talking to the original, I guess. And you oh, have you're that, too good, said, Yeah, I know. I'm <laughs> like, damn you, Robert. Well, that's the best part, too. I, I wish there was an audio version of this just because I want to know what they think the Batman sounds like and what Zernar sounds like because I want to know what the distinction is. Because even when Zernar shows up, it's like Tim's like, you sound different. <laughs> like, is the one come out of nowhere and is like the Zuranar Diedrich Bader while you have Kevin Conroy as the regular voice? I always think it's like the, uh, you know, the gruff, you know, there you there. Actually, like I think that's what Bale. it might have been with the the Batman of Planet X and that Brave and the Bold situation where you might have had Kevin Conroy as Zuranar. Yeah, you know what's weird? I just watched that. I even showed <laughs> you. I said, I don't remember what it was because it just seemed Because Diedrich right. Bader played the voice of Batman in that. So when you have that, he comes out, he does end up saving tim and then right away to show that you know this is the bruce and bruce is learning he's learning on the job the computer may think he's learning but bruce and he says go get and and call in help we need some help i need somebody to help me not knowing that there's help 
already going. Helps but on the way. He starts getting the crap kicked out of him. I mean, he is getting, and really at this point in my mind, he is stalling a bit. And he's already gotten the crap kicked out of him previously in the last issue. Which you end up having Tim at one point. It's fine and dandy that you're the Zorn R, but you're still Bruce's body. And he's already gotten the crap kicked out of him. So we got to do something where he ends up getting there is a moment where it is a little reminiscent of the first issue of Tom King and Rebirth, where he's flying in on the plane. He's urban surfing the plane (laughs) saying, Mom and Dad, is this a good death? Dr. Strange loving a freaking plane. Yeah, exactly. That felt more of like, hey, is this suicide mission? Is it a good death? This felt better to me because instead he says not, you know, he says this is a good death. With the memories around me. And even earlier, when you end up having the failsafe trying to, you know, draw out Batman, he's just ripping paintings apart and he goes after the Alfred one. And you even have that, like, don't you touch Alfred. And they have the attack going on. But when he remembers everybody, including, you know, Damien, his actual son, which they're all his actual son. I shouldn't say that. But when you have that, the when you have the memories of the like that he's cherishing as he thinks he's about to die, where his parents are at the top of the steps while the way he matters burning around him. When you have friggin' Alfred walking up the stairs, you have Damien, you have Dick, and you have Tim. Where the fuck is Jason? And <laughs> Jason's behind Oh, the Dick. good memories are all here, are they? You say that. Fuck you. I keep getting mad. It's like when we talked about Nightwing. I mean, seriously, let Alfred relax one time. You're there thinking of this dream world of, yep, I remember those memories, like when Alfred took the drinks to my mom and dad. It looks like he's taking them, like, some whiskeys or something. I'm like, let the fashion. guy relax a little. Let him just there, like, giving a noogie to Jason on the side or something like that. Somehow in the burning building here, the burning mansion, there's the Batmobile and he's grabbing the tires. That's all they'll do. And of <laughs> just course, a good memory ghost down in the Batcave, stealing <laughs> a Batcave rim. Everybody else is doing things. Jason's running out the back with a tire. Hey, look at me. Uh, if, if not, he's just there and he's getting beat up with a crowbar. He's not even in the good memories. Of, is this a good death? The memories are good. Like, come on. I do like the moment, too, because this is a great moment where you have Bruce Wayne back. He's utterly been defeated, just like Zero and R for the most part. Like, coming back really did nothing for him, but. He got Tim out of there, and that's all he really cared about. Like, go make sure you can get out of range of the jammer that's on call, whoever you can, and, like, you know, make sure that you're safe. And that's what I want to see because, you know, he is a soldier, but he's my son. you got to make sure that Robin is safe because we see what happens when Robin's not safe. I love like, that. Batman yeah. goes a little bit dark, but when Bale's safe, doesn't know he's dealing with Zuran or trying to figure out how to play this game when he's going through the manor and just being sadistic with the idea of trying to get an emotional response from Batman where he's clawing the paintings of Martha and Thomas Wayne and he's going to the idea and then he goes to Alfred and he's like, don't you touch Alfred. You know, just the idea, stay away from Alfred. You even the, the, that thing right there of Zuranar, even Zuranar respects Alfred. He's a part of the mission. You don't touch him. And that's him. what's crazy. It's like Alfred is the one thing like, yeah, I'll let you ruin these pit. But when he goes near Alfred, especially with Alfred being dead at this moment, and all that, that how important moment. he is. Yeah, it's great. But where's Jason and the good memories? It's show? so funny. And then the way that you do that and the way that you have the play here is that, you know, over the top, no Bruce Wayne Zoran R, who is more of the mission. But yet that's the one thing. And that is really good. It's and again, it's subtle. It's not really in your face as much as it could be. Oh, no, it's not explained at all. It's just all yeah, there in the like works so good. And and with that, even as I go, what I think I do like about Chip Zdarsky in this issue, like you don't have, he got near Alfred's painting and I, you don't need that. You just come in and nod Alfred and go and you have to figure out some things on your own. But that makes it bigger, especially, you know, he's my son. But even then, I think that when he sends Tim out and he says, OK, get the signal. I don't know if Batman's thinking to himself that signal and get help 
you're going to come and try to grab my body because I'm going to be dead because he is getting the crap kicked out of him. And he's just going to take that so that this failsafe will only hurt him. And it's a great deal where he is ready to die. And then Superman shows up. I will tell you this, though, looking at the narration, because when we do have narration, it's when Batman is about on, when he's on the, on the verge of death, when he's just thinking to himself about what his last thoughts are going to be before he dies. Like, failsafe talks, but I can't hear him anymore. I think of Dick, Tim, Ellipses. Jason, ellipses, <laughs> ellipses, Damien. I'm like, all right, I know who your favorites are, but come on, man. But the idea where he even talks about he's thinking of Jason, I'm like, well, they're not visually hallucinating, Jason. He ends up getting that, and it is a cool deal where he's thinking of his family, and then you do some get of them, some of them. But again, you get a more of an extended family as well as Superman because you know that's his bro. They're two bros there. Two I don't bros. know if you know that, but I do like that. And so this is where. You know, you'll have this in the Nightwing, the Tom Taylor book, and I will complain at points where, you know, people swoop in and do things. The thing is different. Nightwings never really get to this point where he's beating the crap. They just swoop in before that and save him because they like him. I like this where it doesn't matter. Like I could love to imagine that they called War World. Superman would get there that quickly from even there to save his bro, Eric. Two bros, but he's back. So. He shows up and again, it's it's fan service that's done right. And it, it's really good. And it's a great bookend to what you started out with. And when you see Superman, I love the the art here where he is not anything but pissed. He is ready both, you know, fist clenched. He is pissed off. And I like that. And he's ready to wreck house. So it makes you really excited to, you know, get to the next issue, which I, I do want to see. And I'm thinking the play, like you said, I'm thinking that the play here, when even because I'm doing the uh, death of Superman right now, when Superman shows up, I think they're going to play the idea, oh, man, everything's, oh, no, he has kryptonite, oh, crap, and you're going to need more than just Superman. And it does say the League of Gotham, which maybe will get some other things, or it'll be the Batman who comes in and, and, you know, saves the day, which... Or the League of Gotham is going to be a weird thing where all the buildings come to life again as Transformers, but now they're the Justice League... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Got them nights at your service. Weep, weep, weep. Uh, it would be funny at one point where we won it when Batman ended up dying and you had the Bat Bunny suit with Gordon where, remember, we wanted all the villains to kind of team up and go, what's going on? We like the Batman. Like, where did he go? And get all mad. What happened if all of a sudden just the rogues gallery come in? You can't mess with our Batmans. But I know who wouldn't be with them is the old penguin. Or maybe he would. Or sexy penguins in the house because we have the backup. Meredith? which I really, really do like, where you see this guy and you're like, all right, this guy's there in Metropolis. He's buying some some uh, blueberry muffins. He used to get the choco chip ones, but he's trying to get on a little bit of a diet. I like where the girl's like, you know, they're just many cases like the illusion, my dear, the illusion. I'm like, I like this guy. Who? Oh, it's Penguin. But we like Penguin. I love Penguin. Got a Penguin statue right here in front of me. I, I wanted him to have a little break. I wanted him, but by the end, it seems like this is just going to be all of his evil plan. I wanted him to actually be like, hey, I just want to relax. I'm done with this he stupid might. stuff with his umbrellas and the stuff like that. I just think that his kids are going to done mess it up and he's going to have to come back anyway. But in that, I still think at the point where Selena comes in, hey, you have some pussy willows, Oswald? That's wow. sexy talk, Eric. <laughs> well, especially the way she's dressed. I'm like, I'm a, look, I'm only human. What do you want? Some pussy willows. Oh, God. <laughs> and the shadow does look like the Batman shadow, yeah. so it's pretty cool. But when you see Oswald, he goes, I, I don't know what. And she goes, oh, please. I'm like, I could see Robert De Niro playing an older penguin. Yeah, I have to get him a little bit, but he's even got that little dimple there like yeah, that. Yeah. I think it'd be really cool. 
Uh, but in that, I really like that idea where he does have a little bit that intrigues Catwoman as well. Selena, you know, she's always wanting to maybe get away and in this game that we're playing and whatnot. But I really like at points these little downtimes of that where, yeah, we talked a bunch and we, we never really talked before. I thought that was really nice, the idea, because they haven't. They are always making plans. They're always screwing things up, all that stuff. Where they never actually talk to each other about, hey, what do you like doing? Well, hey, you're here in this flower shop. Why is that? Stuff like that. I thought, that's really nice. I really like this all. And then when Penguin at the end, he's like, yep, my kids, you better done mess up. I'm like, oh, you went back, but he expected it. But in the thing where I, I like Chip Zdarsky's voice for Selena, and we said it before, oh, I like it the a other, lot. it's just I, I wish that he was doing the Catwoman book. How is it that a Catwoman backup in Batman is doing it, like, you know, feels better than the actual Catwoman book itself? It feels so good. It's so good. This Selena is great. She's tough. She ends up, you know, her own gal here. And then at the end, though, when she's like, yeah, I think I got to get away. I haven't been away for a while. I'm like, what was Villa Hermosa? You were there like three well, weeks ago. The idea. So I could up- never leave Gotham like you're leaving for a vacation now in your own book. You were in Villa Hermosa. Man, I like this Catwoman. Though. I like this cat. She always would be, but I'm like Villa Hermosa. You got the, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, man, I really wish she was writing uh, the Catwoman book as well. And that's not even dissing any sort of Teeny Howard no. deal. This is just this better. It's just, right? just better. And the art's really good. Well, how about, how about the idea, though, for Penguin now that he's faked his own death and turned the world against Batman as a great little. Like a, a last squawk before he moves on to his new life, where he can like put the, all the bullshit and addiction to Batman and the umbrellas behind him, and actually just have a life that he doesn't have to deal with any of that. His name is Paul Meredith. He chose so you have a freaking Burgess Meredith kind of like tired so for good, the idea. Right? Why wasn't it Rory Rory B. Bellows though? Where Krusty tomate his name when he faked his death? <laughs> that would have been hilarious. They'll save no, that for I the like Paul Meredith as a great freaking like call out for his name. You could have went surface levels like he's got a fish store. He's selling, like, you know, he's, you know, he's selling some flowers and stuff. It's a nice life. He seems to be doing okay with himself. I kind of wish he would have stole Black Canary's bit from Seattle, though, and called it Sherwood Florist. That would have been great. That would have, and all of a sudden, you, you stole end up my lawyer, bit. Lawyer swooping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He's going to end up killing Alfalfa. You end up, though, in, in the deal where he's like, yeah, and she says, listen, I understand this. You know, we all think about getting away and not being involved with it, but even the play. Again, to just go back for a second, when he starts talking to Catwoman, he's like, why were we always up at night? It's always the worst at night, but we couldn't help it. That's what Gotham does to you. And that's what I love. The idea is he ends up as an addict. He had to get out of Gotham. It's not just the idea. I don't want to be Penguin anymore in Batman. No, he had to get out. He goes to Metropolis, probably because, as a lot of people say, like, it's quieter here. Superman is always swooping around and whatnot. So I end up having this life. But when you end up talking and Catwoman goes, you caused a lot of people to die with the stupid will and Yeah, I didn't money. mean to do that shit. And he's like, I didn't really think it was going to go that way. I would have described to be better. Way. And all of a sudden, Aiden and Addison, one of his freaking heirs, goes and murders the rest of his children. Now they get the Iceberg Lounge. And he does hope that even though he is resent, like remorseful for the idea that all of these kids, except for these two, are murdered. I think Ethan Calipot's in a coma right now for how it worked out. But the idea at the end when he's like, you know, looking at the paper the idea of the hip of the iceberg with aiden and addison taking over the iceberg lounge and stuff like that it's like they're coming for you little ones the cat the bat make your father proud and destroy them for me will you like he's still gonna watch on from a distance but he's out of the game and i hope for a while now even though i love the penguin i'm just really happy he's not dead because that killed me previously he can go he can go on an extended vacation until he loses his goddamn mind again picks up an umbrella and even that 
even the idea of that where we can reboot and reset the penguin to where he's not this legitimate guy anymore trying to put on this front. We can actually not no, I'm just saying no, the character, like the status quo like where that. he can come back and be old school penguin fucking weapon umbrellas. I want that shit. And that's the thing. People think that that doesn't happen. The idea that Joker was gone for a decade, like you end up where back in the day you would have characters because now they have to throw them in. Like sometimes the penguin will be in just a scene. He doesn't really need to be there. And I do. I'm with you. I want him to kind of disappear at the point where. So when he comes back, it's a goddamn mini event itself. I'm telling you, yeah. When he comes back, you're like, holy shit, he's back. Like the Eric. way oh before my God. we had the idea, the Joker's back, everybody, and people are like, oh my, oh my heavens, so I gotta get this. Oh book. The heavens. Joker's back. I oh need my. that for the Penguin. So get, go off and enjoy your flower shop, enjoy your break, Penguin, because when you come back, you're gonna rock the socks off of fucking everybody. Seriously, I want to have the next time we're Catwoman's, I'm going to go check and Jack White is working for the Penguin here. I'm like, oh my God, they're all hiding out. I do mean from Jack the White Oswald Stripes. White. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I really, I really did like it. And then when you end, it is that classic, like how many times have we seen that, you know, scene where Catwoman's jumping off the building? Bed? Like, every I Catwoman. think there was a bunch of new 52 <laughs> ones with that, every Catwoman. But it's oh, yeah, nice. It's good. a cool way to have the finale with that up and even the idea that catwoman is like aiden and addison are still gonna have to pay for what they do so you're gonna have catwoman continue on with her misadventure or adventure taking down the heirs of the penguin while also you have the crime families of gotham who are going to be gunning for them because they want the iceberg on this is an amazing story if you are doing this to give a heads up like a hand to teeny howard who's already dealing with the underworld black mask all those things this will be the best idea in that book already Having yeah. these two new kids that are new on and even that idea of the hip of the iceberg and, you know, hey, we're doing it our way and whatnot. That could cause a lot of friction for what's been going on in hey, the Kevin book and would be really cool. I, I, I want a song about how they did it their way. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I will have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it pretty much is just going to be that. <laughs> It'll just be that. It'll be that. But even so, I, I really liked it. I really like this this bit of the backup. And then we have next. And again. Now we have next Zorin R year one, and I'm thinking, is that a little late now? You know, we already kind of went with, but maybe the it'll worst be part good. is I didn't see that before, so I kind of don't want to. Yeah, no, I, I actually don't either. I wish that we were doing something a little different, but maybe we'll see some things and it'll be cool stuff. But yeah, I mean, Chip Zdarsky now he has won you a bit over with the night Batman the night with the training deal. Oh, yeah, now like in that. this book, it's getting he's really good. He really is a good writer. And the arts, right? The biggest applause for all of this. of this is that he doesn't overdo Grant Morrison. Like every other writer who comes in here wants to be, you know, praised for bringing the stuff in like Grant Morrison was. They always want to get wacky with their continuity and the weird stuff they want to do because Grant Morrison himself was praised. So when they bring that in, they always go overboard and none of it makes sense because it doesn't need to make sense. All of this, it was Zdarsky'd up Grant Morrison stuff and it works perfectly and it actually is better than how I normally like Grant Morrison stuff. Yeah, we say it about Ram V, even on the Swamp Thing, where Alan Moore, Alan Moore, and I'd rather have a writer who knows, say, Grant Morrison or Alan Moore and wants to write something that is from that. I don't want him to want to be them. You know, you end up at points where like a Ram V or anybody with Morrison at points, it feels like they want to be Grant Morrison. I'm going to be. But instead of knowing how the characters play and work it into your story naturally, they end up just trying to go like. I could just see him like, what would Morrison do here? No, that's not this. This is him doing what Morrison himself did with characters and things from the past. So I, I really do like so that. What you're telling me you... is everybody else is Claudia from Interview with the Vampire, the little girl. It's Kirsten Dunst playing. It's like, do you want her? I want to be her. Yeah, that's what exactly. <laughs> I need to get that sound bite. Uh, and I didn't say, but the art uh, in the backup is Balin Ortega. 
doing and Luis Guerrero on uh, Colors and Clayton Cowles again on Letters. So that's just to point out. And it is. Both are. And that's another thing that's refreshing. I know that people don't love the backups, but when they're this good, I don't care. I want more. And even the art is great. It does not take it that much of a hit. It's hard to book. play off of. Yeah, it's hard to play off, you know, the Fernandez deal. But when you get to that, you're like, oh, this is good. Or Jimenez, I mean. But uh, with that, though, what would you give it? Nine out of ten. Like this book. Can't wait for the next issue, even though I'm not, you know, entirely all in about the idea of Azura and R year one. But I like this yeah, a lot. I just said about the backups, but, you know, we could always skip. I don't think we'll have to, though. I think no. it'll be cool, and we'll try to go Let's with trust. It. the last book of the section, Eric. It's a doozy. Did you give, your, did you give your uh, score? Oh, no, I didn't. But I, I don't think I will this week, Eric. No, I'm going to give it what? a nine as well. I thought I said I, I'm nine as well. But, but I then thought you didn't like point, this book as much as me. No, I, I thought I wasn't going to. You got me fired up. Eric. That's what happens. <laughs> I end up, when you get excited, that's few and far between. Holy crap. With your six seven average, but we're going to move on to the next book, which I'm uh, I- I'm interested to see what you think about it. I'm sure everybody else is, Eric. That's what we kind of do. But it is Flashpoint Beyond Number Five, written by Jeff Johns, Tim Sheridan, Jeremy Adams, with art by Zermonico, Nikhil Janine, Ramallah Fardo Jr., Jordy Belair, and Rob Clay. And we're going to have things. So I'm going to throw out some theories again, Eric. I think my theory of Bruce Wayne being in his dream world with the clockwork stuff did not come true. No, I no, don't think no. that's the case. But I got a couple other ideas going through this, especially when I start wondering why the hell are you spoiling the end of Dark Crisis, even though that's a I'm problem. telling you, the end of Dark Crisis, it's funny because people were mad. Oh, my God, they spoiled the end of Dark Crisis. Here's the spoiler. The heroes win. I, I oh think my. that they may anyway. I mean, the spoiler is a spoiler. It's just weird to see that any sort of thing. So I started thinking about what's going on. And a lot of people getting upset at this over explanation of hyper time versus multiverse versus timelines. And one of the things that we wanted going into this book was an explanation of how this Flashpoint universe is existing. It's not a it's not a Earth. It's not a multiverse deal. It is a timeline thing. It is a dead timeline that should never be back. We were wondering how. And I think they're giving you a little bit of that. The idea that timelines and hyper time. Well, but that's they the worst part continue. about it, because we are continuing on the idea of like, you know, there's space, but there's also time. And we had that with the multiverses, the omniverses that encompass all the multiverses and everything in it. But then you also have time as that other factor of the whole thing. So with that, you have hyper time. And I do think that while like this, we have an entire like bit of monologue about trying to explain the stuff from Bonnie Baxter and how things work about how this is emotion. And I can see that based on the idea of like you make one decision one day based on your emotion and uh, like time fractures becomes what the could have been, what should have been. While yeah, you what could have been. That's a hyper time situation. I think Keep that you could have showed The could have okay. should but I think you are kind of over explaining the omniverse and what hyper time is. But the thing is a lot of this, like even like let's talk about the speed force. You could spend an entire issue over explaining the speed force because you need people to know. And for things like the Speed Force, there is no explanation. At least you're trying to like tap down to what hyper time is, what Omniverse is. Because in this era where everything matters, which Smith Terrific even says, you do need to explain some of this to some of the people. But when you're talking about the idea where people are pissed off that you spoil things, like, but no, the heroes win. To a degree, you're kind of right. But also like, hey, what was the Great Darkness really, Mr. Terrific? Well, in the simplest way to define it, Miss Chen, it was an ancient living corruption that can infect and control sentient life. I'm like, that's a bit of a freaking spoiler. Yeah, that is. And it was unleashed in the omniverse. We know it was nearly destroyed. And what's weird about it is when you say that, it's kind of contradicting what we just talked about at the beginning of the section of the idea 
yeah, this isn't really the great darkness. It's not so great. It's this thing. So it, it's the thing is, it's not exactly the great darkness. This is other freaking corruption. This in almost to a degree of parasite. Yeah. And then when he says it kind of affecting the um, and he says it's not it didn't affect our earth. It affected the others. There are little differences. And this is the thing. Again, the coulda shoulda is basically on my theory. And my my theories have always ended up being around the idea of what this well, not the flashpoint deal. But what Batman is in, what's happening with Batman and what's going on? What's him and Corky Baxter up to? So and and even then where you do have, you know, Mr. Terrific in there, that seems to be in the Batman part of things where it's yeah. explaining the idea of all that. And then I started thinking of the coulda, shoulda timelines and things like that. So they're talking about divergent timelines. They're talking about things like that. And then I started thinking. And again, I don't have anything to base this on, Eric, except gut feeling and an idea of maybe it would be cool. Uh, the idea that what we're seeing in that regular deal. So they even say at the one point where you spoil the Joker's name or whatnot, but maybe because of other people and characters we've seen that maybe what we're doing here is in the regular normal, you know, universe continuity, whatnot. It's actually the continuation of the doomsday clock that could have should have if that actually wouldn't have been delayed and changed what was going on. You'd still end up getting this great darkness and end up having this big dark crisis. It's such a weird idea, though, because within that, it was the metaverse, the thing that affects all of them. And Mr. Terrific is talking about how that is now. All right. All right. Let's let's back this up for a second. I'm trying and to go along the same lines. The idea no, no, that I'm it going might with just you. be that. I'm trying to make it work and with what you're talking about, because with the idea of the recreation of the multiverse within the greater omniverse, saying that our Earth Zero is no longer the center of the multiverse. So maybe what we're dealing with here is, in fact, the new metaverse that isn't Earth Zero anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And what I want to understand that. Did you get it? Yeah, I get it. And it's again, my whole theory isn't really a theory. It's just a want because. If we ended up, and a lot of people are talking about what we'll do after Dark Crisis. The Earth and Doomsday uh, Clock is the metaverse. In this, they say the Earth that they're dealing with is the metaverse. So that all seems to be the same thing. Even the idea of continuing on with the three Joker stuff and what the Joker's real name is. We had Mom and Marionette at the beginning. We we don't see those in other books. We just see it here. That's That's part of the metaverse. And so then I was thinking of my idea of, is this where... We're going to get a pseudo kind of generation thing. Is that because we've had books announced? We've had things, yeah, and we had books announced for Jeff Johns. Like, is this going to be the Johns verse? So we're going to separate that. But then I thought, what if we end up having this book equally as important as Dark Crisis? And when you get that done, what we end up doing is just saying in a weird way, we now caught up to the Doomsday Clock. Remember, all the books were supposed to catch up to the Doomsday Clock and go forward. And maybe we could end up going forward with Jeff Johns in control of this new deal and go with it. But I don't know. Because of what we have going on now, because Doomsday Clock never became what it was supposed to become with the whole thing where it was going to shape the freaking landscape of the DC universe. Because we also had Dark Knight's metal and metal in that point that were going to be the actual architecture of what it was going to be going forward through the like ideas of Scott Snyder instead. So we had these kind of books warring with each other. and We had all those constant delays of the Doomsday Clock to the point where it made itself irrelevant. What was what's going on? But when you look at, you know, Batman's, you know, chalkboard, his whiteboard over here, or it might be Rip Hunter's whiteboard that we're dealing with. We have like the, the, the divine continuum. We have space, which is the omniverse. We have time, which is hyper time. They have little branches off of this. But within the space part, we have the multiverse. And you go off from that, you have the metaverse, which is then in parentheses, prime Earth. Now... Prime Earth was previously Earth Zero, our normal DC Universe Earth that we had. But when Death Metal happened and the multiverse was recreated, we were specifically told, we are no longer the center of the multiverse. 
So is the idea that this metaverse, the new prime earth is that we're dealing with here while the other stuff is going on outside in the regular like DC universe where we still have things that are going on concurrently because certain things are here are a little bit different, but they're still going on with the idea where two days after the dark crisis, they might be a little bit ahead of the rest of the DC universe where that went on here as well. But we're dealing with big things where later on for what we deal with in the metaverse will affect the other worlds in the multiverse like they previously did, where we the Jeff Johns architecture going forward is going to be shaped to the metaverse, which might become our main prime universe outside of Earth Zero, or they might combine together. And that's how we fix the great darkness. That's what I thought was going to happen by the okay. end where you're having this. I hope I explained that. <laughs> again, it's what I thought. And if people didn't understand, I'm sorry, but you're saying exactly what I thought in that weird way of not being able to even, you know, voice it out. You did well with that because of the idea where at the end, I'm really hoping that what this book does is combine into the regular universe there when we get out of Dark Crisis where you do have that melding. We do end up having these other things that were supposed to. They were going to end up, and really in my mind, DC has been very big on reusing and rehashing a lot of shit. This might not be the shed. Like, this is something that a lot of people when we talk, Hey, who do you want to run the DC universe? Oh, I want Jeff Johns. Well, there you have it. You'll get that and you'll get what could have been part of his original plan going forward, which I just want a plan. I don't want willy nilly shit thrown at any. I want to plan. And there's and while a plan. this might be the pro the, like the, I hope. the prototype to get to something along those lines. If you look back at the chalkboard that we have with the, like the sides for like the uh, what I just described with the divine continuum, but the things. That Rip Hunter left us, you know, before he was taken away by, I have to guess, Batman, but like 5G avert and stuff like that. The true Black Adam will show no mercy. But one of the big parts that we just talk about in this is the Legion of Four Worlds. Do not trust the future. Remember Earth 3, Warn Earth 247, and also the War of the Legions. I do believe that after this is said and done, that the ripples of this will lead to the War of the Legions, which will be the Legion of Four Worlds as a continuation of Jeff John's final crisis, the War of Again, three, it's the Legion of Three Jeff Worlds. John's thing, so because cool. what we had previously is we had the Legion of Superheroes post-crisis, we had that. So like the pseudo new original, like, you know, Legion of Superheroes. And then because of Zero Hour, they were rewritten into the 1994 Legion of Superheroes, who were then designated to Earth 247 when they were again rewritten because of Infinite Crisis when we got our, you know, 2000s, you know, um, uh, Legion of Superheroes. And to the point, again, where that was all then wiped away because the Legion of Superheroes for the longest time, their continuity continued into the New 52 because they were a thousand years in the future and they were stuck in time. And it was weird, but it was kind of a cool situation where you had them out of time a little bit to play with old stuff into new stuff with the New 52. But what you have now is the Bendis Legion of Superheroes, who would be the Legion of the Fourth World, who then would be the reason like you have a war of legions. You have all these, the previous three, now the fourth one. With all the time traveling antics, hyper time freaking like the way that the omniverse works with that time and space coming together, this could be the way with the War of the Legions to shape the world that we know now for the metaverse to become Earth Zero. Yeah, we'll once see again. what's going on. And and then again, where people were upset, Fuck. a lot of people include I know <laughs> it, it gets a little convoluted. Uh, but even the the case where a lot of people, even I think Gabe was upset and they were talking about the idea where Raish is back. Raish seems to be there. Hey there, Batman. Nice of you to drop in here. I'm back. Is that like a you knew is that I a would. And I, I love that idea where, again, you're almost playing the wink wink of, hey, how do we, you're not going to find out because that's for but he's going to come back. It, it's like one of those things of it's a spoiler, but it doesn't, does it? And then when that goes on, I think people then are so into that that they don't realize then that they start talking about, I read Rorschach's journal and things like that, that again, points towards that doomsday clock oh yeah all that deal. stuff man i'm telling you doomsday clock three jokers this is a continuation of that 
seems to be that. And and I don't think people are going with that. They think that, oh, my God, they're spoiling everything. So what if it is that this is a bit of a divergence, it's a bit of a different deal because. Of the, and I love the idea of a, a shoulda, coulda is the should have been on time and could have been the big thing that would have changed exactly. and made everything now great. So. I'm all is for that, that even, if we do go for Is that even a play talking about how hypertime is the emotional aspect to the omniverse for the idea where, even the idea of like, you know, with the crossroads where I can take, or a fork in the road where I can take a left and my whole life will be different than if I took a right, where you branch off in the time and you exist out there in a hypertime where the idea, if Doomsday Clock just would have been on time, it could have been the face of DC Comics. Is this saying that within its own pages? It, it makes it feel like that. It makes it almost feel like even Jeff Johns, who's not writing each issue, but the overall idea of it might even be like, listen, I, if I would have just stayed with comics, everybody would have still loved me. I mean, there's a lot of what good is in this whole deal where I think that it almost feels like how Rebirth felt like an apology. It almost feels like it's starting to be like, sorry, we were delayed. Sorry that we ended it's a up meta story. everything after that fell apart has been just you know patchwork finger in the dike all these things that are trying to be quick fixes and things i know uh but overall it's really gone downhill it's diminishing returns and who knows if he would have been on time and it's not just him gary frank as well and he's not gonna blame anybody it just ended up that unfortunately the book that was supposed to lead us forward was delayed by a year it came out a year later it ended and when we were going to have the idea where books started showing, oh, my God, we're leading towards that. And we never, ever got to that because it was delayed so bad. How, how heavily in the background it talks about the things like even the idea. Of, well, Professor Stein said this about how things work. Like you can't trust the, uh, Professor Stein because of what happened at the end of the doomsday clock. It's a complete little reference. And it's, exactly. It's, not in it's, your a face. it's just a reference right there. I'm like, yes, because you've ruined Firestorm in that. But God damn, that Firestorm issue and like. Issue 10 or like 10, that was a fire issue. It was a fire issue. And when she said that, I'm like, holy shit. Great call that, out. And I, it was that, I mean, right in your face, the Rorschach Journal. And not that, you know, people would say, well, they did say that Doomsday Clock mattered. But it was never shown the way it was mattered. You've never seen these things going. And Except for the JSA just showing up here out of nowhere during Infinite Frontier era. Anything spoiled in this regular, quote unquote, universe here. I don't think it's a spoiler at all. It's something that may not even happen this way because of the idea of a divergent thing of. I think it's so close so that it will. <laughs> it will be very close. The funny play is it gives you a couple things. If this is right, it shows you that this dark crisis could not be averted. It was going to happen. The funny play is what I thought of it is where Mr. Terrific is talking about it as almost if it was a joke. And that's because it would have been so much better if we had you know, all of these other things going and my things better. It, it kind of made me laugh. Like, yeah, there would have been a crisis, but eh, it was nothing. We, we took care of that easily. But when you go through and have race with the journal, have things going on the with time that master stuff. freaking notes and knowing about the idea that he has the ashes of flashpoint, Thomas Wayne from when dark side disintegrated him with the Omega beams. He has these things. Like, how do you, get, I know some people, you're not going to get too much into it. Just the idea. This is how Batman got led onto the path of what he's currently doing with, you know, the Time Masters journals, the pictures of Mime and Marionette and stuff like that. And even the idea, you don't have much time if you want to save your father. So even the idea that he knows it's somewhere out there because of Dark Sides or Mega Beams, or even by something that he's personally creating by bringing the freaking Flashpoint universe back. Exactly. That he is personally just saving his father with what the, the artifacts and the information he was given yep, by Ray. start playing that deal and the Flashpoint idea and things like that that are crazy because we just saw it at one point 
Oh, Thomas Wayne, he got Omega Bean. Like, oh my God, did 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 Dark Side bring this back with the Omega Beans? Because it's crazy, whatever. But what if it's just Bruce all along trying to save his father because he's a scared little boy? That's what that's what I got excited about. And, and then his father's realize, furious that his grill is back and just wants to die. <laughs> and yeah, and doesn't realize the you know can of worms he's opened there because in, in that yes, it gets a little convoluted and wordy. I, I admit that, but. I got it's a when lot I was of heavy stuff. It, when I started reading it, though, I kind of, you know, and I, I have problems reading her, but I'm reading it. And all I kept thinking of, because we've been talking about the really specific, a lot of people, when they talk about Flashpoint, they don't even care. They think it's just an Earth. They think it's that. But we keep harping on the idea. It's a timeline, hyper time. It's our world that was well, a timeline was rewritten of our world and then it was taken away. So what happens to a time that's not existing anymore? It's in hyper time where it still continues on to a degree. It plays that out really well. And I thought that eventually you're going to have to do something to it. But they really are heavy with it. So that's where I thought of, OK, I think they're playing this wink, wink, where that's not just a flashpoint, though. They're talking about the other part that they're actually in at that point as well. So we'll see. We'll see. We might be wrong, but I'm really hoping that it is something. And there's so many things. Like you said, even the Professor Stein thing. I was like, oh, my goodness. I saw a Firestorm reference and I grabbed a hold of it. Yeah, oh, my God. But then we get back to what Give we me are dealing with in this. You know what? That is the only bitch of this whole thing, because if you think about it, the idea of the metaverse and we're dealing with the Jeff Johns verse, if you will, for what we're dealing with out of, you know, Doomsday Clock into the three Jokers into this and back to Flashpoint and we're like a further world going forward. Right now in every other DC book and, you know, our main continuity, Firestorm will just show up in the background, do some bullshit, but he'll just be a background player that always show up. For where we left Doomsday Clock, Ronnie Raymond could no longer be Firestorm because fucking Professor Stein's getting his ass arrested. So unless Ronnie, who wouldn't be able to trust the Professor anymore, is just going Firestorm and pulling his ass from prison to become Firestorm, I don't know how you have Firestorm in this new metaverse. I'm like, do I really want to live here? <laughs> We got to bring Jason back, Jason Rush back. We got to get those two back together somehow. Well, we'll see. And and so with that again, that's where I think the idea of a combo, you know, and then you just pick and choose, and some of the great things and some of the things you can kind of push aside. But you do end up where Thomas Wayne even says to Oswald, Oswald just keeps going. You got to get Dexter. You got to get Dexter. Dexter is going to Arkham Asylum to free his mother. And from what I've seen from Harvey Dent's sealed files about her, she is not a person you want to be around. She's an Arkham for a reason. And not only that. Dexter's going to die if he gets there because it turns out that, you know, his sister didn't kill herself. Fucking Gilda's dark half did. Holiday Killer came out and freaking just made this whole two-faced kind of aspect to herself. You don't want this young boy that I have fallen in love with to go, like, be killed by his mother. And there's Batman of the Flashpoint universe. Thomas Wayne's like, look, Cobblepot, I love your ass, but that boy's dead. I don't give a shit because... I am burning this world down, and right now he I have to deal with the fact it's going that down, yeah. my wife, the Joker, is still somehow still alive and affecting all of this. So I don't have time to save Dexter Dent or do anything you want, and I'm sorry, but it is such a heartbreaking moment because fucking time this way, and essentially at this moment, he is the Batman of Zuranar. He is all mission. He doesn't care about anything Cobblepot says about Cobblepot's emotions or if Dexter died. A boy dying. Like, I got bigger fish to fry. And when Batman finally does make his way to Arkham Asylum and confront his wife and Gilda and Dexter... When he breaks through the glass there, I have no, it looks amazing. I have no idea what they're trying to do where every individual shard of glass is a Robin Again, being it killed. It looks like he's, you know, breaking through the multiversal timeline Robin's being killed It's like every little moment deal. throughout DC Comics where you think Robin died or Robin died or just something like for a little stinger at the end, for a little cliffhanger, but like. It looks amazing, and I love it, but I have no idea why this has to be here at all. The thing that annoys me with it is almost feels like it's supposed to be something very meta, something really big that means something, or it's just a stylistic thing to show that he's exactly. thinking, but there wouldn't have been them. And it's so weird, the play, because that shouldn't be here anyway. 
but it, it looks does amazing. play out a weird deal and it does look great. I, I just thought, ooh, is the window of the multiverse? He's shattering everything. Holy shit. But I do like when he's saying to Oswald, listen, I'm. it's a weird play. Like, Don't worry about the boy. I'm destroying this whole world. We're all going to disappear. So if he's I not have it suffer. my way, we're all not, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and Oswald's just like, think of what happened, how, how you felt with Bruce. That's how much. And that really like got me the idea of how much Oswald does think. Of Dexter as already like, like he's like my son. You know, I don't want this to happen. That's what made you so miserable. You prick. Now save his ass. Uh, but he's like, nope, it won't matter. I got to stop this, which really goes great against what is the mantra of everything at DC. Everything does matter. And he's been saying this the whole time, but it plays off pretty well of that deal. But then when he goes to Martha, Joker Martha, and she starts to the thing that you play here, she is going to give you the name of what is supposed to be the regular Joker. But again, is this or is this in the Doomsday deal or is it just her line? Because the Joker can never be trusted. You could have the Joker say all this. But why would she give a name like this? Why would she tell Thomas? It's a weird play. And well, it's a I, weird I don't situation where she's trying it. to get to the bottom of everything. Because when we have the explanation of why she's still alive, she slit her throat previously in the cave. And then she was washed down and where she came out was inside of Arkham Asylum, but within the walls and underneath and stuff like that. It's a little hokey and stuff like that, for, especially for how she opens the freaking walls of Arkham like she's a freaking Cenobite and somebody just opened the Lamed configuration. But yeah. she can oh, do that. She, she's able to get inside anybody's cell. And she, when she went to Psycho Pirate Cell, was telling her about a world where this world isn't right. Bruce Wayne should be Batman. All this, She learned everything she needed to uh, know about what the previous world was like from Roger Hayden before you know, you kill him because... When she finds out about this, the Joker of that world, since that, oh my God, in this world, he was never turned into it. He works at freaking Wayne Casino as a janitor. And when she saw that he was in there, never turned into the Joker, Jack Oswald White, the character from The Killing Joke, him and his family, they're perfectly fine here. And it's like, I let him live. And I said, it's kind of weird because he had a lot of, like, you know, debts and stuff for what we had to know. He wasn't the greatest guy previously, but it seems like he might have. Gotten his, like everything turned around in this universe. So good for then you, Joker. Then turned it around, or is that showing you that it's not quite that guy? I, it's a weird well, thing. It's, it's even- flashpoint stuff, so it doesn't matter ultimately. But ultimately, in this, the Joker never became the Joker. He has a nice life, and the Joker of this world, Martha Wayne, let him live, but still went around and killed every would-be time traveler in this world, so she can learn how to go and do stuff to make a time sphere herself. Which again. A little crazy, especially within the walls of Arkham Asylum. Yeah, it's a little crazy, like you said. And the the play, though, I know that people, they were rolling their eyes. Oh, she survived. She slit her throat, but she woke up and she went down. I, it I is saw Harley Quinn it get her thread slit in the sewer and freaking during the fierce state. And she's fine. This whole thing with the Joker's name, I do think that it is going to be a thing where we're going to find out there's a twist and it's not really what we think or it's just pushed aside. I think that'll be perfectly like what it says right there, face value. You're going to have to have a lot of twists and turns in this next issue to maybe explain things. Not that you have to do, you know, we think that there's this stuff set in motion here, but for everybody, you're going to have to explain some things and how it goes. I don't think it's just as easy as Thomas Wayne saying, okay, this is done. Flashpoint done. There's still more bigger things than that as well. And I hope that it does a good job of explaining. I just get the idea that we're going to end up finishing it up like everything like Nubia that we'll talk about later. will just go, hey, this will be continued there. We'll find out more here. Like, I just I want a definitive ending and find out what's going on, because I think that you are playing with a lot of mysteries here. Because even then, how can when you we have possibly deal, finish all this up in one more issue? I don't know. That's I'm Especially worried. Especially at the end when you have, you know, a gun to Thomas Wayne's head in the friggin' basement, the bowels of Arkham Asylum. The Joker's still like, 
did her whole exposition about what's been going on. But back in the like the the main universe with Batman and Corky Baxter, you have that the freaking snow globe that he pulled out of Rip Hunter's safe, and it starts like you know glowing and stuff like that. And it's right there. And it looks just like a time sphere too, which is crazy for the idea. But the idea is like you have Corky Baxter. The globe can't contain the hyper time. It's leaking through. Your father will never accept the world you put him in. I'm like, okay, you so put inside him in. here, you inside this weird thing, this this weird snow globe is the world of hypertime that you made for the Flashpoint universe. For some reason, you have Jenny Slater's wristwatch around that from the Watchmen universe. I don't know how that contains or does what, but also when you have this whole thing where it looks like it blows open as the Joker is about to, you know, side by side, about to shoot Thomas Wayne in the head or whatever it is, it then just looks like you have Rip Hunter come out of nowhere. Yeah, and it looks like, like you know, he comes out. And yeah. I'm like, did he come out of that world or did he come in some different way? Because what are we doing now? I hate we'll this. The thing is, I hate this just because I feel dumb that I don't know. Looks like Chris Pine there. Eric, like, and you even know then, why I'm here, Bruce. Maybe the play, remember when the button, it was shooting at lightning and shit out of it? Maybe he needed like some sort of thing in the watch as like a con. I, I don't know. I don't know. Or but the idea of Jenny Slater's because she was hanging around Dr. Manhattan. So it has a bit of energy enough to residual. try to maintain. Yeah, I don't know the what one we're thing doing. Maintaining it where you have that. And hopefully all this will be explained, though. But it's still not enough. When Corky does say the, you know, the world that you put your dad in, that seems very specific that, yes, he ended up doing this. And this is he created this world to save his father. Yeah, yeah, that he ended up wanting to save his father. His father got killed by the Omega Beans. But did Rip Hunter come out of the snow globe when it blew up? <laughs> I don't know. It does seem like he like jumps up. But does he? I think he just shows up and he's like, yep, you done messed up again. But, but it's a neat little play again. The way that Corky and Batman are standing, they look like the. The fourth wall that we're at right now might be where the snow globe is and about to explode. And then they had to look behind them because Rip Hunter just like showed up out of nowhere. Is that the case? And also they just hear laughing in the background as well. They're like, oh, Martha, she's okay. laughing real loud. There you loud. go with that. The idea that you do have the Joker laughing in the background. Is it now that we have a portal to that world that yeah, Rip Hunter was hanging out with trying to figure out what Bruce Wayne is up to? And this is where he came through. Because the snow globe with Jenny Slater's watch couldn't contain the hyper time. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to Fuck. see. I like it so much, though. There's so much to do on this last issue, and it's really, I'm telling you, it's like one of those where if you're you're betting on it, you have to be all in. And if it, if it thugs, then in. it's done. I'm all in as well. I'm saying, though, it's like all or nothing. If they fob this ending, the whole thing goes down the toilet. But Rip Hunter's here, hopefully to save the day. Yeah, and also, you know, Jeff John's watching. Sheridan and Jeremy Adams to make sure that, you know, they know what they're doing and they get the story going, because I do think that as we're going in this issue, really, and we've said it all along, it felt like, oh, this is our, you know, crisis. This is our event. But it was just us saying that now it does feel bigger. It feels to me like, oh, my God, this is bigger. Like the the, like how big the other events should be and push aside. Oh, no, no. This is you know what it feels like. It almost feels like the wrestling war, the Monday Night Wars of the 90s. WCW and WWF. WCW was always live and WWF would always pre-tape their shows. So what Eric Bischoff would do when you come into WCW, he would just tell you what the matches for the other one were because it doesn't matter. You don't have to go over there. Stay with us. Yeah, stay with us. It does feel like they're playing this idea. You think your event's big? Well, watch this. We're going to spoil it here. Just like you said, you end up where it's like, hey, by the way, the Jeff good John's guys Derek win. Bischoff, 1996. Rachel Gooley's back. And then when you start to do this, if you are thinking of the idea, if you want to go full out war or whatever, then you can just choose, like, who do you have more faith in a story or a continuing, you know, trying to be this mentor for a new universe? Or, you know, even if it's a soft reboot or just a continuation, I'd rather have Jeff Johns at the helm. That's just me. And 
when you end up where, like I said, the thing with the Joker name, people losing their mind or even such little things. Jeff Johns, I wish that he was writing this. I'm not going to. That's no diss on Sharon and her Adams because I think they're doing a good job. But that's that little like that middle man deal, because if it was just Jeff Johns, he's writing the whole thing then I could say to you, he's never really let us down for the most part. With the clever things of trying to make I things still don't tie like together. Virus. Yeah, I mean, some of the things were wonky, but <laughs> I I, you know what I mean. When he up. ends up, when he really goes down, but the idea that he doesn't just throw things out and forget them. Usually, they are clever little twists yeah, that we yeah, didn't like realize it. and stuff like that. So I'm hoping that that's what we have here. And uh, though, yeah, the beginning little wordy. A lot of people, you know, didn't get past that, and that's Boy, a shame. It's over the top and trying to describe that. I'm like, this is a. This is a hard test to study for. At one point, you were, t- you know, we were trying to come up with this theory and stuff, and it's very hard to put words to some of this stuff because it's so convoluted and has such big concepts. So- well, even back in the day, Dan DiDio wanted to get rid of Hyperdyne because of how convoluted it was, and just say that Pro- Superboy Prime punching against the the pocket universe from Crisis that the ripples of that are what changed times and stuff like that. He was trying to get rid of Hyperdyne because it was too convoluted. Man. And People wanted back. to get rid of the Speed Force, and and they they might have a good reason. Well, they end up just like eh, it's just like magic. Because I'm telling and you, if you have a, a book that tries too. to explain the Speed Force, I might I'm not that's explaining that to you. It. That's why you just say it's like magic. It's Speed Force. That's what yeah. it is. And you can't. That's the funny thing is when you're writing it though, you can't rely on that every time. Like at the end, like how they end up doing that Speed Force. Like, no, in New Fifty Two, like we were we were inside the Savage Land of the Speed Force, whatever the fuck that is. Dinosaurs and shit in there. I like that. I was the only one who liked that. And I thought that that was kind of cool. It didn't really pan out at the end. but well, That's because anyway. before you at least had Jay show you how differently you could use the speed force. But mostly whenever anybody's talking about it, it's just speed and stuff like that. And when Eobard was back in time trying to get back to the presence of it, recruiting people with speed force connected, you saw all the different ways that you could actually use the speed force to manipulate it on the Zoom crew. What, what was it called? The Legion of Zoom? I think that's what we called it. I think that might have been the deal. At that point, I was all in. I loved it all, Eric. Uh, but at the end of this, I do like this. I'm intrigued. I'm worried. I'm worried because there's only one more issue. In so my worried. mind, I was so worried that I convoluted, had a brain fart and thought there was two more. And ended up me telling you, arguing, and then, oh, nope, I messed it up. And also the idea, I messed up this with the cover of Dark Crescent because that's the other point is they both feel like their events working against each other. It's all swirling around. But we have one more issue with this, and we'll see if it ends up landing. I hope it does, because I think that there could be some really cool things coming from this. What would you give it? Eight out of ten. Yeah, I'm going to go 8.5. I liked it that much. Uh, I can look past uh, the, the Martha stuff just throughout is forced. Throughout all oh, this, yeah. the Joker deal, that is forced. But I'm not really here for that. I know that P- I know you can say it's part of the story, but I am taking that into account. I really like this. I like that Oswald bit where he is real concerned with Dexter that gave you some heart in that, but also shows you that Thomas means he's not fucking around now. I do like he's to see the idea, this. too, of Gilda being a two-face of this world and just showing you the, the darkness of, like, you know, the long holiday, like, you know, the long Halloween, the holiday killer coming out and how it's, like, you know, fractured her psyche. I do like that aspect to this and how you get to see it because it is a, like a different world. You have Martha now and Thomas in this kind of tug of war. Martha is like, oh, we can bring back her son. Thomas wants to end this all. In the meantime, Bruce fucked up and did this. I mean, the idea that Thomas himself, well, Thomas wants to end it while his son. Don't sons and fathers constantly fight against each other? 
remember, <laughs> though, and they don't really spell it out a lot in this or whatnot, but at points we do think that Thomas thinks that this means that Bruce is legitimately yes. dead and he has to bring it back. He does not realize that this is a separate timeline that's kind of been preserved, the hypertime deal. So he's working against So when he comes out, he's going to be like my grandfather. He's like, I love you, and then punch him in the oh, face. he's going to punch him right in the face. I was getting to the whole deal. He's like, oh, my God, thank God I brought you back. This was all my doing. He's like, give me a hug, son, and then boom, right in the you face. You know how he's like, hard I've been sweating about this bullshit? <laughs> I, I love where if Batman gets hit, and actually that was a plan. They were supposed to go down to the deli no, for a do sandwich. No. And then he goes, oh, man, you're violent again? What, Tom King on this book? I thought he got kicked off. What the hell is going on here? But I did really like it. So with all of that, though, that's the first section of books, a big section. I said this was probably the biggest section that we've had with these level of books going. But with all that, we'll go off right now to some mail. And this is the mail section of the podcast. If you want to get involved and be the star of the show, like Joe, Luis, and Eric Shea. Right. Is that your name now? Or are we still going what? by your other one? I don't What's know. That? But with that, I'm not saying. I'll <laughs> I'm never tell. In. I won't tell. Uh, email us in at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. And then we'll get to your mail and read it and have a lot of fun. And we're going to start with Joe here. And Joe says, good morning, Jim and good Eric. Evening. I wish it was. Good evening, gentlemen. Do you like that? That is that has I always don't. been my greeting where I it think if I had a like a horror host there. Good evening, gentlemen. Do you like that? What about the women, Jim? <laughs> Good evening, gentle ladies. I have it all. You know, I, I'm really I play on the fly, audible at the line. I wanted to get your thoughts on why DC Comics and his writers are so against the satellite era Justice League in regards of shaping its roster. So he wants one of those, you know, deals where you can mix up the roster. And unfortunately, it hasn't been as mixed as we have had in the past. New writer would come on and pick what characters he wanted to use to tell a story. And in, in some cases, like, say, a Giffen and DiMatteis, they, they got things that were left over. And it ended up they turned it into a solid goal. And era. that is the greatest part of this. But continue on. Uh, you didn't need to explain why other characters were not being used. They just weren't there for that adventure nowadays. And I think he's even saying each time, you know, maybe that they go out and stuff like a rotating deal. Yeah. Nowadays, a new writer comes in and they have to completely dismantle and reset the whole roster to tell the story they want. The roster will continue for the duration of the story. A new writer will eventually come on and reset the roster. I would rather it be reset a little more. I mean, it, it, at this point, you're not you're only adding like tertiary characters to a main deal i just feel that the larger roster you're able to tell more stories pick and choose what characters would work best for a story and not constantly have to change and reset the roster with every new writer and explain how and why this character left to join the team just wanted to get your thoughts and have a great week keep up the great work and see you in seven that's a weird situation because i always i don't feel like you know i don't know what the satellite era of the justice league roster would be because Everything my lifetime always feels like it's a, a one roster and then you wait for somebody else who might change the era of the Justice League. But the more satellite era where it's a rotating cast of characters, depending on what story you want to tell, where you have the Justice League Unlimited, it seems more like the cartoon show than actually anything in the in the comic books. But that but is cool. Have, 
It's cool, but the thing is, I'm always excited when somebody comes on for a new era of the Justice League or takes it, wants to have their own personal stamp to it because they get to pick who is on their roster, and that's a huge deal for me. Whenever it happens, I always get excited, and I always want to see who it's going to be. And if you had just had that, it's just like, oh, man, I, you know, I, I just, it wouldn't get me as excited. Like, when you have a new writer come on to the Justice League who wants to do something new with the team, and you have a new status quo for the place, that it almost becomes event level. Like, oh my God, who's going to be on this? It's Justice almost like League a change roster? of costume and stuff like that. Or, how, on big pe- characters, or, or even you know? how people get excited for the NFL draft. Yeah, I like that, Eric. I like the NFL draft myself. So now you're singing my tune. Now, what happened if you did something where, if, you know, you know, mix it up? The idea, well, we've had some problems, or whatever. And what I think of is like a book like The Legends of the Dark Knight, which there yeah. are some real killer stories from that. So it's not a joke, but you'd end up having arcs three issue arc then the next person might be six then four but each time you end up having a new writer come on with a new roster then eric you'll get new rosters all the time you'll love it right as a but side when everybody's book, special nobody well, is and that's the problem is the idea of it where i think that they want to have that identity number one where people know hey i'm gonna get this book i'm in for the long run i like the character. but the problem is that some people if you don't like those characters you're gonna have problems also what i think that where you have joe I think one of the little plays here that I think would benefit is that when you do end up then having a story and pick your characters, hey, everybody, get in the hall here. We're going to pick who's going out. That, in my mind, makes it seem like you would end up thinking of a story that you end up, you know, doing more with. When you end up having these stories, it's just the same old, same old. So you're not even really thinking, oh, oh, they go into space and fight Mongol. Oh, they do this here and they do that there. It does not have that flair i think that you might end up getting and maybe a little more attention to the story because you're going to have to come up with that roster though i don't know maybe you get like surface level where you're well, just getting thing, real like, eye rolling like oh that's why they put this character in or when whatnot. you had the 90s come around and like grant morrison came on the justice league and became the jla and everybody got excited because oh my god it's the original characters you want to have that flair because even before that though if you like we have a Justice League, and like you want to do more with the characters. In the 90s, we had a shitload of freaking titles, like Justice League of America. You had the Justice League Europe. You had Justice League Cast Justice Force. League and you had Ex- America, Eric? And you, had, and you had Extreme Justice. But you had all these things where other people were filling these roles for whatever thing you needed the Justice League to do at that time. A Justice League Detroit, you got it all. Now, the funny thing is, is that I think that the problem is when you start Having the comic books gearing towards a cinematic type deal anyway, you're going to want to have that, you know, core group so that you can kind of continue. Firestorm, Captain Marvel, I got you. Well, that's the problem. And what I'm going to say here is kind of funny because a book that should rotate the roster continuously based on a mission would be the Suicide Squad. That should be a book where you're always adding. You have a plethora of characters. That is totally the book for it. Yeah. And, but they don't even do it there. And that's what I'm saying because then you're like. Well, we thought we were going to get that at one point, yeah. but it just went back to its core cast that it started with. Like, exactly. Really, see, I don't even remember which, which Suicide Squad title or what it was, but the idea at one point was whatever you know, Amanda Waller needs to get done, she has a whole like bell rev to pick and choose from what she needs. But eventually it just got away from that. Like, and here's the characters you know and would stick with them. And here's Deadshot Harley and, you know, Enchantress. They just end up, yeah. yeah, that same deal. Like, it would be cool at Captain one point Boomerang. to have. And I'm sure there is a story out there that this has happened. But if we had it recently, like, okay, we're heading to, say, Hawaii. And it's all the aquatic-based characters in the thing. That'd be cool. You know, have them all out there. What's well, so he get then, a King Shark for? 
Well, yeah, yeah, but an orc, uh, like have them all there, all together, just those orc characters. Orc is a black gate. We can't get a hold of her. It'd be kind of cool, though. But <laughs> again, I think that what they worry about is, well, then people will end up, if they don't like a character on the team, they won't buy the issue. I think that that's kind of short-sighted, actually, because I think that a lot of people would like you know, a deal. So I think, yeah, I think that what you should do then, are you just yelling that or you want to say I'm in it? I'm- yes. The answer is yes to all. <laughs> so with that, though, I wish that they would. And if they're going to do it, maybe have like that side book, have a Just League Unlimited book. Why, might as well just go out and call it that and have that. Well, you got to walk the lines cool. during Scott Snyder's era of Justice League where you're like, we have to extend the roster and everybody was just, but it was just, everybody's in the background, but we still just did stuff with the core characters. <laughs> Bendis would love to have people go into the the hall and there'd be a million characters, but they'd always be getting a snack. That person's there with a brochure. Like Bendis's era of Just League did nothing for the team overall where you got excited because you have the core characters. Plus, here's a few ones like Black Adam and Hippolyta. What the fuck did Hippolyta yeah, do the entire time? Well, again, that's the problem. You have a lot of characters. So I think that if you had a, a writer and they had to come up with their roster for each little mission or whatever they would be more invested in that. You wouldn't just have characters just in the background, you know, like a Bollard. It happened a lot throughout all of even since the New 52. But yeah, stuff like that. And when you end up, remember at that one point, and I think it was, you know, metal, then going into death metal or whatever, where Scott Snyder made a big deal of, look, everybody's in the Just League now. They're all here. Did nothing. I mean, (laughs) you never even saw these characters. They did nothing. It was just that big wow deal. But I'd like to mix it up. Like I said, if you had like a an Urban Legends anthology book, maybe you can do some things with the Justice League. That that Batman Urban Legends needs to go, Eric. That, that thing. And nobody, after a while, we'd say the same thing about a Justice League Urban Legends. Maybe figure out that sweet spot, 10 issues. I don't know, but have something where you can get more of a, I still want the DC Presents back so you can get these side characters and see yeah, what might cool. sell. Uh, like even like shit characters like Firestorm right? or Blue Beetle. Like oh that my. nonsense. Or you're the metal man. Commandi. I never uh, said that. You, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the other ones. I almost said Vandal Who Savage. That, like, Commandi, yeah, I almost I don't said care for Vandal that. Savage only because I thought of Dinosaur Island, then Savage lands at Marvel, and that got me back to Vandal. Then the crazy shit. Show me in my more mind about going, Vandal Savage. Vandal Savage, the sexy caveman. Oh my. But yeah, I, I I agree that I'd like at least a mix of the team a bit, especially What's now. What's Captain Adam up to? Yeah, really. I don't know. The last I saw, you know, he might not even be the real one. He's blown up. I don't even know the whole deal, right? Who knows what's going on with him? How did, how did Infinite Frontier become a mess right away? Yeah, yeah, I know. I don't know. Captain Adam's missing, and he was replaced from another Captain Adam from another Earth that then exploded. But it was okay because we were shielded from that. But what happened to the actual Captain Adam? Who knows? I don't, don't know. Don't matter. And it is funny, too, when you think about it, when you have that war. What was that? The all-out war for the DC versus vampires. Captain Adam, he's probably saying to his agent, can I please get in a book where I'm just not blowing up? I'm just, I don't want to just be – I'm Captain Adam, not a Well, even bomb. the idea for what he does – I'm not going to say it's blowing up, but when he like, uh, takes in too much radiation because one of his powers is to make sure that he can suck off all the radiation, stuff like that, make sure everybody's yeah. okay. But when he takes too much of that he in, starts going. he then like explodes quantumly and gets flung through time Sam Beckett style. People forget about that. Which is the greatest aspect of Captain Adam. And they should do – just Captain Adam Quantum Leap. Do you think sure, that yeah. they'd get sued if they called it that? Could it I just be called that? Call it Quantum show coming out. Quantum Heap. Would that work? Or Quantum no. Deep? Because he's a deep thinker, Eric. That would work for me. He wouldn't end up getting sued for that. 
I, I like Captain Adam enough. Doesn't sound like it. I'm telling you, he just shows up. It's just a matter of time. That guy's blowing up. That, that's all he's here for. He's going to blow up and you better run. Uh, but with that, yeah, that is something, again, like I said, I think they'd be worried that people would bail if they didn't like the team. I don't think that's quite the case. But the next mail is from Luis, and thank you, hey, Joe, Jim. for the uh, mail. And Luis says, hello, Jim, Eric, and the Get Fresh crew. <laughs> Time for the question of the week. So we have Dark Knights of Steel, Superman, Red Sun. Where, where's my ding sound there? Gotham by Gaslight, yeah. right? You also got the Justice League 3000, Eric. Oh, my goodness. It's a lineup made in heaven. What time period would you like to be done next? He's saying, well, that's what weird would you to like say. There? Like, Dark Knights of Steel, Red Sun, Superman, Gotham, I guess. They're all Elseworlds, but then you throw in Justice League 3000, which feels weird because that was in that proper timeline. 60s, communist, 80s deal. Like, he's just going time periods. Well, that's of the thing. It's like, what, like, what new time do I want? Like, I'm not a huge fan of those because that's the gimmick itself. The Elseworld, pretty much like, Hey, what if Superman was a communist? Put him in communist Russia. You know, the idea, you know, like um, Gotham by Gas. Like, what if it was Jack the Ripper time, Batman? I'm not a huge fan of the gimmick of that whole thing. If you had to deal with something along those lines, I would just want to go back and do some more Freedom Fighters and Earth X kind of stuff because I really like that and the idea of the That's Nazi not Superman. Why are you just going Nazi stuff? You're, you're, you're skewing the deal because I went late 90s. They're there to stop Limp Biscuit and Janko Jeans there. But that's the thing. I want you to write it. You'll you'll write it really good. And but they already getting did rid that. of everything that you don't want, right? You, you end up, you don't want to See, get rid of the Janko jeans. What do you, you get love rid of? The, the idea is not quantum leap. We're not going back in time to change rule, like to put right with one that's foot what wrong. I'm doing. An era of the time. Hey, I'm going back. I'm stopping like all that Superman's nonsense. not about Superman going back to communist Russia <laughs> and trying to save the day. <laughs> I'm telling you, which, which of the heroes, Guy Gardner. Right there. He's probably into heavy metal music, right? You see the guy Gardner's? He goes back and, and gets rid of Kurt Cobain early. And I feel in the 90s Cinderella. they would have told you who he, he was a the, fan the of. the hair metal and shit going on. He, he's, that's all he wants. He wants the hair metal shit to continue. There, it's done. 90s. He had a bowl cut. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he did. I mean, he ended up making aliens get that same bowl cut <laughs> if they went into the the team. Yeah, but again, I don't say that. He is one that wants to emulate, say, a C.C. DeVille. He doesn't have the hair for it, Eric. He's going with the bowl cut. That's all he's got. But he does like I could see him being like a, a poison roadie. The arms crossed like a real asshole. Right. One of those guys, the arm crossers. I hate those people who cross their arms, Eric. They're assholes. That's all right. So I, I think it's along the lines when I was reading some issue and like it was really prominent in that one issue that I, I don't even remember what it was that. Wally West is a huge Rush fan. Yeah, you, you saw that. You told me that. I like the idea where Guy Gardner goes back to fix things, but he actually causes Woodstock 99. He's such an asshole that he caused it, Eric. You mean a, a, you mean a big concert full of great bands? No, no. The, where people were pretty much, you know, handsy on everybody and, and setting things on fire. You wanted to go to that. I'm glad you didn't go. Of course I'm glad I did want to go to that. Go. Everybody who was amazing at the time was there. I guess I wasn't amazing. <laughs> I, I don't even know. I guess I would have known about it, but I really wasn't that concerned. The bands on that bill were not for me at that they point. They were totally for me. Late 90s stuff. I still I still was still in early 90s at that point. I was still doing more grunge than that, you know, power metal, new metal nonsense. I was not a big fan. That, new that metal. Is like, yeah, new metal. I, I'm telling you, I, that is also the idea where NWA blew my mind. But then I had to take a step back for the hateful, uh, you know, gangster rap after that. I like the NWA, but after that, I, I got scared. I ran scared, Eric. I don't need people shooting me. 
So I ended up, okay, I'll just listen to my NWA. I'm fine with that. Maybe even going back to like LL Cool J radio, that sort of thing, right? Rick Rubin doing all that Beastie Boys. Maybe that's what you do. You end up having like the Green Lantern Corps. You have so many Green Lanterns at Earth. They go back in time and become the Beatles. That that would be cool, right? The 60s? I'm looking at the roster for Woodstock 99 and the different stages they had and what days they had at the time. No, no, it's not even that. Like, I don't even know half of these people. What are the different days on the different stages? Really? Jewel? Can you give me that one? I love Jewel. I love Jewel as well. She is a gem. She's a Jewel and a gem. Like, here we go. It's like Friday, East Stage. You got James Brown, G Love and Special Sauce, Jamiroquai, Live, Cheryl Crow. You down with the G Love? He's Philadelphia guy. DMX, the Offspring, right, Corner yeah. Bush. I'm like Friday night, East Stage you know is where it was that. at. You're you're going there. I I felt bad for when I saw some of that. I saw a documentary first, and then they end up having that series. Feel bad for Alanis. She's just like uh, you know a gem three years earlier. And now she's getting shit thrown at her. So like I got to get the fuck out of here. Though who I do hate, never like the guy, and think he's an asshole. And you may get mad at me, Eric, but I don't like Moby. I don't like that guy. He annoys me. He's, he's always fine. looking. He's always looking down on <laughs> people. Like, look I don't at you. What that means? Is he's he tall? Always, he, no, he isn't. He seems like a very small guy. Like, what, do you, what do you mean he's looking down on he's people? He's always like pish pushing everything and saying like he knew this and he was better. You know those type of guys. I, I hear you say these things yeah, on the podcast every week. That's the thing. I saw and I think he crosses his arms. He's an asshole. He crosses his arms, Eric. Uh, Though he ended up like, I knew this shit was going bad and I got the fuck out of there. I'm like, oh, good for you, Moby. Go, go off to your nonsense, right? I saw him in concert. He actually was him, Beck, and Oasis. And that was one of the things that was in Philadelphia. Oasis sounds pretty cool. Yeah, Oasis Beck was awesome. And the thing was, (laughs) Oasis played a half a song and then left. I'm like, yep, that's what you get with Oasis. It's funny because you end up where you have the problem Guns N' Roses. They just didn't like to show up on time. Oasis, you didn't know when they were going to kill each other and leave early. So it was a crazy, crazy show. Crazy show. But you had Ice Cube on West Stage on on uh, Saturday. I like Ice Cube. Oh, yeah. I, I dig Ice Cube, though. Again, NWA Ice Cube. Once he went, uh, it started getting scary for me. I ended up getting a little scared, Eric. I thought that I really, in my mind, thought the East Coast West Coast rap war was going to spill out in my living room. Well, that's somehow. when you just jumped to the Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, I did like the Wu-Tang Clan. I, I did like them. Uh, then, no, you go back to just run DMC. Like, or, or or you lose all of your credibility and like, I really like that new MC Hammer song. Oh, my God. it's it's it, We got to pray. Oh, it's the best. Anytime a rap thing goes you Reverend Hammer? They're done. They're What's done. The, what are you talking about? Reverend Run. That, yeah. Done. I'm telling you, you know, I need more raising hell, not Reverend Run. Get out of town. I'm telling you. I I did like Run DMC a lot, but that Raising Hell album, again, though, as a hardcore Run DMC fan, it was Walk This Way that really turned me off. But now, now I dig it. Now I dig it. And I even got to talk to DMC a couple times. He's a good guy. I like that guy. Uh, But yeah, in my, I didn't even, as a true deal with the time period, it's funny, too, because I would like like a revolutionary deal or even like a but that they did it, that uh, that one Neil Gaiman, that 1642, I yeah, think yeah. it was, or 1742, whatever the deal would be. But I, I don't know. Some of those maybe. Not even, man. The Freedom Fighters stuff would is so be perfect cool. because the Nazis are the perfect enemy. You can do anything to them and they're just they're a freaking fodder to be killed off and everybody's OK with it. Plus, you an evil Superman. People say it's a play, but for some reason, a Nazi Superman being the freaking overman of the like the Nazi super weapon, the Wunderwaffle, that really intrigues me, especially with the like the more low key heroes that you don't get with the Freedom Fighters. I love all of that. Yeah, maybe I would like like nineteen 
like 1915, um, maybe Canada. Eric, it's just there. <laughs> There's nothing really going on. But they, you say, you know, uh, I'm sure there's big things happening in Canada in 1915. It is weird. Uh, with that, it is a funny play because I was talking with Rocky on our indie podcast. And there's a book that involves, you know, this time period in Canada. And I feel like such an asshole American where I just think that every we had it in the podcast, too, when you're like, hey, everybody, we're not going to be. Obviously, you know, it's Thanksgiving next week, but not everybody knows that. And I feel weird where I said to him, like, Canada have like those like what is the Great Depression of Canada? When is this part? And basically, it's like it's the same time as so the depression was like all over the place. I'm like, yeah, I get that. <laughs> I ended up sounding like a real dick. But there are those All weird right, Jim, plays. Here you go. January 15th, the Canadian Northern Railway line to Vancouver, British Columbia is completed. Okay, see, that's what you have. You could have somebody completing no. the railroad and somebody trying Steel. to stop that. Steel is there. He's that, you know, a hammer driving man. He's a hammer driving. He did it. <laughs> He's a steel driving man. He yeah, does that. He finishes it. In and Canada, then you're like, that's pretty cool. And, and also, like, Here's the thing. I know that it would be boring, so just He's put him in the has war. He's already based off an American folklore, but you're like, no, yeah, Canada, 1915. I know. Canada, 1915. Or say you, like, go back to the War of Spanish Succession. All right. February 28th, World War One. Canadian troops launched the first trench raid of the war. By the end of the conflict, Canadian troops will be regarded as the experts at this maneuver. So they go, trench warfare, Canadians doing stuff in 1915. Or, and that would involve my favorite Canadian team, the Metal Men, right? They end up turning themselves into team shovels. the Metal Men. It'd be awesome. Hey, we're the Metal Men, eh? That's what they say the whole time. Actually, I want to do so something. So 1915 Canadian, like J- JLA. Either <laughs> JLA uh, or maybe we'll have it based in between 1740 and 1748 during the War of Austrian Succession. That'd be pretty cool. Obviously, that's the hot right, shit right I mean, there. Actually, that might be so, like, easy pick that I wouldn't want to go there. World War II. Ancient Egypt would be cool. We haven't really seen a lot of that, right? Yeah, you know, Black Adam, Dr. Fate, you know, and uh, Hawkman, but whatever. Yeah, well, I'm saying have them, but I'm talking we've never seen, say, like, a Naomi back then. You have Naomi there. She's there. Hey, this is cool. What are you doing over there? We had the for two like, weeks, We're, we're Give building time. pyramids. Oh, that's cool. You know, my my planet, they ended up, all the people died, and it's like a cesspool there. But, okay, build your pyramids, assholes. And, and then also she in leaves. the last Blue Beetle series, we also had the Scarab there, I think, doing stuff. Yeah, I'm thinking of the Justice League fully there. That, that's but who's Justice thinking. League, Jim? Well, uh, Ramsey's uh, Justice League, I think, is what you'll get. Justice I, League Egypt. I don't know. I don't know. Then you end up where... The Waynes, they're slaves, they're building the pyramids, they're there, and all of a sudden Joe Chill comes out and pushes a block on, on Thomas and Martha kills him. Oh no. oh no, the pearls, but there's no pearls, they're dates. Oh no, the dates end Bad up dates. falling. <laughs> Bad dates. <laughs> Bad idea. All right, so that's that. I still World like the nineties. I like the nineties. Well, I like the nineties too, but for different reasons. You have like I don't know what carry. They're against the the denim and the denim, <laughs> the denim and the corduroy. I don't know what the hardcore <laughs> denim of the nineties. I can just imagine. Hey, what are you here to stop denim? All right, whatever. Right, that'd be, that's more of like a seventies thing, but that's fine. You know. Also, I don't like handlebar mustaches. Again, that's kind of you know earlier. And leg warmers. Couldn't no, that's grow 80s. A mustache in the 90s. That's 80s. All right. Did you have a mustache in the 80s, Eric? Was that, was yeah. that possible? Little Did your dad ever have a mustache. a mustache? He had a whole freaking Van Dyke. Oh, really? There you go. 
your dad's a mustachioed man. But that is it. <laughs> that is it for the mail. I wish I could have come up with something better. 1959. That's what I'm going with. I'm not all that of a sudden, <laughs> Superman realizes, holy shit, I'm Elvis. And now we have Quantum Leap there. That would be the best. Sam Beckett was already Elvis. Maybe have that too. And I hear that that Austin Butler, he became Elvis himself in that latest biopic, Eric. Oh my God, thumbs up from all of us. I want to see that. I talked to you about that yesterday. Yeah, I don't have that, but you know, I have other ways. But still, uh, I, I. Kind of, I saw an interview with him and he got me fired up. I was like, I want to see that Elvis of yours. Charlie, probably check out the Batman still. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like 20 minutes in. A lot of binoculars and whispering, Eric, is what I see. Did see a little of the penguin. I was very impressed. Mm, That's what I'll say about that, Eric. Uh, I'm getting goofy. I'm getting very tired. And it's not even that late. And I have to edit a podcast. So, Eric, that is it for the mail again, everybody. If you want to get involved in this shit show, uh, email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. The crazier the question, the better. And with that, we will go. And we have four more books left to end the show. And boy, bangers, one after the other. I hope everybody enjoys it. But remember, we just did a section that we really like. Just keep that in mind during it. But we'll be back in a second with more books. What's up, Weird Science? This is Batman Beyond Mark. And I am here to bring you a review of Batman Beyond Neo Year number six, written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing. Artist is Max Dunbar, Sebastian Chang on colors, and Adida Budakar for letters. So, the cover. The cover is, it's fine. It's, it, it definitely is representative to an extent of what we get from the issue, which is a thing I like. So, what we have is we have Terry in his new suit, which we will talk about, kind of flying up out of the center because you have the, the floating platform. That was kind of shown off at the in last issue as what was going to be used for the the final of the Trinity Galas, and we see kind of projections from it, like one of his is Lumos kind of like technological stuff coming in around him. That's right above Terry, which is what's kind of flying up towards. We see a sword, we see some Jokers, we see Bean Booma, and we see Commissioner Gordon. And I don't know better. I mean, she's not commissioner anymore, but this is definitely her and her traditional commissioner outfit. Um, it's a fine cover. It's not my favorite of the series, but it is it is far from my least favorite of the series. It definitely feels kind of like a an evolved version of the third cover to an extent. And if that's what they were going for, then yeah, fair enough. So we pick up this issue at the beginning of the third Trinity Gala. The first page caught me off guard as I was like, oh, is this exactly like... Because it's laid out very similarly to the last page or the second to last page of last issue. So we're, we're picking up at the start of it. And to remind everybody where we were last issue is we had kind of Terry and Buma kind of standing outside. It was October or November. There are admittedly some looseness of some of the dates, like saying three months. Like some of the... For a good chunk of this, we had actual days. Like we knew, okay... Well, the other thing ended on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, and we knew that he started Terry started keeping the journal from there. So, like when it was fifty five days from there, after you know from that, we were able to to mark that. And other times it was like, oh, it was a, it was this many days since you know last time we we picked up with the characters stuff like that. So we were able to make calculations, and then we got the three months piece last issue. So that leaves us in October or November for some reason. And maybe rereading this for for this, I will, I will be my mind will be jogged because like I want to say it doesn't say I had gotten the impression that the last gala was on New Year's Eve. Going back through stuff, I've been like, could I could have sworn it was New Year's Eve because 
it not being on New Year's Eve makes this story better. Because if it's on New Year's Eve, then we have like debatably a month, month and a half in between some of these seg in, in between the issues. Because last issue is you see the Trinity Gala. We even see a sword standing guarding it. That sword does not appear in this next issue. In issue six, we see it's about to start, and then we see you know Terry and Gestalt unveiling the new Beyond suit. So we pick up kind of as the gala is starting off. We see fireworks going off, and Living Gotham says, "I cannot see you anymore." Your ever-present shadow is my, or in my streets. Your persistent heartbeat in my skylines. I was so confident when we began, when your predecessor's heart was mine to crush with an errant signal. Okay, yes, all of the events we're confirming right here, the events of the original urban legend story, yes, those absolutely still happen. Just ignore all the continuity problems. And we see Lumos like checking, like putting on his suit, checking the time. He's like, it's showtime. And, you know, stuff starts. Stuff starts going off, or Living Gotham's... Now I look for you everywhere, and I wonder, Batman, in this final hour of your world, on the cusp of mine, why am I afraid? So, here's the thing. I mentioned it a little bit last or last podcast, but I, I it didn't occur to me till this one, or till in between, that, okay, if, if you could have got... If you could get in and out, despite the dampeners originally of, of that place, fine. Let's say you couldn't... Living Gotham found a way out, couldn't get back in. There's one place in its municipality because we, we've we've heard it's not just Gotham; it's technically anywhere in its mini- municipality, which goes a little bit farther than just Gotham City itself. That you can't see. There, there's exactly one place that you are incapable of on your own investigating, and, and that would be Wayne Manor. So send some swords over there, even just at a distance. If assuming that it would deactivate their their you know their uplink, have them at a distance. Send send some people over there under false pretenses that are just reporting to you. Like, do something. I am not an incredibly advanced AI that gained consciousness and sentience by itself and then immediately went rampant. I do not have that level of intelligence. It does not take that level of intelligence to, to check there. Why wouldn't you check there? I mean, maybe it did at some point, but keep going back. <laughs> Whatever. So we cut to the next page and we see it's Gordon sitting in, in her... Uh, in a chair in her house, all what appears to be alone, holding her bat, uh, an old bat girl outfit. And she's just saying, just like that, huh? Midnight hits, free will dies. And she stands, she's looking at the costume, stands up, looks out the bright window, saying, and the first thing you did was bother an old woman who finally got to put down the badge. And we see Terry in his new suit in silhouette uh, with the, with the kind of the glowing logo, which very much just feels like a Nightwing logo. Kind of step out as he's saying, you said it yourself, Barbara, the city's got a pulse. I need someone who doesn't run away when they hear it. I need someone who runs in. And the biggest issue I have with this is so whatever treatment that they, they created to, to immunize themselves or to, uh, you know, remove or gestalt created to remove all the, the nanites that were, that were in Bimbuma, which I'm assuming a process that they, I, I, I don't expect this to be like, okay, we're immediately going out there. Because they, they obviously then, once they figure out that works, three the three people of Gestalt and uh, Terry all applied the procedure to themselves. We have no indication that this procedure didn't require them to go into the tube or, or could just be injected. Like, straight up, we see them like putting cables together and having to run it through a machine into stuff. Like, it's, it's, it's possible to do it. And I get part of keeping her in the tube was to keep her alive and, and all that stuff in a, in a sci-fi way. But no indication it's like, oh, it's a shot or, oh, it's a vaccine or anything like that. So, while I don't have a problem with Terry and the Gestalts having it, 
uh, having had done it to themselves. Because for all we know, it's like, oh, you step in there, or you step in, they they put you in, or they, they do something to you, they, they chalk you with the stuff, whatever it is. It, it didn't seem like that they had it refined enough. So either there's been another time skip that we are not privy to, or... They didn't show us how they they made this more useful because one of the big things that is mentioned in issue one of this series, not not the urban legends, but like issue one of Neo Year, is like Terry points out, like I can't tell her about Gotham. I can't tell her that nothing she's done matters. That she has has to keep fighting. She'd be dead the minute I left. And it's like okay, like that was why you can tell her, but now. Now that you, you're ready to execute your plan, you've not explained how you're keeping all of the people you're going to involve in this from, from getting infected. You've just said, yes, you figured it out. And the only time, the only instance you've shown us of somebody being, you know, freed from this <laughs> is in a cave with a big complicated machine. And now you're about to evolve hundreds of people. And it's just, it's so weird um, because Living Gotham should be picking up on this. Like something. Living Gotham should somehow now be incredibly sus- either suspicious or something. It's, it's just so weird when you try to look at it from uh, like the logic of what the story's standpoint and not the emotional beats. Because it's hitting the emotional beats. It's not hitting the uh, the logical beats. And I know we've taken so long and we're only a couple pages in. I promise this will this will start ramping up in speed. But she she's looking at, you know, the suit and Terry points out it's like this place can kill Batman. And then we see a picture of Gestalt kind of having gotten more of the computers up online and is doing a bunch of stuff. She continues to look at the the suit as Terry continues, but it can't kill everyone. And then we see Terry in the new suit. We see the hand in the new suit. I really, I really, for the Beyond suit, I don't like having the red fingers. It's very Miles Morales, which works for Miles' suit. His suit has just, it. it is a look that works really well for Miles' suit. It doesn't work for the uh, Beyond suit. Well, we see him going to some jokers. It's just like the silhouette and the hand. He continues to Barbara, but not if we stand together. So it's like, it can't kill everybody, not if we stand together. Then we see Boonma going into the police department, and she's she's throwing down her her police badge on top of a bunch of other police badges that have been thrown down. So it's like, okay, because there's two officers behind her. So it's like, okay, you've had a bunch of people who've quit. She's also been missing for months. So the, the implication I get is that it's after they did this, like after they, they got all the treatments to, to Terry and the Gestalt's, that evening, they went out and they, they're organizing this. That is how it is being portrayed to us. And it's like, okay, I, you know what? I might be able to believe that Gordon, that Gordon's house is insulated just because of who she is. I don't believe that the GCPD has the same luxury. The fact that, like, how does, how is he not picking up? How's living, or yeah, how's she not live, picking up on this? How's living Gotham not picking up on what is happening? I get that they're focused over here. It's an AI. It's shown us multiple times. It's multiple places at once. It's everywhere at once, and it's nowhere at once. And Gordon's like, you know what, kid? I'm starting to think Bruce was right about you. And I'm like, once again, you're hitting the emotional moment. But I've, I don't know. That, it, that feels like you're trying to fluff up your own story as opposed to a genuine character thing. But then we get 15 minutes to midnight. We're, we're on the floating platforms. Uh, for the gala. And Lumos is like, can you hear it, friends? The future is at our door. In only a few minutes, Wayne Powers will activate our citywide holographic hub controlled, or yeah, holographic hub controlled from this beacon, beacon of hope high above Neo-Gotham. The future of purest light, just as I promised. And it all starts with, and then he gets a ra- like a message over the radio from his security. He's like, uh, so we have an issue. And he's just like, not now. And they're like, uh, like, but it's, it's a luminosity error. Mr. Lumos, uh, the hard light 
something's draining it. And he's like, what? As he tries to make some stuff, and it just kind of fizzles out. And we see this kind of very ominous silhouette of the uh, the floating platform. As we get a reference, a cheeky little reference, as Luke would say, to Batman Year One, where Terry just kind of goes over the intercom. is like, Neil Gotham, you have eaten well. You've chewed up the poor and distracted the rich. You've swallowed industry and chewed law enforcement into chum. As everybody's now looking around and Lumos is like running around trying to get to the main control to be like, what? I, what is happening? I need to stop this. Terry continues, you've lit up the skies and infected the minds. A little girl points up as she sees what's coming in above her, above them and claim both as your own. But you are just the ground we walk upon. You are the thing we built. The future of the city doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the darkness you can't see. The ones beneath your notice. The crumbles on your plate. The future belongs to the night. As we see kind of the, the logo kind of lighting up as Terry flies in and we get it we get our first really good look besides the cover of the new Beyond suit. And it didn't I'm not a fan of this suit. I'm not. I the the wings, they're they're I don't know, they're two point D. I, I really genuinely love the old suit. The t- kind of the two biggest issues I have is I really don't or three biggest issues. I don't like the fingers, as I mentioned before. Uh this doesn't have a belt. This doesn't have a utility belt. And that well for a nightwing, there are versions of Nightwing where he doesn't have a utility belt. He keeps a lot of it in kind of like the, the wrist gauntlets or like on is part of like his uh back kind of little back attachment thing where he puts his screamos. But but for a Batman, oh, I don't like this. I don't like the kind of non-sharp, the kind of flat kind of arm fins. It's weird that the it doesn't bother me necessarily that the boots don't have jets in them. But it's the cowl is I think the probably the worst defender as it it doesn't cover the entire face. It's not like a, a thing that he slides on the entire face. It's it's kind of more of like a a traditional Batman cowl, except it has kind of like a, a little chin area, and then when he puts it on, it kind of shadow like. Like makes the front of his face, like the exposed part of his face, dark. And I, I don't like this because one of the cool utilities of the Beyond suit was that it it protected you from, like, it could protect you from like aerosols and other things like that. And this one doesn't feel like it it, it could, but it, it maybe can because the the wings are still reta- retractable. They can they can do other things. He can seem to control them and make them move around into different kind of shapes and even use them for other stuff like that. He seems to be using like hard light and other technology to to create the batterings, and that aspect of it, I don't, I don't actually mind that much. Uh, the, I mean, the Beyond suit was tw- was like twenty tw- ish years old. Yeah, no, it was twenty years old from the pretty much classically whenever Terry gets it, whether it's the original series or some of the comics. Really, the only exception is the uh, Future's End stuff. It's about it's twenty years old. Bruce has been retired as Batman for 20 years, and this suit is still incredibly advanced, even though 20 years have passed. But now we're actually seeing what a Beyond suit using the technology, like completely more or less the technology of the time he's in, looks like. And it doesn't, you know, initially I was like, oh, it's so powerful. They're trying to fluff it up. And I was like, well, this is a this is a Beyond suit that's 20 years more advanced than the other one. Of course it would be better. Or of course it would it'd be able to do all these other things, which means that however he's flying doesn't use jet propulsion. But yes, he lands, and he, as everybody's freaking out, and he just has the wings behind him kind of making his new version of the Beyond symbol, which once again, I just, I, it goes from the, the chest all the way over to the, sh- up to, over the shoulders, I don't care for it much, and uh, Living Gotham's like, there you are, the theft of light, fear in reforged armor, but fear has only sharpened my preparation, as we see everybody's freaking out when he lands, then everybody starts freaking out as he, as they're all being turned into swords. 
And Terry just kind of, he kind of furls the wings in kind of to the side, kind of in a, in a way that reminds me of some like the old bat glider or the bat like jet glider thing from the old animated series and the old toy lines as he takes out two uh, of his new card light batarangs. And he's standing there as the swords kind of surround him. And they're saying, now your murder will be the last Gotham ever knows. And Terry's just like, Barbara, beam, now. As Terry kind of, he throws the batarangs. He jumps into the crowd to to kind of start engaging them. And they're like, copy that, Batman. Uh, st-. And then the person's like, stay alive up there. The city's counting on you. As he engages and we see more people turning into into swords. But not Lumos. As he he's running, he's like, stop it, stop it. You're ruining everything, you stupid cosplaying sack of... And then we see police come in and they're like, Donovan Lumos, you are under arrest. Um, and we see Beam uh, and a bunch of other former... GCPD officers flying in in vehicles, and she's like, Oracle One, this is evac leader approaching conflict zone. I've got a fleet of spinners and enough resigned police to board Lumos's ship, but we're going to need cover while we get the civilians off. And then we see <laughs> stuff that I, I, I don't remember still being a thing in Neo Gotham, which means that they definitely got these out of Mott with these. They maybe not definitely probably got these out of Mothball as we do see some kind of GCPD sh- like normal their their flying vehicles. But we also see a bunch of the old rigid airships as um, Gordon backing kind of her like I'm the commissioner outfit with a bunch of GCPD officers around her is like, and you'll have it, Boonma. Next time they fire an old vigilante, maybe they'll remember to change the garage access codes. Batcave, uh, as she's talking to Batcave, which one, I, I, I'm going to I'm going to be honest. I, maybe maybe Living Gotham isn't able to do that, but I find it hard to believe that if Living Gotham, you know, was involved at all in the GCPD, that it wouldn't have changed it. I also find it unbelievable, given the amount of security stuff that the GCPD has to deal with over time, that that they wouldn't be like, yeah, we we trust her completely, but we still have to like decommission her access codes. And I'm just like, what what is happening? So many like convoluted convenient things have happened in order to facilitate what is currently going on but yeah she's flying in with a bunch of police that i guess just decided to side with her which once again how how are they not being affected by by sword because uh what we get is like gordon's talking to the back cave is like are you good to initiate counter broadcast which means like okay they're gonna use a broadcast to to stop stuff from happening they haven't initiated that yet living gotham still more than likely, it is infecting a bunch of people involved with this plan because it's in the water. Like, so, and Living Gotham is, I guess, just choosing not to use any of its other resources. Like, I just, I, I don't understand how it's not knowing about this, even if they were able to keep it completely secret. How is it not picked up on it at this point? But Gestalt responds, suit has invaded the most mainframe. We are connected. The airship is Gotham's amplifier. The control signal will broadcast from there. But Gotham's firewalls are impressive. Going to take a minute to burn them down. Terry's just like, you have five until midnight, Gestalt. As we see him very deftly fighting off swords, where a sword was kicking him around before. Like, his sword would send him flying or at least knock his arm away. No, just very easily blocking different swords' swords. Just like, it's... I mean, not that it isn't a big deal, but it's it's a lot... <laughs> I don't know. This suit is just such an upgrade over the last one, apparently. Gestalt responds, and you are pushing the suit too hard. Hard light intake buffers at maximum, which means a good chunk of this suit, if not most of it, is made of hard light. Um, he's like, fully loaded, huh? Shway. And we see that he kind of uses the wings, kind of blasts the hard light, pop, like 
fully through the wings, sending out these kind of just big, just like line of energy from where his wings are, and it, it knocks a bunch of people. Like uh, we see at least knocking one, two, three, possibly four people out of being uh, swords. But then we get to the next scene. It's like, did he did he spam this, or was he able to to knock a bunch of them out? Because we see an entire crowd like that before. Like it seems like they were able to get you know the the code off where they were able to get the signal kind of off. And Terry's like to, like picking people up, and he's like as they're kind of waking up from their their like uh, stupor. He's like, "Listen up, people! Local holographics are down, but only for a moment. I need everyone up and moving." Which I maybe maybe they finally got it through. I don't know with the signal, and then Boonman and a bunch of others land, and it's like, "You heard, Batman? Move it! Let's go! Let's go!" Trust me, no one wants to be here when midnight hits, as we see people evacuating. But we see that Lumos is starting to go up to kind of uh, his own escape pod. It's like, this is fine. This is a spin. Uh, going to my panic shelter. Gotta love the panic. And he's about to say shelter when Terry just, you know, gets there and is like, hello, Donovan, you're running. And he's just like, he's half in and he's just like, of course I'm running. My party's ruined. And to be honest, I don't like you much. And he's like, expect a call from my lawyers in the morning. I don't know what your little samurai light show is all about, but I, and he's like, and Terry's just like, wait, you don't know. And, and this is where we get a good look at Terry's face in the cow. And I'm like, ooh, ooh, I'm not about it. It's weird to see his, his actual mouth, his actual like face under the cowl instead of it all covering him. It's weird. And I do not care for it. And then Lumos gets pissed and he's like, I know everything. And then he pauses as he's like, wait, what don't I know? And Terry explains, he's like, your entire technological empire has been co-opted by an AI 10,000 times smarter than you will ever be. That wasn't my light show. That was Gotham taking whatever it wanted. You're just yet another sacrifice. And Lumos is pissed by this. He's like, how gullible do you think I am? Fair, fair response for him, because it does seem pretty outlandish. I am, and I will always be my own man. I choose my path. And Terry's just like... And your privilege has been paid for on the blood, with the blood of the city. And uh, Gestalt's like, alert. Gotham is accelerating the timetable, not waiting for midnight. The nanites are being activated. We're too late. At this point, Terry kind of switches tactics. And he, he de-reses his uh, cowl. And it's the entire thing. Like, the entire headpiece just kind of fizzles away, revealing his face. Uh, he's like, do you know what I see when I look at you, Lumos? And, and he's just like, McGinnis? Because he, remember, he had met Terry McGinnis. He knows who he is. And we also see that Terry has shaved at this point. Well, I guess we saw it earlier with, with how his face was under the, the cowl. I see a man blinded by his own future. A man who is looking so far forward he can't see the ground under his feet. The people of this city, then we see kind of a, a image of people with just like hard light cuffs appearing on them. And it's like a very weird plan Living Gotham had. But Terry continues, the people of this city, they're all about to have their free will stolen away. You've allowed that to happen. Your wearable holotech is the key, which apparently he made very cheap. Every person out there, they feel the end crawling from their crawling up from their skin. Yeah, no, this is New Year's because I see I see like banners like New Year's. So yeah, in between. So yeah, that does mean that last issue ended where we were like, okay, we have some stuff going in a very not snowy December in Gotham. It was pretty nice out. And then I guess we skipped ahead a couple months. So I guess in that time off off panel, they figured out a better, more convenient like inoculation or whatever it is for the nanites for to get their people together. And then I guess did all that pretty late on so that the living Gotham somehow didn't pick up on it. It's very strange when I look at the timeline, but they're not giving up. 
They're fighting with everything they have because they know something that you just don't. You have a choice to live through the darkness rather than give in. That's what Batman is. A choice you can make every day. And then they kind of just look at each other from kind of like uh, across the page because uh, it's, it's a skinny panel that goes across. So it, it's showing how divided they are, which is, which is nice enough. And you have Terry kind of a little bit in shadow and Lumos very much in the light. But behind Terry is bright, is, is like a lot of bright and behind Lumos is kind of darker. And I do like the panel because it's showing it's like, you know, one represents the dark, one represents the light, but one is enlightened and the other isn't. And Lumos counters with, then I make the other one. And Terry's like, don't do this. And Lumos is just like, I am Donovan Lumos, the holographic man. No one tells me who I am but me. So this AI put me in power. It helped me cover the city in light. Then heck, it doesn't need to manipulate me. I opt in. And then we get Living Gotham being like Donovan Lumos as it, we see it give, you know, I, I, somehow magically giving Lumos more power. I'm not, I'm not really sure. The others I get, it was taking over, rewriting with certain things. But with, with him, it, it feels different. And he's just like, you know, yes, this, I like this. And it's like, I'm adjusting your utility. And he's just like, wait, what? Suit, shut down procedures. I did not authorize this. What the heck is happening to zero zero one zero zero one? And I'm just like, oh, it feels very brother eye. As we see a legitimately cool, our final boss, final enemy, uh, <laughs> Sword of Gotham, Donovan Lumos, who who is very much just like a big, more kind of demonic angel kind of version, has has wings. It's kind of this like you know flowing kind of dress thing and bigger armor, and it looks terrifying. And it, Living Gotham just says die. At this point, it charges at Terry, who who ducks and runs. And this is our first time this issue we've seen him kind of even more on the back foot. As Terry's like, beam, get the spinners clear. As we see Terry's new wings are able to actually block this this sword. His hard light wings are able to block this sword's sword. Terry tells Barbara uh, to make space in the sky. Uh, is he's like, I know you guys can hear me. When he's now talking to Gestalt, and he's like, get ready to do your thing. At this point, Terry kind of, to evade, ends up kind of going off the platform, dropping off. And he's like, stage is clear. Audience is present. Jokers all set up. And he's like, hey, jokers. As we see a bunch of jokers flying up in this two-page spread, firing missiles right at Lumos, or the sword Lumos. And it also kind of just, you know, destroying that part of the, the flying platform. And he's like, show him the punchline as we, as we see, you know, people being evacuated and, and all that stuff. And then the fighting is over here. And I have to say, like, this, this, like, this is, this is, you know, the final boss getting beaten pretty bad. There's a bit of anticlimacticness to it, but at the same time, no, it was a good plan. It was, it was wait until like expecting to have to fight Donovan Lumos and that he would be ridiculous. It was like, okay, I need you guys to wait in ambush. I'm, I'm amazed that they did. But given the fact that we've, they've had an entire year under this, they probably were more willing to be like, cool. So we help you with this. We stick to the plan. We do exactly what you tell us to do for this. And then we can all go back to normal. Cool. We're all in. But yeah, because it's not like he just gets hit by one. He gets hit by like four five maybe like six missiles and it just it completely knocks him out of the sword kind of state which fair enough that that was a lot of direct artillery <laughs> um and gestalt's like upload ceased forcing our update lumos tech bricked city saved as we see he's falling and then terry does come in and fly in and save him and we get this this panel where we get to really see terry kind of under the cowl like the whole cowl as he's smiling and i'm like ooh, ooh, i don't like this new cowl and he's just like, Happy New Year, Bruce. And it's once again, it's like, oh, oh, so between between five and six, we, we had like two, two, potentially two and a half months. That 
that feels weird with how you framed the last issue, but okay. But we are now speeding to the end. We are in, but before the end of this next page, we will have resolved the entirety of Living Gotham. So, what we get is some narration from Terry. It only took Bean Booma three days as detective to prove the mayor's murder. They had a special election on the books within a week. Then we see Lumos, and it's like, is it supposed to be he's in jail? Because he's, he's wearing like an orange jumpsuit. But we clearly see kind of a nice, like, full window city skyline, and he's on a computer. He has his tea. He's just sitting there in a chair. It's like Lumos doesn't have a trust, trustworthy bone in his body. But if I know one thing about the guy, it's this. He'll follow the money. And there's a fortune in weeding out unidentified malware from Gotham's every municipal system. Spite. Spite is a heck of a motivator. So I think the implication there is that he, he's going to be you know, following the money and weeding out Living Gotham from a lot of their systems, which once again implies Living Gotham is in all of these systems. How did it how did it not pick up on this plane? Like how how did nobody get like go near a camera or or a detector or anything in Neo Gotham? I get a guy. I even get a couple people, but but the amount of people that required for this that nobody got spotted for like that two month and a half to two and a half months interval, I don't believe it. And then we see kind of a new kind of back, like a rebuilt part of the back cave, at least the computer, where we see Gestalt and Gordon kind of standing there in front of some computers, all, all with their arms kind of crossed. It's like, you'd be happy to know Barbara's been cleaning up the cave. She and Gestalt have some radical ideas about how to apply its defenses to the rest of the city. And through all this, we get Living Gotham being like, I took control, I'll do it again, but it's Texas faded, and then it's fading out more. It's like, I am not a virus. I am the world. I know you can hear me, Batman. And then we get two last ones that are very faded, which is intentional here. And it's, answer me, uh, Terry, answer me. Um, and the point is supposed to be like, okay, so they've, they've, what they've done is somehow, yes, because the Lumos thing seems to be afterwards, doesn't explain how they got all this other stuff, like all the other manipulations, because not all of it was hard light. Like, if you remember from the, uh, the Urban Legends kind of story that, that's the first issue, like part of the storyline, it was paying people off. It was using its fact that it had access to the banks. And bank accounts to to pay different groups to do things for it, and it, it feels like it would be able to do that still. But I guess I guess not because we have to wrap up the story. So it's it's like kind of just being it's like cool. It's an AI that I guess somehow can't do anything anymore. I get that it can't use the hard light, but it had so many other avenues and, and the nanobot that it, it it it's so weird. Um, but then Terry continues. He's like as he's kind of doing his last journal entries. Like as for me, I'm good. I think you'd be proud, but I gotta say, I don't think about it every day anymore. I hope you found peace, Bruce. I think it's high time I went to work on finding mine. As we see him getting ready, we see him having filled out the last kind of his, you know, journal. Um, and then he's he's walking through just part of the city, kind of towards like where he he's gonna meet, be meeting Booma. And we see there's, there's just trash can on fire, and he just I guess he brought this with him for quite a ways, and then was like, "Cool, there's a fire right there. I guess I'll throw it there." Um, and he throws a journal on the fire. And he's all happy. The person's like, Terry. And yeah, it's Booma. As we see, it's kind of like that market that they were at, like that, that food kind of area they were at, a different part of it from, uh, oh, was it issue three? Issue three sounds right. Issue three. And Booma's like, you made it. I heard there was a hostage sitch uh, at Willow's Tower. Um, I've mispronounced that. Uh, and he's just like, ninjas, if you can believe it. Uh, they're down. Gestalt's getting people to safety. And he's, she's just like, diligent. I like it. And then she hands Terry a, a beer. And I'm not going to lie. Like, I know they were drinking wine in the last one, but it occurred to me, I'm like, how old is this version of Terry? Because Terry's typically like 16 or 17. 
Like, yes, we've seen older depictions of him, but they like those are some of the later Earth-12 things, or like the, the far future thing um, from uh, the last episode of season three of Justice League. But Ibuma's like, here, Gotham Ale, unless you... That was just a Neil Gibson thing. And he's like, I'm not that good of a liar. And then she's like, uh, no splits, Sherlock. Now, come on, toast. And I'm like, ooh, that's that's not a good, not a good piece of attempted future slang. But yeah, uh, now technically he doesn't drink it. We don't see him drinking it. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm pretty sure, Miss Detective, you you just gave an underage, you know, person uh, a beer or an ale, but whatever. And at this point, she takes him by the hand and is like, uh, and keep up. Uh, I don't want to miss the raffle. And he's just like, you know, we could just, you know, hit a quiet dinner. I hear those are great for first dates. And she points out, like, I think this is at least our third date. And he's like, it's just that this, you know, really isn't my normal scene. And maybe it's best if I... And then she, he really does tell Bean to stop. And she's like, what? And he's just like, thank you. And thank you. It's like, what? It, that's it? I should be thanking you. You're the one who saved the city. And he's just like, yeah, I guess. But still. Now, uh, let's go in before I change my mind. And she's like, I got a mask for you. They're selling like they're they're selling them all over now. You want it? And it's a kind of a cheesy version of his new cowl. And he's just like, you know what? I'm good. And she just kind of just drops it down as we get. Uh, we see the kind of the place and there's, you know, murals of Batman and his logo plastered everywhere. It's like the end for now. Batman Beyond will return in 2023. And it feels weird because we established in the you know very beginning of this storyline that Dana was a thing. This, I mean, it has been a literal year at this point since they saw each other, talked to each other. And this would not be, and assuming that they were still technically together, not the first time Terry's cheated. That, that was kind of the whole thing with 10. But yeah, so this issue. Um, this issue has problems. The art is fantastic. I don't I don't like the new Beyond suit, but that that is just a, a my personal taste thing. Um, I can't not, you know, have that affect my score, but I'm, it's not going to kill my score. Um, overall, like this issue, like it's... It, it, it hits all the emotional moments. It, it hits all the beats. It just doesn't necessarily execute them in a like a, a logic way. Like there's there's too many things that have happened in between. Too many things that are crucial that we're not really informed of. And I don't I don't really care for that. Like there's there's something to be said about you know being able to fill in your own pieces to a to a story. But when you have massive things where it's like this is this is either you're having us imply this pretty big stretch. Or were like, or how did this? Did we get to this? How did how did this thing happen? That I just I don't know. Like first time I first time I read it, I was like, you know what? I'm kind of digging it. Then I read it again in preparation for this review, and I was like, ooh, ooh, this has a lot more problems. Um, I still maintain that like the first time I heard that this they would there would be another series of this with that they would have more Batman Beyond coming. Uh, I yelled out, no. I was like, I I I saw it. I just flipped to the end, and I was like, no. Like I was so upset about that. After reading this, I I am admittedly less so. This this was not the worst ending, and this is not the worst issue. I would probably give this issue a like a six, nine, maybe a seven. I might be generous and just say that this one is a seven. It hits all the emotional beats that it wants to. The art is fantastic. We have a a resolution. Is it the best resolution? No. Is it the worst one that I was you know kind of bracing myself for based on some of these other issues? Also, no. But that is that is it in a vac. Perhaps I will do a reread and then do kind of little synopsis and maybe like overall storyline review at some point in the future. But from a storyline perspective, this issue is kind of as full of as many holes as a bunch of the other issues have been. There's too many things that aren't consistent. There's too many things that are just left open for you to make up your own 
thing with just too many other things where it, it it really feels like they didn't know how to beat this overwhelmingly powerful AI that they had set up early on. So they just kind of were like, uh, yep, they did they did a bunch of stuff off screen that we're not going to tell you about, uh, and that's how they won by. I don't hate that they basically they're 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 they've restricted. And once again, some of this, like, yes, we know that they restricted the, the AI from using the hard light, but just from using all of its other resources, it feels like it's like, okay, I guess they did that off screen. They restricted it from using all that stuff off screen. And now it's just going to fade away until they're able to, you know, finally nail it down when it can't really do anything and it just Lumos will bleed it. I don't know. More positive than I thought it was going to be, but that still doesn't make this storyline good or great. But that's what it is. I wish I had more positive things to say. Because uh, I, I really would have loved if this had ended amazingly instead of just, it was fine. Uh, but with that, thank you all for joining me for this. And back to the podcast. He got his first real comic. Got it at a five and nine. Read it to his fingers, man. Been reading comics most of his life. Some guys from school They had a book and they tried real hard Jay quit and Knuckles got married Youngest was never gonna get far When he looks back now Did he have a father ever? And now that he has a choice He told just he would marry a never There you go, Eric. I was dinging everything that was true in the continuity of one Eric Shea. Uh, and then it got annoying, so I stopped but came back with one last one. Just like the continuity Here of Eric Shea's life. Just the continuity of my life. Everybody annoyed with me. But here we are. We have a section, uh, a mighty section, I would say, uh, of four books. We don't usually have the ending being four books, but here we go. And with that, it's not just the idea of, hey, Maybe the worst books, whatnot. Maybe, maybe not. But it's just we threw Here's these together. We threw these together uh, because we had those other three and the way we record. So don't look into it too deep. I'm just saying, like, you do not have to explain. It's all of a sudden, like, you're going way too heavy with this I for how we normally record. people end up, they'll be like, what are you talking about? New champion of Shazam in the last section? I will not stand hey, for that, look, sir. guys, I tried to split it into the middle, and Jim said no, four at the end. That's right, because they stink, Eric, is what I'm saying. Uh, I hope that you are able to elevate these books for me and maybe even the people listening because these are a bit disappointing especially the first one that we're going to start with because i love that first issue of new champion of shazam i believe it was a patreon only and yeah really and that is true you won't tell just that and you loved it too Eric. so with all that and it was i think a patreon only we ended up doing that and asriel on that on their number ones and we were actually surprised that we liked the asriel and then we really like Champions Shazam, but now we're back here, and you had warned me about it. You said to me at the end of our Patreon show this week that you still 
like it enough. We want this Shazam book, but in a four issue miniseries, you cannot change venues after the first issue and start anew. Well, that's that is the a problem. weird We're play. issue number two, halfway done the series, which I would just wish it was an ongoing. And like, all right, remember that first issue? Well, that doesn't matter anyway. Here's a new number one. We're calling number two. I'm like, you can't do that. Please stop it. Because then you just made a big stop number with your two. Shenanigans. That's what you did. I mean, there is no reason for the shenanigans. Look, I understand you could- what you're trying to do here, but you can't do it with four I do. issues. I, I understand as well. I'm going to end up while we're talking about this we're gonna have some script doctoring as we do and say oh why didn't they do this or whatnot but i got this weird feeling in the back of my mind reading this it's called there's a tumor. really there's really it might be it's a little like it, it tingles sometimes and yeah. it's a big lump but you end up and i talk to it sometimes you you end up with all of that where i got this idea and this book feels like you really could have centered on the idea of abandonment totally just do that because of the idea they didn't have the power billy ended up leaving have the parents disappear all that and then mary was going away they hint on it but don't really go full out into it and it makes me upset because by the end of this issue i had these weird ideas like man you could have done this 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 and this but at this point we have two issues left you can't do any of it and that's such a weird play and yes don't i would worry, love Jim, this we're to only be in ongoing. the second issue i can't say at this point because we have two issues left yeah, that's the problem. Usually I say to you, calm oh, man, down. It's only that. the second issue. But again, maybe I, in my mind, I work in four issue little segments. Hey, am I getting enough? You're like, it's the second page of the series. Hey, that's me. But no, by the end of this, y- you get this weird play of a tug of war. And then at the end, you're like, boy, this might not end up being much because we only have two issues. Sadly. It still could be something, but it, it worries me. It really does. Because DC Comics needs a little Marvel family in their life. A little Shazam, a little magic. And we had, need a little bit more than four issues in my mind. But this is the new champion of Shazam number two, written by Josie Campbell, with art by Evan Doc Shaner and Becca Carey. And in this issue, we discover that since Victor and Rosa uh, Vasquez went missing in the end of the last issue, Mary's dreams of going to Vassar are now shattered. Now she's watching, you know, VHS promo videos for Fawcett Community College in good old Philadelphia. And man, this this looks like a community college in Philly is what it does. And it's funny, too, because you have the guy going around here talk, giving the like, you know, the idea of what Fawcett Community College has to offer. I swear it's supposed to be C.C. Beck. But every time you see pictures of C.C. Beck, um, he also like, you know, in his older years. He has a long beard, so I'm like, I don't know if this is supposed to be a callback or not. Then I kept looking at different pictures of CC back there. Like that's it what I ended up spending like too it. much time with. Like, I don't know if it is though. And there are some fun little things. You have Wiz Radio. Oh right? yeah, that makes me laugh. You know well, that the they would is, have the greatest promotions. Wiz it's Radio, so funny, you though, know? because Wiz Radio goes back to Fawcett Comics as well, and Billy Bats and stuff like that, and the idea of Fawcett City. So we're taking the new idea of the New Fifty Two where Jeff Johns took the Shazam family and brought them to Philadelphia, which I personally love because you and I, I are like from the Philadelphia too. area. And it just gives us like, you know, one of my favorite heroes is now from our like home city. So I'm like, that's pretty goddamn cool. But now when you bring in the Fawcett Community College, you have its own community college radio of Wiz Radio. I'm like, okay, you're doing these little things I really enjoying that I hope do continue. But how much a continuation can we have? Because not only is it only four issues, but it's like, it's Mary's Community College, and I don't know what Billy's going to do. Is Billy going to be going to Community College because his ass is stuck in the Rock of Eternity? I don't know. Because they even forced Eugene, who's taking college classes, to go. To and Eugene? Like a, I love you where, you know, this Fawcett Community College, they have so little money that they can't even afford to go and redo a scene in their little play when they mess up. I'm like, you really? You can't just rewind and re-record that? It's just that? such All a right. freaking, it's a terrible scene. The idea that 
this is the idea of going to higher, like learning higher education. Once you get done to try to better yourself and you watch this terrible promo video to get you to go to this college. It's like, we can't wait to see you here all speaking in unison. And when Mary pulls up the O's falling off the community of the community college logo, I'm like, yeah, this seems about right. Well, the problem is when they were doing that film and that promotional film, they could only afford to get Ed Wood to do it. So he did it one take in out. Boom. But it is a That's funny play, made. but. Here's all you need it for the first issue. I, and even the play, that first issue gave you, you know, you're setting up things, obviously. But in that first issue, the main thing you got was Hoppy. You could have done that any sort of way. Well, the, you have Hoppy the Marvel Bunny and the idea that Mary Marvel is in a new status quo of her life where she's been, like, you know, defined by the Marvel family. Everything she's around, now she's going off her own. She's going to recreate herself, and she's not even given the opportunity because everything is thrust upon her, and she's forced back to Philadelphia. I think it would have been maybe just the same play or maybe even a better play in my mind. Yeah, and Hoppy comes back with her. But I thought maybe you'd have this deal where the first scene starts and she's heading off the college and they're like, we're real sorry you couldn't go to Vassar. She has to stay close to home because of everything that's going on and was forced then to pick Fawcett, you know, community college. I think that that would have been okay. That would have been two pages of the first issue to get moving. You could have even had those cool, you know, roommates and things that you had in that first issue, they could have just been going to Fawcett. You, Why would they go to Fawcett? I'm like, oh, look, we're going to leave Vassar too in our opening no, I'm week. Saying, no, you would never get to Vassar. I'm okay. saying that she would want it to. That's her dream college. She can't because she can't be away from the family. Billy's gone. All well, these things. What are you going to do with dorms at a freaking community college? You don't. I'm saying they're just in her class. She would oh, just okay. commute. You know, you just meet them. They're I mean, all in Dr. G's class? Yeah. And so in this, there's a lot of stuff being mentioned, but a lot of stuff that's not a lot of stuff being pushed aside. And I just want to go. And I think you said this before when we talked about new champion of Shazam number one. Why is it that you'll get any book? I mean, almost any book, because we'll have a, a similar situation later in this podcast. But you end up, hey, I want to do this DC versus vampires. You get 12 issues. All right. I want to do this. You get 12 issues. Hey, I want to do some Shazam four issues. You get delayed eight months and four issues. <laughs> Tim Sheridan, four issues. And then you come to this four issues. Why is that? Because in my mind, the story with Billy being at the Rock of Attorney, the power shifting him sending it. To, it's bigger than four issues. You need more than four issues to set up a new status quo to one of the most popular characters well, for even you the idea that you know now the magic is all wonky since the rock of eternity fell into hell we had to get that back out we got the four horse when the apocalypse stuck in there billy's got to keep watch but the magic is now there's not enough of it so billy has to stay in there i guess he has a little bit of magic even though they're acting like all the magic's going to marry now none of the other kids in the family none of them get his magic because there's not enough there so they can't have anything because of what Billy's up to. But we still need a protector on Earth. So that's going to be Mary. So the magic is really screwed right now, even though we still have a Black Adam out there. And fucking Teddy, the Black Adam of the 853rd century who came back in time and de-aged and is now at Titans Academy for some reason. But the magic's messed up, guys. Yeah, it's messed up. And I think that, again, something like a Shazam. Oh, but also Freddie Freeman's not dying anymore. He got out of the hospital. He's good now. And so with it, they're pushing that like really aside. Like, hey, Freddie, you OK? I'm feeling good. The problem I have, though, is, is that there's something big going on and we need to hammer that out. We need to hammer what's up with Billy, how we get him back. Even the stuff, if you wanted to go with, you know, Freddie, that stuff, you need to get that done. A four issue mini in my mind is everything's smooth and we just have a couple of ventures. We're doing some fun stuff. There's too much on the plate right now to get this Marvel family together. 
to it's more than four issues. At least give six, at least something and do something where you're going to have to hammer out what exactly the status quo and what's going on. Because I think at the end of this, it will just be them like, oh, man, we got to get Billy back. And like, no, we we have to get him back way before this. Let's get it done. Well, let's give Mary time to shine. That's what we should do. What shine for two more issues? They, you can already well, you see can't that. Use those two issues at the end. Say, you know what? Billy is needed here. No, I'm no, telling Mary's you, that's fine. what they're going to do. I don't think that this ends with just, hey, Mary, you're pretty cool. And the rest of us don't have powers. They're going to end. We're going to have to fix this rock of attorney, get all the power and get Billy back. I, I don't think they're going to do anything but that. This is going to be their way. I think to, we're going to do everything really, but that. Yeah, I, I don't see that, especially with movies coming out and stuff like that. They're going to want to have them. It'll set up another, you know, mini that they'll go and save them. But I don't think you're going to get much of Mary just by herself doing stuff because you already see that, you know, the, the kids are bitching and moaning. They want the power. They're upset. What's such a weird idea because, like, we have Victor and Rosa Vasquez, the foster parents of the kids. They, they've gone missing. Nobody knows where they are. And the kids, like, Pedro is all upset about it to a degree. Like, he's the only one who really shows any emotion about this, where, like, look, we lose things. We lose freaking parents. We lose powers. This is just who we are. So, like, this is, like, who I am. This, I'm not going to worry about it. Eugene, he's diving himself into community college classes, but he doesn't really seem that concerned. And Darrell is like, holy shit, we got a rabbit. I'm going to love it. I'm going to squeeze it. But nobody really feels, like, all that concerned. Even, like, you know, Freddy feels like he's pushed back to the side here. And, like, where we have the aspect, I wanted something along the lines of, what we got in Buffy season five, where she has to deal with the fact that her mother's dead. She's now the legal guardian of Dawn, where she has to go out and like, you know, work at a burger joint to pay the bills because now you have her come back to Philadelphia. She's still going to community college. She can't go to Vassar, but she has a house full of kids and a freaking mortgage and all this other stuff to take care of. Her ass needs a job. I don't know how she's the legal guardian of these kids when she doesn't have a job herself. And even then you end up having it's it's a weird play because again, Billy's missing. I don't know the semantics of that when it comes to you know, the foster care. What do the authorities think about this idea? First, the foster kid, Billy Batson, goes missing and now his foster parents. What's happening in this set the town? And it's a weird play. And again, I'm what I said earlier about Mary and how what I think is going to happen. I do think that what they're doing here is saying, OK, Billy is gone for now. This is our chance to give Mary a little spotlight, but it's just going to come back to Billy. But what are the authorities thinking? Also, because of how this is set up, whether or not. You give me a reason for this, but every page feels weird that they're not thinking about Billy and trying to save him. And they're like, hey, I'm going to college. Oh, yeah, Billy's gone, but we'll keep doing this. The Vasquez's didn't seem that concerned. Nobody seems to be that concerned. Well, with Billy did make the hero's choice. The idea, if you save Billy, you doom the world. So I think we can get past that. Still, but they, I don't know what they know or don't know because all they're getting is word from Hoppy is, hey, Mary gets the power now. Hey, you got to tell them there's not enough to go around. I mean, they're just like, hey, whatever. And even then, I think that what is going on here, possibly Josie Campbell might be trying to give us the stages of grief, maybe, because you end up pissed. Well, I'm just saying what you can have, but I don't know what Freddie would be. But Pedro's pissed. You end up Eugene says that Darla's completely out of her mind, that she's just trying to convince herself. That everything's fine and everything's rosy, but it's not. As Eugene says, Pedro thinks this is all of our fault. Mom and dad had to stay behind because of our stuff. He thinks that if you had gone with you to Vassar, none of this would have happened. But that's Darla's pretending things are okay because that's what she does. Ever since Freddie stabilized and came back from that's your little idea, like how <laughs> Freddie's not dead blurb, anymore. Yeah. But yeah. since he stabilized and came back from the hospital, he's been racked with guilt because he thinks if he still had our powers, we could have stopped whatever happened to them. And that's uh, pretty much all we get for the idea of how the kids think about the powers. 
and the idea that the, the Vasquez is going yeah, towards the Vasquez is and only you get the powers, Mary. Yeah. And if you keep bringing up Billy, it, it skews things and kind of messes it up. But yeah, they're they're probably concerned with him as well or whatnot. But in that, I just I get this weird play here where first off, four issues I don't think is enough for everything they're talking about and what we want, because we love the family. It would just be weird if you had a bionic woman TV show and all they did was like, yeah, I can't wait for Lee Majors to come back. Yeah. Well, again, it would be like having the bionic man show where he's disappeared. And then you have Sasquatch teaming up with Tron. And they don't mention, you know, I I couldn't think of anybody else who'd be in there. You have the (laughs) A-team and the Sasquatch, you know, and they're like, hey, what's going on? We're pretty cool here. Never mentioning the six million dollar man. But this isn't the six million dollar man. This is the bionic woman, essentially. I know. It is. But again, like I said, there's that weird play that everybody should wonder what's going on with Billy and how we're bringing him back and how this is going to go. And so all this, though, ends up where. I don't know. And, and remember, too, that last Shazam book, nobody read. So I don't know how many we people did. even know. We did. I'm saying it sold like crap. So even me, though, I'm just ready for him to come back. We haven't gotten much of Billy. He did have in the Teen Titans deal, uh, Academy. he didn't do anything. He's just standing around moping most of the time. Then he went to well, his like powers Vegas were wonky, and Jim. hell. And, but that's what I want to know about. I well, mean, we're not getting much of this. Because we had Red X do some kind of lightning strike on Titan's tower which then redirected into the Rock of Eternity and gave our heroes their powers back until he needed them back and said, I'm going to go take the Rock of Eternity back. They and I'm need to reset them. all this shit. They need to reset <laughs> But what about Red I mean, X, Jim? Who cares about Red X? They ended up having a big thing about Freddy, and now they just push it off. He's fine. He's stabilized. Freddy was going to die without the power. And now he doesn't have the power, so you have to make it so that stabilized. <laughs> just imagine that, though, the idea for that entire four issues of the Shazam book that we had. Billy's racked with guilt because he can't give Freddy the power because he doesn't have control of his own power at this point in time. He's going to die because of me. Just wait a week. He'll stabilize. Don't worry. It's actually not that bad, Billy. I mean, Billy got so upset about it. He's going to destroy the world because he's going to share the power. But oh, no, he's all right. Oh, okay. It was funny. They were like, well, what really? Oh, yeah. He had the flu. He really, you know, he's a drama queen. He sprained his ankle. He's going to die. And so with this, you are dealing with that. And again, with that idea, Pedro's Pedro feels guilty because they did this so that the Vasquez couldn't go to the deal. You're yeah. starting to jump through hoops a bit to get well, to where works. they are. Uh, but not to me. I, in my mind, I think that all of this would be me saying that then Billy would have been here in this power. And I blame the power. I do all that. But there it has well, to you be always blame everybody so yourself. Well, I would. I mean, Pedro, the idea they weren't really. And that's the other play here. They're not bad kids. I know that they can't be left behind because of their age, but it's a little stretch to say because of us, this and and then even Freddie, he's guilty because if we had this, we'll have that. But it all leads to just having Mary back at home. And now with that, you have to set up another bit of her going off to another school Let's go to and college. having that first day. And here's, here's there's Dr. not enough G, room the new for teacher, this. But don't worry, we don't have enough time with this because outside of Fawcett Community College, we have a car wreck on the highway. It's time to run out of the class on our first day and go and Shazam this up. What's going on out here? Oh, my God. It's a giant flying crocodile. Just to bring the whole thing. I wish it was more of a crocodile man because we are kind of bringing back old Shazam villains. We haven't had a lot of time to really play with them besides for the you know the Monster Society of Evil and the Shazam to like 13 issue or 14 issue book that we had from Jeff Johns. And then before that, we just had Black Adam, essentially. Like, like in this one, at least in the last issue, we had the Disaster Master. So I just kind of wanted the Crocodile Man to be here. But instead, we just got a gigantic crocodile with bat wings eventually so it could fly. 
I think again, you're you're getting a couple wink winks. You're getting yeah. a couple things with that. And uh, but it has one of them cell on, phones on his chest, Jim, like the disaster disaster master had, yeah. and he's being controlled by these three oh, assholes my. that we know nothing about. I just think that this Doctor G, first off, Professor G, I'd be like, "What up, G?" I, I'd say that all the time. I, you know, Obviously. I don't have respect for authority. It's fresh, like that. I'm a fucking freshman year, and I'm cool hey, as hell. G, I'd be. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I'm telling you, I just my face forward and my nose down. But I end up where she's there, though. And as she's talking about it, it's like, hey, welcome to Fawcett Community College. Look at me. I'm a Harvard graduate. I'm like, what the hell happened to you? Why are you working? Here? I wear a T-shirt, a blazer and a rainbow colored scarf to freaking class. I'm the cool professor. She turned that chair backwards day one to talk to the kids on their level. She's like, they don't let you wear scarves like this at Oxford. So I'm going to do it at the community. I'm like, you are really really slumming it with us kids here at the Fawcett Community College here. But hey, but we don't even have any time for Mary to swoon over the freaking professor's T.A. Chad who comes in all hunky with the extra copies. I'm like, she looks at him and then we move it on because we have a giant crocodile in freaking Philly. Troy Aikman walks in. I'm like, holy crap, who's that guy? <laughs> She's Chad. <laughs> I know that made me laugh. Actually, I love where Mary is just sitting there like, "Ooh, Mary likes Chad. And then she has to swoop out. I like, too, that the lady's like, uh, was that seat taken by that girl who was looking at Chad? Where's that? And then she has to go. And that's the thing, too. If you're going to have to walk out of class and Shazam it up because you know you're going to have to, because that's the whole reason that a magical bunny brought you back to Philly. Do not sit in the front row. Yeah, no, you, you don't need that. Anybody know where that girl in the front row went? Again, too, if you're going to play planning. this up. It, it, true. And, and Eric will actually, you know, give this full credence of the idea. I-95. Oh, oh, my goodness. You're going to have a lot of accidents. <laughs> and then after that, you're going to have a lot of fights and then maybe some killings. There's going to be a it's lot actually of shit funny, going down. I, They do have the sign for Interstate 95. here. I, did, I just said that because it's what it is, you know, so I didn't actually think they had any reference of it here. Yeah. It's a, and I thought they. I guess you have to say Interstate 95. You'd probably say I-95 or the Schuylkill. Yeah. But, well, that's what you the know, sign that's was local though. stuff. So, But when they said Interstate 95, we're right next to that. You're going to have crashes. I'm like, oh, yeah, you will. You yeah. will. Yeah, you will. I listen to the radio every morning. Of course you will. When you have those crashes, then you'll hear people fighting because of the delays. I mean, people. that's where Hitchbot ended up as demise, Eric. Actually, I think it was that. Look, I don't, I, I, don't like, I don't want any robots in my city. That is true. I don't either. But... All that going on, there were some funny things in there where they have like a news report. And I kind of wish that they had something a little more like really the deal. It's the stupidest thing. I am so pissed off. It was like Channel 5 News. All you like, have to do is 3, 6, or 10, you know, do it's something like 29. that. 29 back in the day for you. But yeah, you'd have to, you want to do that. But that's but fine. yeah, when they said Channel 5, I'm like, there's no Channel 5. What the hell are you talking about? Uh, but they, she goes off and she does say. Okay, what's been going on lately? Just a simple crash never is going to be a simple crash. You know, my days aren't going this easy. I remember when I was going down the city the other day, and we had to get stopped in traffic from a giant crocodile that grew bat wings. Philadelphia, y'all. If this happens, they're like, man, this is a good day. It, that's the version of Ice Cube's <laughs> East Coast song. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> don't go to Chester. Please, Mary, don't go. Uh, but yeah, you end up having her fight this monster and like you said i wanted the crocodile man i thought that that would be cool i actually was expecting i didn't know what to expect but i thought maybe she'd punch him they'd separate and then and running after i don't know but just having the crocodile was kind of neat uh and so in that though she ends up and hoppy kind of teleports in which is weird that they're playing that thing of that's how you got my backpack like 
What do you think happened? I mean, uh, yeah, stowaway, whatever. But he just because he there. teleports, what what did you think? He's a magic buddy. Yeah, and and that whole deal, like he's there to help her to give messages from Billy and whatnot, and not much else. But she's I just there. expecting the show up like Navi all the time and friggin' you know, uh, uh, Ocarina of Time, where it's like, hey, listen. I'm like, shut up, Hoppy. Yeah, really, that would be funny. Uh you end up Mary punches this crocodile, and then it comes Gut after punch. her. She's trying to get it out of you know a lot of the people population off i-95 we're trying says, to get it to jersey and has the joke it that's it yeah really <laughs> like really goes there and, and then nobody sees and that follow she says that's it follow the the gut punch girl i did like that they use those other guys that use that as trash talk i'm like at least they were paying attention and that's the thing is i have no idea who are these masterminds no are that are putting either. these phones on people's chests and giving them extra superpowers or whatever the hell they're doing because they were just black, you know, shadow people, essentially, with these, you know, blue glowing phones on their chest that are able to use Mary's electricity from her, you know, power of Zeus here and drive it back on her. But the problem with that is not only does it hurt Mary, it hurts Hoppy, the magical yeah, bunny. Hoppy and one thing hit. you don't do, you don't hurt Hoppy, the marble bunny. No, Hoppy's too cute This time, for that. it's personal. It is. And so that going on, again... Normally, you would be able to say to me, well, it's only the second issue, Jim, you know, you know, cool your jets here. But we don't know anything about these guys. And I need well, the a worst little part is we don't know anything about those guys. But Raya Rodriguez of Philly News 5, she doesn't know anything about Mary Marvel here because like, hey, we have a new superhero in the city. I'm like, the Marvel family has been here for a while, whether they've been represented in comics or not. They have done things here. You should recognize this, like the symbol on her chest, the costume, the colors, because they had the whole Marvel family. They've been doing this. Like, hey, what's going on? Are you another Shazam? Are you doing this? Hey, I saw you before, because but even you were when different. We had, Shaz- we had the Batman who laughs go and affect Captain Marvel Shazam before, and he became King Shazam. We know- we saw in that that the Marvel family was out and about doing superhero stuff in Philly, and then they had to go and stop their brother. I mean, this might have been a better play of, oh, my God, we have one of the who Shazam what's characters. Your name? Where have you guys been, and why haven't you been helping? And then she, oh, well, well, yeah, I don't know. And why do you have a rabbit? I can't, no comment. But even then. To see hair. Ask about why there was a big giant crocodile. Maybe they, maybe she knows. There's a lot of crap going down here. And so she ends up, oh, I have somebody to save. Got to go. And then zips off and then gets upset. I wonder what Billy would say. Billy would know what to say. I don't know. Billy's a little wacko himself. But you end up where the big play here is, is Hoppy okay? And then he's just okay. He's like, hey, what what's happened? Thank that was a, goodness. That was a shocking development. It'd be funny Ooh-wee. if he said that, right? But he ends up, his eyes are just open. I'm like, oh, there he is. I thought at this point, and I guess, does Hoppy talk again before the end? I actually thought that maybe that shocked the, the magic out of him, and now she doesn't have any connection, and it's just a rabbit. But you don't really get anything yet from him. He just opens his eyes. So we'll see. But she ends up going and then realizes well, she zapped the Shazam lightning out of him and he's no longer the Shazam bunny. Yeah, that's what I'm saying that maybe there's some sort of deal like she really needs to talk to Hoppy, maybe get a message from Billy or two and all of a sudden she can't. He's not that right now, but he'll be back. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But then she walks by a, a, you know, a building and it has all of these missing signs on Victor it. and Rosa aren't the only one missing. There's a lot of people missing in Philadelphia and we got to get to the bottom of it. I'm like, oh man, they got Brian Butler. Holy crap, they got Alan Armstrong too, Eric. Remember him, Al? Alan? Big Al Armstrong. They got him. It'd be funny if you just have like Charles Barkley on there. Like, oh no, that's terrible. But you end up with, <laughs> I like that Victor Vasquez <laughs> and Rose are like right there. Like he, he, they do it well. I'm, well, they are the newest people missing. They would be on the front. I just like the idea that however it's done, 
your eyes, maybe it's the shadow of her, but they go directly to them. And then you can look at the others like Brian Butler and uh, poor Brian Butler or Susan Kent. She's in trouble to her. And then Charles Barkley. Uh, it's funny you got yes. these guys who are like Brian Butler and like all these other people that you're talking like Alan Armstrong. I wonder if they're going to turn out to be those three shadowy figures at the end because they went missing and became these monsters. And this is a little thing here. You might be right. You actually might be right. If they're like, oh, man, are you OK, Brian Butler? Hey, you know me, Alan Armstrong. The other one, I don't see his picture, but there's a name that's pretty well heard. Jack Weston. Yeah, Jack. <laughs> also over there, Chase, Chase Yale. Yale. Oh, my. Chase Yale. He's pretty cool. And well, that's what Kent. I wanted Mary to do, but she was chasing Vassar instead. Ah, uh, that is true. She, she went lower. Hey, no Vassar bashing. Uh, but with all of that, I still like it. And the uh, hold on, hold on. If you go down to the bottom after, don't read the comments for like, you know, next issue. Don't read the comments. What is this one? Because it cuts off the name. But why is there a, a Christopher in parentheses? Like, I mean, yeah, I've yeah, like, yeah. Why is this guy get a nickname? It's a kid something I want to say, but why are you giving nicknames in this whole thing for the missing persons? It's Christopher Kid Smack Johnson. You know, Kid Smack. I don't know. Why would you have that? It's ridiculous. Christopher James Owsley Priest. Did one of those people, <laughs> any of the people that go, none of them, well, you end up where they look like the blue men type deal with it. So I can't say that one of them looks like a lady because I want Susan Kent to be one of them. But. Susan Kent, she's back, I don't know, at the Bordego hanging. But you would get that idea where, oh, no, the ones that were missing were turned into these things. Next up are Rosa and Victor, so they have to go pretty quick. So I think that's a good call. I think that might be the case. Then on the other side here, who's on this other side here? Uh, Nioko Meredith seems to be oh, missing as well. The panel above that where there's Roger Parsons as well. Oh, Roger Parsons. I heard that he at one point was the basis for ELO. <laughs> The Alan Parsons. Oh no, it's Alan Parsons' brother. The less successful Roger. Uh, <laughs> actually, he's the tour manager of Pink Floyd. I heard. Uh, so all of this going down, it's an easy book to like because it looks great, and it look it oh, just yeah. gives you that smile on your face when you look at it. I, I can't that I'm telling that. you, I'm biased just because I like all these things about Philadelphia being thrown in there, and also combining Philadelphia with Fawcett City and this weird little amalgam of things that I do love in my area and stuff like that. So I'm a little bit biased in that front. This is a downer issue. It's a weird situation where I thought when I was reviewing on the site that I ended up giving it a 7 out of 10. I ended up giving it a 7.5 because I'm still enjoying the series, even though this left me wanting more because you're essentially starting over in number two. And you only, like we said at the beginning, only have a four issue series. I'm like, that's a weird play to do. And I wish we would have started with this to begin with, because even the idea is like, maybe there was just the idea where Mary just didn't have like, you know, I know she's smart. She could probably just get like, you know, a freaking, um, a, uh, what the hell is it called when you're a smart person, you get into college with it, a, a um, scholarship. scholarship. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure she could do that. But the idea of her being a foster kid, maybe she couldn't get to the college she wanted because she didn't have enough money here and had to go to community college for a while to save up. Something along those lines. I just wish she we could have done that. She could have gotten some heavy financial aid. Exactly. Something. And I'm, that's what I think she did, honestly. But just the idea, I wish we just would have started here in Philadelphia to begin yeah, with foster community too. college because that first issue, while it did set up some things going forward with the idea of the uh, disaster master and our big trio of baddies here. It just I needed that here because I need to I need to have enough time for the story to really do what it needs to do. Change the things around in this issue. She ends up where you could even have her say, yeah, I really wanted to go to Vassar, but I couldn't because I had to stay behind. And somehow she goes off to class. The, the parents can get 
kidnapped at any point. Or even the idea, if you play off the idea that Freddie Freeman had been in the hospital for a while, Victor and Rose are bogged down with hospital bills, and you know she has to stay behind and help with the kids and yeah, get a job for the family. Behind. Something along the lines, just so we can keep her in Philadelphia and not waste what feels like an issue. In my mind, thinking of how you would do it, you could just have started with her in that first day in the classroom, the same classroom she's in in this, saying, yeah, I know, I was supposed to go to Vassar, things happened, blah, 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 boom, accident, and her go out, and that could be disaster master. You didn't have to, like, that fight with a crocodile really didn't do much. You could have just done, and that would have been the first issue. We would have had everything that we got last issue and advanced it to get to a second issue and have something going. It's a real shame that you're going to have to really pack things in. And I, uh, the problem is, me and you love the family. We love Pedro, Eugene, Darla, Freddie. Like, there's not enough room for all this with two issues left, and that's what worries me. That's what ends up going. And to have these villains that are so mysterious, you know, that we have no idea what's going on. I'm just worried. I'm worried. But I uh, did you say your score? You're giving a seven. Well, five? that's the thing. Is I, I gave it a seven five on the site. I want to go down to a seven I'm just because seven. I want more out of this whole thing, even though I still enjoy the series and look forward to the next issue. And I love Mar- Mary as well. Like we said, when I'm saying that I don't think they're going to go very far with it, I, I do like Mary. And I don't think that I've heard heard a couple people getting upset but nobody can get upset with mary being the center of this because it's mary she's always been around she's awesome so with that i wouldn't have minded if this wasn't ongoing and eventually billy would come back but I would like to have more of Mary. You're going to come back for it, Billy, because just... we got a new champion of Shazam. We don't need you around no more. Go find your daddy. He'll like be last back time. to the infected again. He'll come <laughs> back all pissed off. I don't need King Shazam. No, we don't need that. Nobody does. But yeah, I just I hope that we're wrong. I hope that there is enough room for at least a story set up. I do think that we're going to get issue four, and it's going to say to be continued in 2023. Well, that's the thing is it feels like one of those ideas of the Nubia and the Amazon series where everything just keeps being four issues and I wait till the next thing where we continue the story in this. And I'm like, I don't need that. Just tell me a goddamn story. I'm, I'm with you. Why do we have to wait? Even like people who but may are you, have been Are you enjoying... gauging people's reactions? Because if they're not reacting this very well, you're, we're yeah, not coming back. Because even, you know, Batman Beyond Mark was talking about the Batman Beyond Neo year. Yeah. And that has at the end of that. And that got six issues. And you end up, hey, come back in 2023. We'll be back. Well, Jim, High five. The thing is, Batman Beyond New Year Year did have the ethical question about can you kill life when it's artificial life? I know you can. You pull the plug and you get done with it. I don't. We're want, talking about this computer, not your need, father. I'm telling you, yeah, really, that too. Right. <laughs> and when I saw that guy eat, he ate like a machine, Eric. So that I knew there was problems. <laughs> and so in that, though, I don't want at a point where I go downstairs to heat up my coffee and my microwave is trying to put my pants down. No, it's telling you to put some pants on because it's, it might be that's artificial life, but it still has to see it. Well, that's the thing, too. I ended up where I took it the wrong hey, way. Hey, Batty, put some pants on. Wait a minute. I have- Sorry, microwave. Sorry, microwave. I misread your signals. My my family's right above here. They're like, what the hell is he talking about? Well, dad's lost it finally. Dad's doing it now. Then they come down tomorrow and I'm there. I'm like, Playing D&D with the microwave. Now me and the microwave are best friends. You're the friend I always need at microwave. This sounds amazing. Yeah. Would you call Just him micro naked. or would you call him wavy? Would you, would, call, him would you call him Or would you call him like, hey, high power? Like that. Do you ever, have you ever legitimately adjusted the power setting on your microwave? Have you ever, as like, a kid, the, because I somebody told me something about something with popcorn and I tried. I think I might have just screwed up all the settings and couldn't get back. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, every time I look, I'm like, 
We still have those settings there for that low and high. I'm not baking a turkey dinner here. I'm eating up my coffee. That's basically what I'm doing. You jack that shit on high. I don't need that low. That is a microwave that's not trying enough. I don't need that, Eric. I need my microwave. That thing's been trying to get my pants off for years. And eventually he'll make signals. <laughs> eventually he'll get it. Ah, uh, but with that, we'll go to the next book. Speaking of sexiness, Eric, what are we talking about next? Somebody told me this was a hateful book, but then hateful. I read it. I'm like, I don't know what the hell he's talking hateful. about. But this is Poison Ivy number four, written by G. Will Wilson with R5, Mariko Takara, Arif Prianto, Hassan Atsmane Ehel. Oh, man, I'm going to butcher that. But that's what we got here, where Poison Ivy continues her road trip across country to get herself to Seattle, where she is murdering everybody she can along the way with the fungus that's coming out of her body, the spores. And she's figured out a way to take this to the whole next level because while going cross country and is killing off people in diners and assholes in vans who want to show off their van life kind of stuff at gas stations, she's realized the best way to get the people is to work at Amazon and send out packages left and right, because that's going to reach everybody everywhere. And that's the story. But to get there, you also have to go with, Hey, you know, I don't really want to tell stories here. I just want to get her one place to the next, maybe have a little pit stop. So what we need is awful guy who's boss, George Halloran, who's sexually assaulting his workers. All that is, is a very, I I hate to say that sort of thing's a convenient thing, but it's a very convenient trope to to just get her to be mad. That's all it is. I mean, this guy has one trait. He's handsy. That's it. Nothing else. At least this is set up where he is an awful boss who does not appreciate or care about his employees and is just going to use the power that he has to lord over them and do whatever he sees fit. Because even the idea where we find out from Timothy, one of the workers on the line at this pseudo Amazon type facility, pretty much that they are, some of them are like former convicts and this is the only job they can get. So the boss man, George Howard, he lords that shit over them. They need this job because it's their only way of pulling in a living. And he, they need to like you know follow his rules of you can't take piss breaks. And if you shit, got to shit yourself, you're going to shit yourself because you're going to have to stay on the line. You can't fall behind. And the thing is, he's set up. He's a horrible boss. We see that through and through. When you have the freaking coworker who he's sexually harassing this whole time, uh, Jessalyn, when Poison Ivy goes, when she finds out that she's constantly sexually harassing this, whole, this man, this woman, I mean, and goes to the boss man and pretty much puts the whammy on him, is going to kill him and makes him write this freaking, you know, letter to HR and his boss about how the other workers deserve raves and how he's a piece of shit before he dies. She comes back, essentially, you know what? He'll never bother you again. You know, I don't even think you ever see him. Jessalyn just goes and starts making out with Poison Ivy on her second day, probably even her first day on the job. I think it's and her first like, hour. You want to get out of here? Yeah, let's get out of here. I'm like, Jessalyn, we just established you need this job. You can't even take a piss break. And now you're fucking taking off of this woman you just met. Jessalyn is out of nowhere. There's no motivation here. This is just some way to get some like sexual tension in there and like talk about Harley. I'm sorry, George Howard, he is one of the most developed characters I've ever seen compared to <laughs> Jessalyn. No, they're both awful because, again, here's a guy I thought the play was that he owned the place at first. So then, yeah, I get it. Like, because he just goes, hey, we're going to have our little, you know, interview. Let's see if you're good to go. And it's like, hey, you want to have this job? Yeah. Do you, will you stand there and piss in a bottle? Sure. All right. You're hired. Let's put you on the line. And then it just got nothing is developed. Well, the thing is, the first one's like, let's just show you the ropes. Let's take a look around. I think that might be the, like the first part of the interview. And then she comes back for and her then first she's just day. Hired and she's on. I don't even I don't even know that she seems to come back. I think he goes, well, if you like it enough, we can get going now. Get it. Get your ass out there. Because when, when she's back, she's already has her uniform on like Jessalyn it's has. It's just weird, though, where there's no development. There's no setup. So you have to go. This guy is a character through and through where nothing's I'm telling you, I'm surprised because there is a 
a picture of this guy and his wife. He looks like he's out grilling, and I'm surprised he's not hitting his wife across the face with that. You don't spatula. take pictures of that. I'm telling you, somebody actually, he's proud this of it. This is like Facebook or Twitter. You put on your best no, face for other people. he's proud of it. I'm telling you, this is so bad that I swear to God why this doesn't just start right away of like, yeah, you're a hot chick. Get there on the line, baby. And it just is just thrown at you of, he's handsy. Watch, I see it. And where you end up having Pamela is like, I've seen people like this. Like, what are the chances? Not seen. I've had a former boss like George Howard, you know, the green man. I'm like, who the fuck are you talking about? I'm just saying, at one point, all we can assume at this point in time is that she's being followed and pursued by Jason Woodrow, who was her boss back in college, who turned her into like the Poison Ivy character that we know her to be, who she thinks is pursuing her. Since when did he ever go by the Green Man, and why are we calling him the Green Man and not the Floronic Man or any of the other names he's gone by that wasn't the Green Man? I'm telling you, they're there talking. You end up having this whole setup with Jesslyn, and I think that they're, uh, yeah, Pamela goes, let me get another opinion. I'm going to go over there and talk to that girl. And they're like, hey, what's up with this? What's up with the Boston things? And this lady's like, oh, you wouldn't believe it. Like, I couldn't get a job anywhere. This boss was so nice. He let me work here even with a record. And well, what about Hansy? Oh, no, no, he's not Hansy. That's just that Jesslyn, she's got a, you know, a bad shoulder. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, it's so not developed here with that only one side. We have no Victim other share. choice. We have records. We have this. We have to do this. And then it ends up that this guy is completely awful. 100% just so. Pamela then could say, I, I don't know why she cares. I mean, this actually goes against her plan to care. She should not care anything well, about this. Well, she is this. starting to. She has the last two issues, but though. At this point, though, she's still packing up boxes. That's what she should be doing now. Maybe do that a couple more times. Five minutes into the job, she's like, yep, I'm going to go kill this guy. And then goes and, and does then I'm going to leave work and I'm going to go bang this woman I just met because she started kissing me at work. You're I'm right, like, though. Jessalyn is, is even less developed. She is just there to throw herself at Abby. I want to see the most important part of this. The next day when they show up at the work and it's a crime scene and Jessalyn is taken away for possibly murder because she has a motive. I don't know. How well, not only that, but she out. disappeared after the boss yeah, was murdered. She left with Pamela. So there's the idea. If they have any cameras in here, Pamela goes into the deal. He starts growing, you know, crazy bark and shit out of him. And then Tara and, and her honestly, just, just these people on the line packing boxes and sending them out. I know you need this job, but if some fucking some woman comes in who's growing shit out of her freaking arms and face <laughs> and stuff like that. And you can constantly see the growth and stuff coming off from like, I am not talking to this woman. I'm not working next to this woman. I might freaking, you know, record or not. I am not sitting next to this because I, it, it's gross. I can't deal with that shit. I don't even know that she's like, you know, she has a poisonous fungus. that's going to kill everybody that's in her. That's like, I mean, spreading when out, you're but reading it nowadays, you'd be like, holy shit, I'm not getting near that person. Even so, I do kind of like Timothy. He's little, he's like the Ferris Bueller there. He's little, he's got wise cracking mouth on him and stuff. Kind of funny. But like you said, you're not allowed to leave the line. You need this job desperately because you can't get any other job and you need the money. And all of a sudden you're smooching and let's get out of here. In the point where you could even say, well, Timothy goes, well, you're lucky it's 530 and we're clocking out. No, he says, I guess I'm covering for you assholes. <laughs> like, really? And they go off. And what's going on here? It's, and only they, it's not even up. like they go out for like a rendezvous in the parking lot. They go back to Jessalyn's and spend the night. I'm like, the entire freaking work shift is over. And even the idea where Jessalyn's so happy that, you know, you took care of George. Not the idea of murder, but like, he'll never bother you again. And like, as far as she's concerned, but you grab a hold of this lady's face and you smooch her so goddamn hard. I'm like, 
that, that's kind of coming on strong because you just met this woman. But also, yeah, you don't she's know got what green shit growing on her face. That you're grabbing a hold of and putting your lips to. Why are you so gross, Jessalyn? Have more have more respect for yourself. I'm not upset really about this part, but really, you are having a girl saying that somebody is unwantingly touching you and her, and then she just grabs Do it immediately. who she never even knew and starts kissing her. Very odd play there. But even so, with that. This is all, everything is there as a trope to set up just the one thing. Okay, Pam's here at the boxes. Okay, she gets some of the things out, but I'm not going to let this happen. She goes and kills a guy. Then to get it so that she can end up making out with this girl to go back to her apartment, they make sweet love while of the mind Harley is, you know, cuckolded, just sitting there waving. I'm like, okay. I actually like this. It's whatever. But even then, you're just setting up nothing. This, this issue didn't really advance anything in the overall story it just ends up with the same that she it just keeps doing that of her wanting to live now well that's the thing is she doesn't exactly she's continuing on the mission she's setting out these packages making sure she can affect as many people as possible when she is with jesslyn she's trying her hardest they're using her powers to make sure that she doesn't infect jesslyn because she does care about this person she doesn't want to care about people but along the way we see that she is but we do progress the story we're out of nowhere we have a giant Plant-based monster break in the freaking room and attack P- Pamela Isley to the point where she has to then kill it. Oh my God, what's that? The green man's coming for me. I gotta leave. No, you should stay. Gonna be more dangerous for you if I stay. I got to go. Yeah, I, I don't think that that, that advances the green it man. one page. I, it's not much. Well, now we know that Pamela Isley's gonna be... Now the like, green man, she knows that it's for real now. Other people are saying this. This is not in her head with this weird green connection that she has. It's going off and on. But the idea now... She's going to go after the green man instead of she's going to become the hunter, not the hunty. But the weird play is I'm not even that into this book that much. But I said right well, I away that that's what it is. She's going to go after Woodrow, the green man, that she had problems with her and the gardener back in the day. It seemed to be set up. Now, with that, here's the thing. This was supposed to be, what, a six issue mini at first? I don't know what it was supposed to be. It is selling well. It's doing very well. So you would want to extend something that is going well. But I think we're doing a swamp thing thing here again where we're not going anywhere and you were almost what would have been done that season one. And I don't know what the play here was. Is it that it got extended because it is selling well? And she said, Oh my God, can I have more time to let it breathe? And then they said, yes. And that's how she ended up going. Or was this always, because not much is going on in four issues overall in this. It's just going from one place to the next, kind of reiterating the same thing, maybe killing some people and slowly gaining the humanity back. See, when was announced that things, it got extended? Because for some reason, I always think it was supposed to be 12 issues. Got an extension probably like two months ago or something, a month or two ago, uh, where it said that it would get some more issues. And I said even then, it was kind of like the Swamp Thing deal. Uh, so we'll have to see what the deal is. Or maybe it's going to 18. I don't know. But the idea of it, it was extended. So we'll have to see. Uh, I'll, t- I'll look it up when we're done. I'll tell you what it was. But it was one of the news things that I ended up doing at one point. So. We'll have to see the deal. Uh, but what would you give this at the end? Well, that's the thing is that some of the art here, it's been the same. I believe it's been the same artist the whole time. Some yeah. of the stuff I really enjoy. But when we start out the issue with Pamela having an interview with George Howard in there, I look at their faces and for some reason they just look wrong to me. And it bothered me. And I didn't get into the art for it to like half the issue, it felt like. But ultimately, George Howard is the most developed character that we have here. And he is just an over the top piece of shit who can be cannon fodder for Poison Ivy, which is a problem because the friggin' supporting cast. It's nothing. We continue on with the idea of Poison Ivy wanting to do her, you know, her mission here, which I'm all for. And I like where we end the issue. But ultimately, there's a lot of nothing yeah. here. So I'm going to give it a six out of She's ten because there are aspects I like. But I don't know. It's, it's diminishing returns for how we're working with the idea where, you know, like Poison Ivy, Pamela Isley, 
is finding her humanity where she thought there was none and is like second guessing her mission of killing everybody. But it's just, you know, it's more of the same, but with less return each time to the point where half the character, like that, that motel owner last issue was way more developed than anybody here. And all that bitch wanted to do was make a garden. <laughs> That's all she wanted. She wanted a garden and went crazier. I, I did look it up while you were talking. Uh, August 10th, it seems as when the news came out, it was extended from 6 to 12. So oh, nice. with that, you know, just recently, it ended up being extended. So it was going to be six issues. And again, if that was, you know, the case, now we you kind of have to reset and whatever. But yeah, what do you do was, now? <laughs> if that was the case, what would we be saying without those next six? We'd be like, what is happening in this? Nothing is going. And that really, you know, deal just seems odd. And if you were going to tell a full story in six, and then you're going to tell it in 12, ooh, wait. Maybe, though, uh, it could lead to something. Like six more issues from where we are right now. She just continues finding her humanity <laughs> yeah, from town there. to town. Town to town. And killing pieces of shit where they need to be killed. You could end up having, she's the green Slaying hood rats left and right. Yeah, really. Uh, she could maybe team up with a little swamp thing or something. Maybe we'll get that. Maybe we'll get something good that the extension will actually really kick in and we'll get some things that we wanted. But in the meantime, just doesn't seem to be progressing much. It just seems to be one of those books. It's like. Hey, what's Ivy up to now? If you've been enjoying, you're like, I like this little deal. I like what she's talking. I, I agree. Ivy Humanity's had to get awful. a job at Amazon to continue put, like poisoning people across the country. But also she needed a job because gas prices are astronomical yeah, right now. And she that, still yeah. has to get her ass to Seattle. How's she going to get her ass to Seattle? On that? And I'm telling you, that van that she stole from those people. Gas that, guzzler. Yeah, that's not getting good gas mileage. You know it isn't. Holy crap. It, it's way down, first off, by the dead bodies of the people that are now a garden. It's for winter. You know, you got to put a lot of weight in the back to get through yeah, the snow exactly. and ice. That is true. You're not allowed to use chains anymore. So she uses bodies in the back. Oh, my goodness. I'm a six out of it's ten. It's not great. And I, I do like the art for the most part when it ends up getting like trippy and, you know, when you get the attack yeah. and the Green Man stuff. But you're the right. The beginning just threw me off for some reason. It feels a little off, almost like, eh, who wants to draw a factory? Let's get our ass to the cool stuff. But I, I do like it when it does get to the cool stuff. But overall, I'm still just grasping at the idea of what this book is about, why it needs to be, because I know what we need to have with Pamela and maybe what we could get the war of the green, Eric, that you want. But in this, it just is like a little weird character study, but hardly that now. So I end up getting thrown off by it. But speaking of thrown off, Eric, I think I was thrown off the trolley on this book, especially this issue, because we're going to continue with Multiversity Team Justice number four. It hasn't been good. I don't know that anybody's reading this. I'm guessing that we're talking about a book that maybe 30% of the people listening, and that might be going high. what are you talking about, Jim? The art and the colors look great in this book. Why wouldn't you want to at least want to buy it to look at it? Maybe it's because of a certain thing like, Written by Danny, Laura, and Ivan Cohen. There's a segue. I'm worried about the words. Marco Failia, Enrica, Aaron, Angelini, and Carlos Emanuel. And this story, it's gotten more complicated than it ever needed to be. The evil Green Lanterns of Earth 11 are working through the Church of Blood to maybe suck the fear out of people and put them in vials for something. Maybe. I, I maybe. mean, in this where Fuck. there's no reason you're going into a book that's based on the multiversity and Earth 11. 
That is yeah. already a bit Show of me teen justice. Yeah, that's going to be a bit of a hurdle for some people, but they might be interested. Oh, my God. The, the gender bent world and the DC multiverse. And so when it was first announced, people, you know, clap back at it with that idea. Oh, more gender swapping. No, no, no. It's fine. This is the earth has done this. What I'm saying is you're fighting an uphill battle a bit. So you have to end up really going and telling a great story, a coherent story, and maybe, <laughs> maybe doing a story I know, <laughs> coherent, maybe do a story that isn't exactly the fanciest. Just set up the good guys. Just, Just show us the-, the team and the earth to get a concept because you know what that could then lead to? More stories More. here. If it ends up being at least something How that quaint. people can read this and say, oh my God, I never knew about Earth 11 or these heroes. It's really neat. And the story sure was is. real fun. At least that's what I and thought. None of those things happen in this. None of those things. This thing ends up where Danny, Lauren, and Ivan Cohen are like, okay, we have this three pound bag. Anybody have 80 pounds of shit that I could shove in it? Because I'm going to try. We're in this gender bent world of the Justice Guild. You have Star Sapphire, Carol Farrow. She's one of the Justice Guild members. She's essentially like the Hal Jordan of this world. But instead of Green Lanterns, it's Star Sapphire. because That's what she is. And in that, it's like the idea is a little bit reverse word. So it looks like an Earth 3 for how it's played, because now that's the good side, the Star Sapphire. The Green Lanterns, like Star Sapphire used to be, where she was a villain of the Green Lantern, that's what Hal Jordan seems to be here. But all of the Green Lanterns are villains, and for some reason, they're being led by Sinestra and Kilowog, who have come to Earth and infiltrated the Church of Blood for some reason, somehow, have killed off Father Fury and Sister Blood, or Sister Blood. I'm it's all messed up this because I'm trying to do everything opposite what it normally is in our world. But the idea is like, they're all here. They're the big bad behind this. And we just have people on, was it Corto Maltese in the second issue? Who are like, you know, who had been turned to old, like dust. Old people been, had been killed and all the children had been turned to old people. And that's how the, the, the place was left. And you had two assassins, Thunder and Lightning, who were there. It's like, oh my God, we were hired by people. But once we saw what's happening, we can't do this. But everything still kind of started back with the idea, man, we got to get that Dr. <laughs> Dr. Stone's technology here for some reason. And I have no idea. Now, the thing is, I haven't thought about any of this in months. And the idea of just, I'm just continuing on the team, just issue by issue here, trying to follow along with each issue, what to do. Now that we're actually talking about it, and I'm thinking about it out loud. I'm like, holy it's, shit, yeah, there's yeah. so much here that I have no idea and how it connects. The at all. And, all, and the thing is, even with the sentence, this whole little monologue that I've been given, all I wanted to say in all this, just tell me how the Green Lanterns work here. Yeah, I, even then, why even get that? In, I, I, the whole point of this. Because at least they're the bad guys. Just tell me how they work. And again, Danny Lore, I've read a bunch of things from Danny Lore. Garbage. I mean, that's just me, but garbage. And Ivan Cohen, I don't really know much about. But even so, you can tell when somebody has it and when they don't. The idea of not having I it don't. is the idea of having the these issues say. and end up throughout the whole deal where instead of resolving little things as you go, you end up making them snowball to where issue four, it's almost impenetrable. You have shit going on that your head is spinning. You can't even tell who's doing what. They start talking about things as if we should, and it's hard to even understand what they're saying or doing, and everything falls apart. At one point, we have also, you have this whole deal, Earth 11, right? You have the the teen justice. Man, this is going to be awesome. And you introduce this girl, Gigi, for no reason. Oh, my God, Gigi, the character for the people. Oh, yeah. The, the, we we don't need a point of view character who isn't Through a point of view this, character. Starting at the beginning, we have a runaway girl who's come to New York to start a new life. And we have narration telling us all about Gigi, how 
Gigi didn't have many friends, and then she went and got seduced by the Church of Blood, who then brought her in, and she disliked being a part of something, part of a family that accepted her for who she is. But even the idea now, we start the issue. Yesterday, the Church of Blood, Gigi had to be brave. That's why she was able to even get to New York. But if that was true, why'd she feel like a coward? She was leaving Troy's side because she and the other initiates had to hand out flyers for a huge event in the park. Whatever Troy did wasn't her business. That wasn't fear. But sometimes a certain amount of fear can be a good thing. It protects you from taking foolish risks and from seeing terrible <laughs> things, terrible truths. Oh my goodness. This has nothing to do with Gigi. What the fuck does this have to do with Gigi? She's been handing out flyers in the park. It's Gigi. I don't care about Gigi. She doesn't know flyers. about anything going on nefarious in the Church of Blood. At points, she's just disappeared. At points, she's hey, gone off and hey, done Troy, this. I'm so happy that you came to join the Church of Blood just like me. Isn't this place great? All right, we got to go right now. Got to go get some more people for this big event later. I'm such a coward, a piece of shit. Oh, man, I hate what myself. What is this, Gigi? I'm Gigi, and I hate myself. I'm a Gigi. There's no reason for any of this. Give us a story. Raven's soul self has been lost inside of a vortex inside the Church of Blood, and now we just see the Ra- Raven's soul self has actually come to Troy to look for help while Raven's actual self is out there with the Teen Justice trying to make their way in to combine both of them together. But we also have the Green Lanterns who are trying to kick their asses. And so while this is going on, the soul self... Of Raven is there trying to explain what's going on to Troy. Good They're luck. going. And then all of a sudden, oh no. I've tried. Who are you going to call? Lady Kilowog, who comes out as a Ghostbuster. Just like, imagine this. Happened? We have Raven's soul self, which nobody in this book understands. Not even no. Raven to a degree, it seems <laughs> like, for where they, he comes from. But the idea that you have the Green Lantern Kilwag come in here with a freaking gun that specifically grabs freaking sco- spirit soul selves and sucks it inside the gun and puts it into a tube. I'm like, what is that? Yeah, what I, is I, that? What is that? What's going on? Like, you are just fudging everything along the way. Is that what we're taking? Because are we sucking people's life yeah. forces or their lives? Or like, this is what this is like. Can you just suck people away? Like, how did you know this was so so? What is this? My microwave says yes, Eric. Uh, you end up with this going on where this is my problem with all this. This awful storytelling that is going on here because the art is fully wasted. The storytelling here, if you're going to fudge shit, if you're going to do stupid shit, at least make it resolve something. Yeah, we may say, oh, man, you went with that. To su-. But no, they just fudge shit to fudge shit and nothing solved. Nothing is explained. You end up having just people yelling at this point. I am so confused about anything Green Lantern, anything with Sinestra. I have no idea what's going on. You know what irked the shit out of me? We had to like we had we had to make Chip a woman in this whole thing. And like, all right, Chip, what's going to be Chip's female name? Chipolita. I'm like, Chipolita. no, no, fuck you. What, what is that? You can't just do that. You have two writers, and I don't know who's the main deal, whatnot. I'll never know, because none of these wackos, they're going to talk to me. But you end up where... I don't think that makes them wackos. I think that makes them sane. <laughs> Actually, it does. Uh, but you don't have any clue of how to tell a story. You don't have anything to say about these characters. So what you do is get, say, a you know Kyle Rayner. I'm going to put you in my freezer. And in that, it's one of those things. That's that how you know Kyle's bad in any this Any other book, you would have people lose their minds. Nobody's reading this, no. so that's not the thing. And then I think that in their mind, they're like, get this, we're taking it back. No, you're not. You're not taking shit back. I wish you'd take this script back and write another one because you stink. And so in this, it's tropes on top of questions, on top of enigmas, on top of mysteries, on top of whisper down the lane. And what you end up is a pile of garbage. At one point, you end up realizing that, oh, my God, 
these weapons are fused and connected to these people that if we oh, take even them that. when you when you have the initiates of the church of blood who are then going to confront the teen justice in the basements of the church of blood here and they're all construct green lantern weapons so they have like riot gear shields baseball bats and they're wearing freaking masks to protect themselves from gas for whatever reason but the idea all right we got kid quick here we're just going to go quickly go and take all these construct weapons away from but for some reason if you take the weapons away from them construct. they die and i'm like why and so you say why they never give the weapons back to those kids that they took those from just then they end up where ramen like oh my god we can't disarm them i know the weapons are connected to their bodies if we take them away they die they just drop those oh, guns well. those, those people are in the corner dead well look we can all assume at this point in time that raven goes and becomes you know the terrifying raven that he becomes in this issue and they're all transported to a hell dimension with their construct weapons where they're all fine. You know, where they're all happy in that hell dimension because, again, they don't want to hurt these people because they are just, you know, taking advantage of innocent people or whatnot. But how do you get where a construct, a construct weapon ends up being fused to you? Again, like linked it could, we, could, we could have a great explanation about this, but it's because they refuse to tell us how the Green Lanterns work in this universe. We don't know because even the point where Kyle goes and it seems like the idea of how you charge your ring is you suck the life force from people maybe if you make it into that the green lantern becomes volthoom well what what's weird to me too is where you're not just going with this this is earth 11 it's the gender swap deal but then characters are evil as if they're on earth three then that doesn't make sense and the idea where if you went and told me that the constructs with these are the living will kind of thing but then they have to graft it you can make an excellent they don't do anything they just throw things out and it's willy-nilly you're just there and wondering what the hell hit you. And that's how I was with this. I mean, this issue is just a convoluted mess where you have scenes like even the idea where I want answers. And instead of answers, uh, the thing that I learn is, you know, Troy used to play a game that's kind of like the basketballs, but with severed with heads. heads. And now he's no. doing the, the, you know, NBA Paradise jam. Island. <laughs> like, really, he's there. He's like, but again. That plays off another idea of just like an Earth. I don't know that they realize what's going on here. I don't know that somebody editorialized should get to them and say, do you know what you fuck you're doing? Because I don't think you do. I think that you're mixing all this shit up together. And I can only assume that whoever's the editor on this probably has no clue themselves. So who knows? But in that. You just stop to say, hey, look at me. I play basketball and I can do this. And then you have Kilowog, Lady Kilowog, kick him and he lands in the basket. I, and then just nonsense, just nonsense. But that's when you end up having Kyle show up. When you have the idea then that our teen justice there in the basement and the day before that is when Troy was being attacked by like, you know, the Green Lanterns. So now when they finally get there, he is strapped up to this machine that possibly is taking the life force from, I don't know, the fear out of him. I don't know what the Green Lanterns are doing, but along the, these tubes of green mist that are around this machine, it's one that's purple, which we saw the Killwog grabbed Raven's soul self, and that was a purple tube for some reason. Well, that's just hanging out around them like it's the freaking, the crystal font at the Fortress of Solitude. Just a Man. bunch of tubes with green. This one happens to be purple. And for whatever reason, when Kid Quick shows up and says, oh my God, Troy, wait a minute. <laughs> hey, that tube, it looks familiar. And then Kid Quick, as, as they pick it up, they also drop and say, oops. Oops, hope that wasn't important, you guys. I, I don't know why any of that just happened, but the I, like it's just to free Raven's soul self to connect with Raven, but there's no reason for Kid Quick <laughs> to pick this one individual tube uh, up and say, hey, this looks familiar. Oopsie tasties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this book sucks. And like you said, 
Gigi. And Gigi just shows up randomly at Spuds. Hey, look at me, I'm Gigi. Oh, hey, Gigi, what up? But even when we get Raven's soul self back, our big thing, we've gotten Troy back, we got Raven's soul self back, Raven just goes ham then with the power that they have, and they teleport out of there. But for whatever reason with this, when they get back to the city, like the Great Lawn and Central Park, what what was that? Where's Raven? He needs to explain what that, gone. And he's not the only one. And like, Robin's are kid too, past the horizon before. So for whatever reason, Raven, when they all come to and they're transported back to, the, like, you know, New York, has gone off with Kid Quick, and I have no idea why. And everybody's just left behind with Supergirl, you know, uh, Aqua Girl, uh, Clary Ann, Clary Ann, and, uh, like, Troy here. But I'm like, I, everything just keeps happening. But just in the background, the only thing that, that ties anything together, you happen to see one of the initiates of the Church of Blood, Gigi, heading out a pamphlet to people in the background. And I'm like, why are you spending more time on Gigi than anybody else? I'm telling you, it's just one panel here at the end of the issue, and the first panel in the beginning, or the first page. Let's just say the first page, and it seems like Gigi has more work done to them than anybody else here because it's just scene to scene with these weird transitions to get there, and I have no idea what you're doing. And all I want you to do is tell me about the Green Lanterns. Do it. You want to do that? I want to know all about all of these characters. I I want to know. I was interested in it. I really was well, interested. I know there's in turmoil the in the thing. team. People are pissed off at the leader Aqua Girl because she's also a member of the Justice Guild. Double dipping, Jim. I was going to. She is double dipping. You can't do that at the party. I thought the idea where again. You set that up. That was just for turmoil. But the idea of having the Justice Guild involved and then in this, they're mentioning things, but that's not what I'm here for. And what does that even mean? Everything is on top. It's just keeps stacking and stacking higher and higher. So at the end, when Uncle Girl goes, hey, if they're gone, then we'll have to do this without them. I'm like, do the what? fuck is this? Because even the idea is some of the know. Justice Guild, like Aquaman, are gone missing from the Star Sapphire homeworld that's connected to the Green Lantern's planner. It's like, they can take care of themselves. And even like, even when you have Robin here say like, you know, my mother was one of the founding members of the Justice Guild. I'm like, are you going to talk about the idea that Infant Frontier, your mother became the, the Batwoman who laughed and is dead now? <laughs> You're talking shit. Okay. I ended up where, again, I, I can make all the jokes or whatever, whatever. I, I'm not that she stupid. She died, right? I'm not. Yeah, I think. I'm, I'm not the... Mo, I'm not the smartest guy, right? I didn't go to Vassar, Eric, so I don't know. But I can usually get through. I've done enough podcasts that I think I could get through an issue and at least talk about it in a way that I could even fake it if I had to. I can't hear. I said before we started, I'm leaning on you because I don't know what happened. I can't even wrap my head. And after this issue, I actually thought to myself, like, okay. What's going on right now in the flash? And I thought, you know, this, 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 boom, 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 boom. Okay, I, I know that. Hey, what's going on with action comics? Okay. Da, da, da. And then I thought, what is going on in this book? And I'm a blank because everything Well, that's even the idea. When swirling. I said, what, like, when I started talking about the one thing and then thought about what's come before, I'm like, holy shit, I haven't thought about this because the book hasn't thought about this. It was just something that happened previously that we haven't gone back to. When and it's still a mystery for book, some reason. It becomes a choose your own misadventure is what it is because everything goes like, if you want to get convoluted shit, go to page everyone. And you just keep reading. You're like, all right. But we're trying to get. I'm going to go there, read the first sentence, and I'm going to go to a different decision. Yeah, that's what I do. I'm like, well, that was what I, here's me. I go, and they're like, if you want to go left, go to page 32. Okay, 32. Oh, man. Oh, I was just kind of thinking that a little. I actually yeah, wanted to go I, right. I, I wasn't set on there. I was just kind of curious. I wanted to see where it happened. Uh, if you go left, go to page 32. And I'm like, all right. Why are you going to lie to yourself? Because I remember doing I that, do too. I do lie to myself. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, 32. That was bad. Let me go back. 
I'll go left, page 32. Oh, damn it. I did that again. I'm so stupid. <laughs> I uh, I loved at one point when I was in England and ended up finding the Steve Jackson books there. Steve Jackson, I think he's the guy. The Michael's did, brother? No, I think he did the Gorps, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember much back in my day. But it ended up being a choose-your-own-adventure, but with the role-playing twist where you had dice and you had a character okay. sheet. It was awesome. And, it does sound awesome. And thank God it was a solo thing because I had no friends. And well, then friends I was are in, hard. I was in England. <laughs> I had nobody, really. I mean, Prince Charles wasn't there coming over. Home. Right? I did. Because I could have reinvented myself. The problem is I go and there's a bunch of these young toughs. Like, that's how it was down in London town. Smoking cigarettes and using dice for other things. Hello, love. What's going on? And they said, oh, where are you from? Uh, I'm from the Manchesters. And then they beat the shit out of me and and stole all the money I stole from my grandparents. Oh, my. (laughs) No, actually, you had an easy deal. And this was 80s type. You could go and like, hey, where are you from? Oh, I'm from America. Oh, you must be rich. I'm like, all right, we'll go with that. That you know all the movie stars. (laughs) Yeah, everything. It wasn't good enough at a point. I said, oh, I'm from Philadelphia. And it didn't hit well. Eric. It didn't hit well over there. So then I just kind of New York City. Forget All about right. it. I so then this one kid and I ended up talking to this guy who lived near my aunt a little bit because he knew what would get me. Hey, where are you from? Oh, I'm from New York City. Oh, you must know the Beastie Boys. I'm like, you're pretty cool, dude. Yes. Yes, <laughs> I do. Didn't you know yes. that my name, Mike D? Pleased to meet you. But yeah, I, I ended up trying to lie. But some of the times it happened too when I went to West Virginia, and people are, like, oh, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Philadelphia because we're in the Philadelphia area. Yeah. And they would think that I'm in some roving gang or something. And then, oh, man, you must be tough. You're from Philadelphia. <laughs> I'm like, damn right. You know Not me. Philly, South Philly. Southside Jimmy, they called me. And then they realized, boy, this guy really isn't what we thought he would be. And then when they really find out, wait a minute, I thought you said you were from Philadelphia, from Quakertown? Doesn't really sound hardcore. No, it doesn't. Bakertown does not. Uh, we end up, I've said this before on the podcast, we actually, in playing sports, we actually, and you'll laugh so much at this again, because we went, one baseball game, went to play Soderton. And when we yeah. got off the bus, they're going, go back to the farm, you hillbillies. Like, what, what, 10 minutes from you? It's right down one road. <laughs> we, we went straight to you, assholes. I got so angry. And then I think I spiked some guy and told him to go what back to the farm. What's wrong with you? They dissed me first. That's why I like hockey. You do baseball and you can't retaliate. You, you, you can't can do with it words. anywhere. No, hockey. They, you trash talk somebody in hockey and they, they it's encouraged. You, well, not in high school, but still, you, you could get in some fights, Aaron. Uh, but all of that going down, what would you give this? Uh, this is a mess, though. I tell you, I like the art a lot, but this whole thing is with the book and the Church of Blood and the Green Lantern. It's like, yeah, we're progressing, but we're not getting any answers in our progression. And this feels like it's always two steps, like one step forward, two steps back with how we deal with stuff. So it's not even as fun as MC Skat because at least I can dance to that. But this is a four out of ten tops. You think he got handsy a bit with Paul Abdul? I think he no, did. She wouldn't I, do with I that. think that. Well, I think that they ended up probably firing him because of it. But I think he probably she's, tried. She's been to. through a hit and run, Jim. She doesn't deal with that shit. That is, uh, uh, oh, that's what she said. <laughs> and he had that done. I love but Paul also, Abdul. just to go with the idea of that, then in the Rush Rush video, she ended up being with Keanu, a pure gentleman. I like that Damn video right. too. Keanu was just. He's just a gem, is what he is. But yeah, I'm going 3.5. I think that this book is a mess. I'd like to fight it. I want to do it now. Let's line this up. I want to beat the crap out of it. And hopefully, when this happens, the referees, they realize it deserves it and they lay back. There's no referees. It's your basement, Jim. You're going to be punching your computer. I'm throwing throwing the gloves down, right? And then I'm going at it. I'm wearing gloves. The the refs come and the ref goes to grab me, but he's not really grabbing me. I shove him off. 
right? And then go at it. And then I beat the book up. And then the book is like laying there. And then Jimmy's I, doing psychic chopping again. Spit on it and then kick it in the face that, with skates on, Eric. Oh my goodness, I take it down. Last book of the podcast, though. Another banger, as they say in the biz. Nubia, Queen of the Amazons, number four, written by it's Stephanie compared Williams. Compared to that last book, it is. It is. It really is. Art by Aletha Martinez, Mark Morales, John Olivsay, and Alex Guimieres, and Becca Carey on letters. And this book is better than the Multiversity Teen Justice. The problem I have with this book is why did we need this book? It really sets up only one thing of a possibility. It's setting up a thing in Wonder Woman with Hera. That's all it's, it's doing. Set, and, and in that, they want to make you think that it's setting up more than just Hera. But it really isn't. And but that's what do where, you get from this whole idea when you go back in time to like, you know, uh, with Nubia and her original persona as the princess of Madagascar, where she goes to the goddess Sekhmet and says, look, I want to be your avatar. I want to prove myself just because I can do all these great things. I just want to be the best I can be. And Sekhmet's like, look, you can do this. No problem. You just got to go through these terrible, terrible trials that no one's ever lived through. I can do that. And the thing is, Nubia does it. She gets the little amulet, the little lion amulet of Sekhmet, and she's like, look, I'm the best, until she was murdered by her second-in-command, and then she was, like, reborn through the Well of Souls and on uh, Paradise Island. And now she's back in Man's World, and for some reason, a local girl who was a part of her village, she had half of the freaking amulet, because the other half went with Nubia through the Well of Souls, but nobody ever told her about it until recently. And this whole time, it seems like Zilla, who murdered, you know, Nubia's murder and took the amulet for herself, She's been alive all this time through the power of Sekhmet and this amulet. But for some reason, now that she has both parts of the amulet that she's stolen from Nubia because she doesn't think that Nubia deserves it after all this time, like a thousand, thousands of years as far as I'm concerned, she says, this isn't the power because for <laughs> some reason, Nubia <laughs> has the power inside oh, of her. It's goodness. not just this amulet, but I'm saying, yep. what power do you have because you've been alive for all of this time with no explanation? Like, what kind of power do you have? And I, even the I idea that we're going to go back to Madagascar. a little teeny bit. And she thought, I but think, the rest, the rest is just a newbie, and the other than the end, does nothing. I think that, and then I we're going to go it, and take it up with Sekhmet at a temple back in Madagascar. <laughs> but we have to wait until Venus gets to a certain uh, point. Hey, and Venus we don't has have time to be in the shit? house of you know the rising sun. I ended Mercury's up where, retrograde. The only thing there's two things I took from this in Zilla, where I first thought the idea she ended up having half the amulet, which wasn't really powered, and she thought to herself. If I get both sides, this is why it's not as powerful, where you ended up most of the powers in oh, Nubia. No, only immortality. All this stuff ends up being kind of whispered down the lane. The other thing that I get where I wish, and I'll, oh, here it is. She says, hey, I don't get that. She's not good at math, Eric. It's really what I'm trying to say. Zilla says, all that I have accomplished with just half of Sekhmet's power, I will triple in as much time. I'm like, what? You end up having a half. You get the other half. Now you're well, tripling thing things. Is, you the ain't idea no man. Now we're going back to Sekhmet's temple. She needs to have a word with this goddess here because why does Nubia got the power inside her? Because she has both parts of the animal now. Is she just going to wait for Nubia to show up? She's going to suck her blood, get the power out of the blood like she's a Dracula. Yeah, it seems like the Dracula's in town. Also, I just love the idea because Triple I threat. said I said to you before we even knew what was happening. We were going through last uh, week or maybe on the Patreon to say, hey, we're going to be talking about this book coming up. And I, I end up where I see on the cover, Nesser Unleashed. I'm like, who the hell is Nesser? Just at the end, they're like, oh, by the way, Zilla's Nesser, because that's the big deal. I'm like, what? What? what why? That, that's my new name. My, like, my avatar of Sekhmet modern name. I'm not Zilla anymore. And I haven't been Zilla for... Essentially, this, what it comes down to is really just feels like Obi-Wan, like the TV show, where we have Nesser here, the assassin who has been lived for a thousand years at this point in time. And Nubia wants to reach the Zilla inside her and the idea like, oh, my God, I'm sorry I did this to you. And Nestor's like, no, 
I killed Zillow all along. It feels like the whole thing with Darth Vader talking about who killed Anakin, just so we could have episode four <laughs> finally make sense. But that's what it feels like because it's no longer Zillow. And, and the same thing, Zilla has, I mean, uh, Nubia then has to go and kill Zilla because she won't back down right now. So, oh my God, what did Sekhmet make you do? What did Sekhmet make me do? There are no winners. I, and, we pray and to God. That's gods. the weird play. Yeah. When you play with the gods, nobody comes out a winner. They're the house. Eric, house always wins. So you end up with this whole series where then I'm starting to think like, Okay, at one point we were in the Amazon. Like, hey, everybody, stop well, some deforestation. Some of us are still there, like Hawkgirl and Yara Flora. They're still there. Queen and Wreckage. Even at one point, I know that they played this up before, but the idea where they end up getting a vision. Oh, my God, Nubia, our queen is in Bia. trouble. Bia uh, says that, You look that, like right? you're remembering something, do you? I actually have one note. <laughs> For this, and it's Escape to Witch Mountain. That's all it was. It's like, you look like you're thinking of something. Oh, my God. That's all I can think of when these things happen. Oh, my God. So why then? This is where I say just simple storytelling, where you end up, she has the vision. Oh, my God, she's in trouble. Let's go get her. That That's cool. Like, that's the idea. That's Amazonian stuff. That is what... And then when they get there, how did you find me? Oh, we had a tracker on you. Well, why? Why didn't you just say we had a vision <laughs> that showed us where you are? Profit. I'm like, oh, well, so much for that. <laughs> I mean, really, why are you lessening the coolness factor of what you're doing? So even in this whole deal where by the end, I'm as confused as you of the idea where Zilla has spent all this time, all this time. I'm going to get that other part of the amulet. I'm going to do this. She's been cool with the uh, half the amulet she's had for a thousand years because there's, there's no reason her, for her to ever think she'll ever get the second part until she realizes, oh, my God, my queen, my princess from a thousand years ago has been reborn as the queen of Amazons. And now she's a man, man's world and she's wearing the other half of the amulet. There's no reason for her to, until that point to think I need all this power. And then she gets it. I need more power. And then when even when Nubia finally shows up to Sekhmet's temple in Madagascar, I gave you a lot of shit the other week about, I don't even remember what book it was, where you're talking about motherfuckers being Draculas or some shit. But when you have the close-up of freaking Zilla's face here, it took you long enough. I swear that Zilla is a, Zilla is, Zilla is a Dracula, and she's going to suck the blood out of Nubia and get the rest of the power, because now all of a sudden she has some gigantic fangs. Remember when everybody was losing their mind, where do you read this new the Batman the, the Night? I'm like, oh my God, Eric, they're all losing their mind. Bruce is a Draculus. I had no idea what? that they're saying that he's bisexual or anything. I'm like, the guy's a Dracula. That's what they're upset about. Oh, my goodness. That would have been a cool play if you thought no, maybe he, no, he's Batman and maybe he's a Draculus. That would now be in our cool. new reimagining of Batman's path to becoming Batman, he becomes a vampire along the way. The ever present Daywalker. <laughs> he's now the day. And then he has to, you have to have another story where he becomes the Daywalker. Telling you, I thought, holy that would shit, be cool. the guy's a Draculus, the Batmans. Uh, no, in this, I think that if I went back and say, again, this is editorial deal. If, if you ended up having Stephanie Williams come to me and say, hey, here's the deal. And I'm like, OK, what's Zilla's motivation? Well, she really does like Nubia. But then Nubia got murdered. But then she ended up. Blah, 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 blah. I would have just said that Zilla has that half of that amulet. She ends up waiting and waiting and knowing eventually she'll be able to team up again with Nubia to make Nubia back to what she was. Here's the amulet. And then in this, Nubia says, I don't want that. And then that's what causes the conflict. And I think that would be a better conflict. I don't know, because at this point in time, yeah, she wants the power. But the, it seems like the deep rooted issue that Zilla has is that you left us. You went and had, were royalty and you had all of us. And that wasn't enough for you. Even moving on to become the queen of the Amazons, you left us behind. Like, I didn't know. It doesn't matter. That was the thing. The left behind was she was murdered. 
That's oh, the no. start of the left behind. That doesn't even make sense starting there. Zilla is angry. And because Zilla actually went to try to get, you know, revenge for it. But then afterwards, and oh, did. you were an Amazon and you didn't come find me. But also there's a lot of things involved with that, that maybe Zillow seems to be getting some info and gathering and at least knows she's the queen of the might know that Amazon well, don't remember TV. their past. And also the idea where I don't think they'd know that. I think that this is something that you would tell them and she could look at. Also, she was down in door, you know, Doom's doorway. This would be the same. You might be mad that I haven't talked to you for three years. And I say to you, oh, no. you didn't know I joined the military. I, I was in Thailand. And you'd be like, oh, shit. Sorry about that. You wouldn't just be like, I don't care about that. That's well, maybe bullshit. in a thousand years it'd be different. Man, no. I, again, what does it matter that it's a thousand years? She's just hanging around. I would think that she would have been happy to see her and like, oh my god. And really, the whole play is she's kind of been looking for this other part of the. It just doesn't work for me. I don't know this she's motivation, and then she just wants all this power just because, and she wants. The I want to be Sekhmet's and- chosen. I want to be the one who's actually looked at instead of you, like. Every, you had everything all this time. You just kept getting more and more and more. And now here you are. You want more. And it's time for Zilla to have her time. Yeah. Well, she's like, I sec met and I sec went. I, I don't need any sec. I'm out. And and even then where you have newbies like, I need I don't, all the sec. She's like, I don't like that. Really, I could go for some of there too. You know what usually stops sec in people's life? Wedding cake, Eric. Oh, my goodness gracious. That's how you take down the God. But you end up with all this where I just wanted oh. the idea where. Newbie is like, yeah, I don't really care about that stuff. And then you'd have that idea. Well, I waited all Liar. this time. I'm telling you, if Zilla a thousand years and then gets to her and like, finally, my again, queen. I'm just saying that. I don't know, you know how long it's been. Yeah, but even if it is that. My Probably queen, more. I've waited all this time <laughs> to give you this so we can take Sekhmet's Se- power and we can make our deal here. And then Newbie's like, no, 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 I'm queen of the Amazons. That's the, you ditched me. I waited for a thousand years, you bitch. And now you're doing that to me? Fuck you. I get, you know, fuck you, Joe Boo. I do this myself. She goes off to the temple and tries. I like that motivation more than just because you ended up having to jump through a little bit of hoops going on through this. And it it just bothered me a bit. Even if you ended up having Zilla knowing a bit more about the Amazons and saying, oh, I get what you're doing. Wink, wink. You're the queen of the Amazons. That's what you're doing. Going from the inside. We're taking them down. She's like, no, no, no. Those are my sisters. I thought at the end. She was just going to become an Amazon. I'm like, eh, come on, come on to the Paradise Island. It's great. Well, she still might because she was killed by Nubia because she wouldn't stop. She could still be reborn through the Well of Souls because we don't know what's up with that. What I wished we had at the end. Yeah, you set up the, you know, Harris stuff that we have. And I don't know if anybody's that interested in this. I guess that Milk X point. is not doing it for her. She's going to go to Sekhmet to say we need to join forces. You want to join Villainy Inc.? You can't travel to talk to Sekhmet without the money behind you that's where the milk extra that's what you get it's like poison ivy but she what, needs what kind gas of money, money do they use in the sphere of the gods you need god money is what you need <laughs> you know god money like the euro what is yeah, that it might be the euro. it's uh, you know a ruble and a pound shoved together i don't know what god money is i don't have real money <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> uh so with that though I realize that Google search isn't that great because I'm trying to figure out when, you know, newbie. I'm sure they said it, but I still know. But the way I type things, hey, when was Sekhmet hot? (laughs) That's not giving me the years I need. That's what it came up. I need to get better at this Google search. That came up or that's what you typed. That's what I typed. Well, I'm saying at the end of this issue, I think it's now, Eric. You know, Uh, so by the end, though, you end up where I, you know, here nor there with Hera. When was Sekhmet the hot shit? Sekhmet there. I would rather, and and it's a weird play too, because I'm looking at segment, and I would never say to you that a turn on to me is bald shaven women. 
Well, I'd just be a weird thing for you to bring but up. But every to me, time honestly. I see it, I like it, Eric. It might be one of my things, but I never think it's, of it. It's cool. Because remember when you had sexy robot Lois, little, you know, bald robot head up there, Android head, I like. You Sinead O'Connor fan? Uh, I, I, she, here's the deal Sinead O'Connor back in the day, she, she's got a little screws loose there, but I do like her songs and I think she sang like an angel. And I thought at one point she was kind of cute. She looked like a little bit of like, Hey, that's Winona Ryder's Irish cousin. I'm like, all right, I like Winona well, Ryder. I'm telling you, if this does it for you, you'll definitely know. You got to go back and rewatch the Black Panther movie because I think that most women in like you know Wakanda rock this, or maybe it was just you know the uh, the woman who plays in The Walking Dead. I can't remember her Koye? name either. Michonne, uh, uh, is that who played Okoye? Because she was the the big deal. And yeah. okay, she was okay. The problem is, I was too smitten by Shuri. I like Shuri yeah. a lot, and that I thought that she was awesome, but. In this, though, where you have all that going down, I would have loved to have had the eyes open of Zilla, who, you know, is going by her new name now. She's like Prince here, changing her names all over the place. Uh, I would have liked to have seen somebody back on Paradise Island. Oh, my God, the Well of Souls, it's working. And then leave that just like that. Like, oh, my God, it must be her. Because that'd be pretty cool. And it would be a cool deal where if you were continuing the story or whatnot, all of a sudden Zilla comes out of the Well of Souls. Nubia knows she doesn't remember what has happened. She oh, yeah. doesn't have a memory. Should you tell her? That, that's a bit of a conundrum there. It's a bit of a, a problem where should I tell her the problems that we just had or should I just pretend? It's like if somebody got conked in the head, should we make up a new life, right, or what? And Like my wife, she hits her head. She gets knocked out. She's like, hey, I just want to know, uh, do we have sex a lot? I'm like, oh, I can't wait till I tell you. Oh, my God. So you're telling me when is don't you, want to, you, you want to do overboard? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, again, but it would be the question of whether. That's very questionable. Yeah, or well, yes, I just thought of the idea of nowadays, should I say that? I mean, should we have that morale, that moral issue? Should I tell her exactly. that what she did and what we were doing? Or should and the I answer is no, because the idea of being reborn through the well of souls, you start anew, you start fresh with none of the baggage exactly. from before. And it would be kind of a cool deal if you even played the maybe this is like, usually they don't go through the well of souls that quick. Like, they, I don't know how you'd play it, but you can play something that it seems very important to have something. But I, that's the problem. The, the biggest problem, with, I think, with the Wonder Woman books, and especially the Nubia stuff, the Trial of the Amazons, nothing ever does feel that important. It seems like they want well, It's always it just to setting be. up something more. They want to be like, hey, the next thing's going to be the important thing. Not here. This was just a setup for the important thing. So keep on waiting. But we keep getting that. Trial of the Amazons was not that important for what you were trying to build up there. That's the thing. It's like these books and all the Wonder Woman books, they're, you know, flavor flavor. I need the Chuck D. We got to get the Chuck D. We got to get to the the meat of the issues here. And we're not. We're just hyping it, hyping it, hyping it. Well, the thing is, you say that, I, I would assert that Flavor Flav became bigger. Well, he may have, but I do like Chuck D a lot, Eric. I, yeah. I, I, one of my favorite rap voices ever, the Chuck D's. So powerful, powerful man he is when he, when he raps. I love it. Uh, but with all of that, it just never feels like you get to anything important. And I was not shocked that by the end of this, we didn't end it. Come back for Wonder Woman. Aww. And really, the worst part of anything continuing or going into the Wonder Woman book from here on out is you have Rad writing it. So it's not going to be good anyway. So you're setting something up, but not finishing it. And then saying, okay, let Clunrad take that over. And that is ridiculous and awful. Well, Zilla's eyes do open up at yeah, the end. What does that tell you? I don't you? know. I think. What does that mean? She's not really dead. The power segment yeah, runs through I mean, her. She says, there is a wealth of power to be drawn from fear. And it's time for us to remind the, the mortals of who is truly in charge. I think that she's just like, boom, now she has the power. 
I have the power, and then just goes and nonsense. So then you'll sit there and go, yeah, that really didn't mean anything because now she's just doing this. I don't know. Now Nubia just has guilt for no reason. Yep, that's her power now, guilt. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. It just ends up with a non-ending, just like the trial of the Amazons, just like everything else, and everything is failing in the Wonder Woman books. These books, Nubia sells like shit. They ended up having that, you know, Hippolyta deal, which was okay and had some problems, but that didn't sell like anything anyway. And they need to do a change. They have don't keep setting up shit when the shit isn't working. Get rid of these, all these books, all these teams come back with better writers and better books and then. Boom, we'll enjoy it. But what would you give this? Ultimately, I would give this a 5.5 out of 10. I still enjoyed some of this. I think the art's great, and having Nubia go up with this whole Zilla thing to at least conclude that, even though it's not good. It was fine for what it was. It's just very disappointing overall because it doesn't do anything to really continue our story or let us know what's been going on in the background this whole time. While the amulet went through the Well of Souls with Nubia to begin with, what, you know, Zilla's been up to this whole time and everything. It's just, just like, hey, come back with Hera and freaking Sekhmet for one. I'm like, no, I wanted to do something here and you refuse to do it. But a 5.5 out of 10. Kiss my grits. I agree. It's not a six. Okay. Kiss my grits 5.5. See, that doesn't flow. Already you can tell the kiss my grits six, that flows. Yeah. And, and really with this idea of Hera there with Sekhmet, that's what it seems like all this was to set up. You could have just had this in any of the Wonder Woman books where Hera's going to go around and talk to different gods and different pantheons and like, I'm going to get some things and that's all you needed. And you could have had this in two pages, if not one. War of the Gods. Right? You could have had that. And yeah, that's what, we're, that's what we're setting up. And it'll stink probably, but I don't want to say that because we want to well, be like optimistic. the original War of the Gods, people put it on a pedestal. That was kind of convoluted too back in 89. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was 89. We'll be getting to that because that's like a four-issue deal too. And we'll be getting to that on the Patreon. Are on you sure? Our... Because I feel like it was a lot more. I think there was a lot of times to that. Well, there might be times, but when we do the Crisis uh, podcast on the Patreon, me and Matt, we usually stick to the main books. No, we, the main yeah, books. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see how that is. Right now we're doing Death of Superman, which is awesome. It's really good. I'm sure I'm actually surprised at how good it is. I know that people had told me that it was good. I'd never read it before. Again, because I thought it was really like 8 million issues and stuff like that. But it's really, really good. I, I do enjoy it. So it was a little Patreon. It captivated little Eric Shea's mind back in the day. Yeah. Oh, I mentioned I mentioned you all the time on the podcast. I end up where I, when I read Blew it. Blew me away. And here's the thing. I hope that, that nightfall. And Emerald and Twilight. I hope this gives you a smile on your face. The 90s blew me away. When you're reading some of those things now, I'm a little older, but also I know Superman dies. I know kind of what happens oh, no. because it happened so long ago. So the only way that I can envision in my mind of what it would have been like back in the day to read it, I, I always say it. I said it like seven times today in the issue. Oh, my God. Little Eric Shea must have been going nuts here. Like, oh, my oh God. No. Like, and the- I keep going with the deal of like, oh, man, like Superman shows up. We're in the third part. I believe it's like Superman. About time you show up, Superman. Some shit's been going and he, down. And he shows up and, and Doomsday punches him in the chest and Superman doesn't budge. And I said, oh, little Eric Shea's so happy right now. Ooh. Superman, you finally made it back. <laughs> now everything will be fine. And then roundhouse kick. From Doomsday, sends Superman flying through that house of, of uh, what's his name's, that kid. Uh, that now, Mitch? Yeah, I wanted to call him Mitch, and then it didn't sound right. Mitch's house goes through and then says, I've never been hit like that before. And I'm like, the oh, roller coaster no. ride of emotions on little Eric <laughs> Shea right here. Oh, my goodness. And then oh, the, I love Dan Jurgens in the 90s yeah, so the, much. The art of Dan Jurgens is awesome in that it's so good. I said when you're going through that, his 
ice, the art for ice, it's uh-huh. it's perfect. It, it is such a good character design, everything going, even the color scheme. I love it. Uh, but when all of the heroes blast Doomsday and all you get out of it, this is another little Eric Shane moment. Oh, my God, they did it. They all bless. Oh, no. What they only did was let his other hand out. Oh, no. Well, that's the thing is, even when he goes through them for the first time with one arm tied behind his back, it's a great Mitch line. Mitch yells it. Mitch comes out and goes, he's doing all this with one hand behind his back. <laughs> and at that point, you think Mitch, is like, talking, Mitch. You think Mitch is like, man, that guy's pretty cool. That doomsday. Well, that's the worst part, because like my little brother, like he's like, you know, so much younger than me from like, I think he was born when I was a junior in high school. But like, you know, him growing up and like me coming around the house, stuff like that. And, you know, having all these comics, stuff like that. I wanted to get him yeah. in the comics when he was a kid. And I gave him a stack of different things. And they were just all random comics that were going to get thrown away at the comic book shop that Tony gave me. But like, he's like going through them. He's like, I want to be this guy. And it was some issue from the 2000s where it's just doomsday on the cover. I'm like, no, Shane, no. (laughs) I thought you were going to say like, right. And he's like, that's not that good. Yeah, it's tough. No, that's what he said when I told him that we, you and I were in the one issue of Green Arrow. He's like, yeah, well, it's not about you. So it doesn't matter. Uh, Really, Shane? Like, really? Is your name actually Shade? Because you're pissing me off, man. (laughs) You're giving me shame. I, I actually have, yeah, really. And then you go back to him. You got a cowboy hat on. Hey, to tie this back to the War of the Gods, I'm like, there's had to have been a lot. I feel like there's a lot of issues. I looked it up while we were talking about this whole thing. Issue number four of War of the Gods, the finale. You know what part of the story that is? Uh, what part? 25. Really? So there is tie-ins. But again, the main deal. It's weird that yeah, they yeah. didn't just go, let's do 12 issues of that. There's War of the Gods, Wonder Woman, Superman, the Man of Steel, Hawk World, Starman, Legion, Hawk and Dove, Captain Haddam, Dr. Fate, Flash, Wonder Woman, Dr. Fate, War of the Gods, number two, Justice League Europe, Batman, mm, Hawk World, Animal Man, Captain Adam, Wonder Woman, Suicide Squad, War of the Gods, number three, The Demon, The New Titans, Wonder Woman, and War of the Gods, number four. It is funny thinking of all those books and like the landscape of books now because you I know. And now you tighten it as a... Batman, Batman Urban Legends, Batman the Night, <laughs> Batman uh, White Knight. Oh, it came, out, it came out in 1991. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, the whole deal with that. And, For some reason I thought it was 89. And so like all this stuff and everything going on, even then when you're reading some of these things, if the writers were good, I think Dan Jurgens does a good job because you are having people jump into the storyline, the death of Superman, where they might not have been reading Justice League America or they might not have been reading The Adventures of Superman, just Superman. And he does a really good job of catching you up in a way that never feels forced and just gives you little nuggets. And you're like, oh, I want to see why Maxima ends up liking ice and what happened with the Starbreaker. But it's just mentioned and it makes sense. Even if you don't know what happened, you're like, well, that's the thing is, as a kid, when I was reading that, I wasn't following all those other books or what was going on there. I was just following it for the death of Superman because that was a big deal going on at that time. But I felt like I fit right in with it. I didn't need to know the minutiae of every individual thing. Be like, hey, this is the Justice League. This is what's going on right now. And even the idea where you had those mutants underground and freaking, you know, Doomsday's breaking out. I don't. I still don't think that makes sense to me at the time. It didn't matter. But yeah, and even the idea you go into that, and oh my god, Guy Gardner's a Yellow Lantern. But even when he says like he ends up talking to Ice and like, oh, you're gonna be nice to me. Have like Yellow Lanterns the way they are nice. There's just you know one yellow like Sinestro ring. ring. Yeah, and so when you look into it, but even then he's like to Ice. Oh, what you're gonna be nice to me now? That me and Superman ended up fighting like, oh, that's cool. But it, it ends up everything works out and you never feel left behind. That's a, that's a lost art because I read that multiversity team justice from the cover to the back. I, I feel left behind like seven times in one issue. So it, it's a shame. 
But that's the deal. I mean, we might sound like a grumpy old man shaking our fist at clouds, but the storytelling, I believe, is what is lacking nowadays from that a lot have of some these. hardcore nostalgia for a lot of things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But again, that's the funny thing is you do. I don't. I just Remember started when Superman died? more recently. So I am going back and reading these things and loving it. But going back and reading them for the first time, I realize there's just something missing now. And hopefully... They can get a roster of writers that might be able to get that back. I thought we added at Rebirth. People what do you think the like mixed it. signals were going on in my mind as little Eric Shea was reading Batman or The Dark Knight Returns for the first time, and then Bruno shows in with her tits exposed and swastikas covering her nipples? What am I supposed to feel yeah, with that I as a little kid? I know you felt you didn't like it. You told me that when you read it as a kid, you were thrown off by it, that it, it really weirded you out. Here's and swastikas. I'm like, I'm having mixed emotions. Again, it's funny as a little kid reading that, you'd be like, I'm kind of interested here, but I know that I shouldn't be because it's bad. What is happening? I know, you know that. So disgusted. Yeah, yeah but that's to this day, though, because disgusted of you. Disgusted boner. Because of you reading that. Stop it, boner. You're not supposed to get excited by the swastikas. That's what you were getting excited by, Eric. Oh, no. I just want to tell everybody. And then maybe you saw a wolf, the man. wolf man. I don't know. It might have happened. Oh, my goodness. You have stolen my uh, dreams. But uh, with all of that little extra bonus at the end. What will you give your book of the week? And my book of the week is Batman number 127. Mine is as well, Eric. Kiss my grits nine. We gave it. Both of us with a nine. I I didn't give it that. You ended up going to me. Hey, Jim, kiss my grits. And I said, you know what? I'm a nine as well then, Eric, because of that. And also the wolf wolf joined in. Uh, Luckily, (laughs) too, because just a little bit behind the deal. That works in the continuity. Before the deal, when we were recording. I was a bit more down on the Batman than what the script, because Eric Shea ended up getting me all excited right. and getting me fired up. But also, when we go and talk and you do get me excited, then the gears start moving. The gears weren't moving as well. They weren't really greased up earlier, but they ended I oiled up being, you up man, like you was the Tin Man. You did oil me up like I was the Tin Man, Eric, you said, right? The Tin Man. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, you sexy bastard. Here Not we the go. Thin man. Next, no, well, <laughs> there you go. Thanks a lot. You, you, you were really having me all excited. Oh, my goodness. Then you have to do that. And, no, you stole my dreams, Eric. Uh, with that, though, we have I'm Jake. You're the fat man, Eric. There you go. I, I wasn't going to sure tell my own deal. I just was going to say I was Jake and see if you knew what I meant. The thing is, nobody else would. Of course I know. Okay, Ironsides, calm down. <laughs> so with that, here is what we're going to be talking about next week. Next week, a slim roster. Unlike me, Eric. Slim roster. Because I'm not a roster. I'm a slim man. In that <laughs> when I talk about these, two of these books will be picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Uh, and those will be on the patreon only spotlight podcast eric episode where we will end up you know talking about an hour and a half about those and if you want to get involved with that please just go over to patreon.com slash weird science and again if you end up going there right now for as little as a dollar a month you can even listen to last week's whole podcast the no limitations podcast that is waiting for you with bated breath and so here are the books. So I did see something where I'm going through these, Eric. It's crazy for you. I'm losing it, Eric. Hey, don't mind if I do. I'm like crazy Eddie here. Uh, our prices are insane. Now, I, I forgot to hit a soundbite. It's from way, way back. And I really wanted to do this before Flashpoint Beyond. Better fasten up your Tuesday. I'm never going to be able to use this It's going to be a bumpy ride. I could have done it. And I, I had it waiting. Didn't hit it. 
So here are the books, Bangers After Each Other, Batgirls number 10. Bangers they are, Eric. We're going to have a Clune Red section, I'm sure. Remember, two of these books, though. We'll be on the Patreon spot. They can be picked by the badasses. Who knows? They might have a clue and red section. It might be taken away. They may. (laughs) Who knows? But that girl's number 10. I think that what we're doing is going with the, isn't it the serial killer shit that we're dealing with now? Or was that resolved last, last time? I don't even remember. I know that. I'm trying to remember. Remember though, we thought it was the old guy, but he ended up being dead, right? Oh, kill him off. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Kill him off. Yeah. All right. And I think Killer Moth might be a ruse and there's something else going on. I thought you were going to say a robot. Batman versus Robin number one. I believe that it is an easy choice that that will be Patreon only. I'm just saying that. We'll see how it goes. But I think that that will be on there. We also have Dark Crisis Worlds Without a Justice League Wonder Woman number one. We'll see what that means. They didn't change the title. Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths Worlds Without a Justice League Wonder Woman number one. Yep. I was going down. I'm looking like, okay, what do I have to review? Oh, the, oh. oh, man. When you end up seeing a World Without a Justice League book on your roster, you're like, oh, that stinks. We also end up I Am Batman number 13, a book that we used to like. It's kind of taking a dip. Hopefully it could end up rebounding a bit, though. I think it's heading for cancellation. And so we'll see how that is. John Ridley, I'll tell you. You want to have a hoot? How are we going to deal with the idea that that detective back in New York killed anarchy? What's Jace going to do about it? What she's going to do is go back to Gotham and clean up that place. That's what it seems. The question. Gotham. You know, I don't know. <laughs> oh, you mean you mean uh, Renee Montoya? Yeah, I Renee got you. Montoya. She's going to end up going back. I don't. It's like why is Jace going back and cleaning up Gotham? We got a problem in the NYC. He's just going to hang. He's going to hang loose. Maybe go to space with his brother. Uh, you end up where. John Ridley this week has an issue of Black Panther at Marvel that might be one of the worst issues I've ever read. And I, I don't know. I read Black Panther in space. Yeah, that was pretty bad as well. Well, there you go. Tunisi Coates. That's a, a really railing in on you there, buddy. Uh, Eric's got you. Uh, Superman Son of Kal-El, yeah. number 15. <laughs> <laughs> got him. Uh, we got the Superman Son of Kal-El where we're getting ready for Superman to come back. I actually thought this was the issue that he returned. It is not. So we'll have to wait for one more issue, I believe, and see what that goes. But yeah, the revolutionary stuff. We'll see. I hope we're going to take down Henry Bendix and all of Gamora. Yep. And then when I'm I'm going through these books and I'm like, yeah, we we don't talk about things like a you know future state Gotham. Then that's bullcrap. And we go through it, and then I'm like, why do we talk about Wonder Woman? Why do we talk about because she is part of the Trinity. She is. I wish that the writers would remember that, right? I wish that they would go. We don't have milk extra. It's a cheetah story, so you can end up at least enjoying that. But it's Wonder Woman 791. Other things, though, because you end up having it. I'm going to check it out. I want to see what it's all about, Eric. You end up having Batman Day stuff and things like that coming out. And you do have a Batman Hush, number one, Batman Day special edition. And I might actually check it out. Yeah, I think it's coming up. Batman Day was in June. Telling you. Batman Hush, number one, Batman Day special, that's coming out. You also end up having uh, Batman's Mystery Casebook Batman Day special, and then something, so I think maybe. Maybe, I don't know. It's September 17th. Okay, I'm going to, and why I'm saying this Hush deal, I'm going to check it out, and if I let, I may review it on the site. We're not going to talk about it on the show, probably, but I will have it on the site if people still read reviews. Well, that's the idea of like, let's here's some more of the Batman Hush. I'm like, is it an addendum? Like, what are we doing, Batman Hush? Really? I don't here? know. I think it's just like a little intro, like a uh, you know, a prelude. I, I don't I need think. that. 
I'm just going to check it out. Like I said, hey, I, everybody I'll check probably, out the original Batman Hush. If you have it, it's yet. funny. If I like it, I'm, I may have a review. So if you don't see the review on the site, either I didn't like it or got real lazy real quick. Probably the latter is what it'll be. But, uh, once I, then now that you push poshed it, I'll be like, well, what the hell am I doing here? I'm not going to, but. Yeah, well, people like the long Halloween edition that they put in that, but seriously, yeah, just, just read it. the long Halloween. I know, but then, you know, you add some things. All of a sudden, you add another month of the year. Lousy smarch weather. It is Holidays smarch. out here killing people. And it, if I'm doing it, it's smarch, and it involves the weather wizard. There you go, Eric. It works. It writes Why itself. is the weather wizard doing stuff now? Because the damn weather is smarch. He's there doing shit, and then you end up the calendar killer's like, I, I don't understand you, this You really weather. need to establish what holiday is in smarch. So when holiday can attack. Weather day. <laughs> Lousy weather day. <laughs> Lousy weather day. Oh, you know, it's Groundhog's Labor Day. Weather. Hey, the Groundhog's giving labor. Right, it's weather day. Giving I labor. Don't I don't know what you'd have in Smarch. I, I don't know. Maybe it's Malk Day. Everybody drinks their Malk, and then we're all happy. We're all happy indeed. And then, you, you know, as my friend Stupid Maybe. I don't know, Eric. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Uh, but all these books, the two that are picked by the badasses on a poll, if you go over to the Patreon and get involved in that, you get a poll, two picks. And like I said, I think that Batman versus Robin and probably that Dark Crisis Worlds Without a Justice League will probably be on there. The Queen section? You, no, I hope. I really hope. Uh, no, but that it means you're going to have to read it early. Yeah, well, that's true. Early and often. Uh, so we'll see. But the two big books, I believe they will grab. There's not. It's slim pickings this week. And I'm not even talking about, you know, on a rocket. Uh, so all these things going down, though, we'll have that. If you again, if you want to listen to last week's podcast, and this is our 401st week in a row of podcasting. I think it's hitting me hard right now. Plymouth Rock's hitting me back, Eric. I don't know if you know this, but. All in all, I hope everybody enjoyed the podcast. Thanks for uh, Joe and Luis with the mail and everything else involved. Before I pass out, Eric, what do we say at the end of the podcast? Everybody have a great week. Keep week. it weird. And we'll see weird. you in seven. See you in seven. Kiss my grits. Go read comics. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.